Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 60 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horrors coming at you live. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I've always got my two demons from hell with me. NES Ruler 22, also known as Jeremy, and of course, we've got the double shot, 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 Jay, also known as... Justin Patrick. Yo, what's up, yo, yo, homies? Yo, yo. Chill I with think, that. First of I all, happy Halloween out there, everybody. We don't call me that. Yeah, we I call know. him the fucking Mexican asshole. I'll take that. Just, I'll take that. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> and I should have said also known as Justin Patrick, also known as JP. But AKA yes. The Mexican asshole. The Mexican asshole. Yes, it is Halloween. It's our favorite time of the year. So happy Halloween to everybody out there. Um, yeah. Hopefully this gets posted on Halloween. I think that was the objective. So if, if you're listening to this on Halloween, well, enjoy it. And if you are, then you're probably a loser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're listening to this show on Halloween, that means that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, like trick-or-treating and partying and yeah, watching it's Halloween totally films. Because everybody's listening to our show is totally fucking going trick-or-treating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> well, no, no, you might be taking your kids out trick-or-treating, though. So you True. never know. Right. So are you going trick or treating? Yeah, we are going to take out the little one. And uh, I mean, for a little while, for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be his first time out ever. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've never done it. I literally haven't. I literally haven't gone house to house doing the trick or treating thing since the last time myself did it when I was 12. So that was, you know, you stopped at 12. What's wrong with you, dude? I went till I was 17, bro. You know, honestly, (laughs) I wasn't allowed out. (laughs) My parents would never let me out after that. They didn't trust me. <laughs> they just yeah, assumed the I was going to get up to mischief on mischief night. Go fucking figure. But you know had to phone all your friends on your on their uh, beepers to come over. On beepers, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean I don't really blame them for keeping me in the house on those nights. Uh, you know, saying I was too old. Um, because let's be honest, I was probably going to tear some shit up. Oh yeah, I loved I love to egg people's houses, and actually one of my favorite I things to do on Halloween when I was a kid is not just throw eggs at people's houses. I mean, just the cliche things, but it was I loved to throw eggs into people's, uh, you know, into their pillow sacks full of candy. <laughs> oh, dude, that's so, dirty. Uh, I know I was such an asshole, but that that just cracked me up, though. <laughs> pun intended. Pun intended. What I used to do is I fucking you know those like um like the candy bowls with like the like the dummies hanging over them. Well, me and my friends used to fucking mm-hmm. dress us up as one of the dummies, and we would put like all the king size candy bars in the bowl and go sit on the front porch. And then everybody would come up and be like, "Ooh, king size candy bars!" And then we would fucking jump out at them when they would take more than one, and they would shit their pants and run away. And it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's it's, it's an old trick, but it's fun because it does yeah. get people, man. You know, the second you reach and put your whole hand in there, and you just fucking scream and freak out at them. <laughs> so, it's great yeah. stuff, man. You get one of those fucking hockey blow horns. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> shit, fucking, you'll be dropping nuggets in a second, man. Pretty awesome. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, Halloween, man. You know, this is what we do all year. You know, we watch horror films and prepare for Halloween. Is that what we do? I don't know. Yeah, that's what we do, man. Like, every day is Halloween for us, but it's always fun to see, like, the norm. Like, the normal people mm-hmm. participating. Mm-hmm. That, that's what makes it fun for me. You know, I, I, can, I can relate to that because the street that's across from mine... Um, the guy that used to organize it actually doesn't live there anymore, but there's the still is a street few... that is across from mine. Here we yeah. say across the street. Well, I'm just 
across the street, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, but no, it's adjacent to my street, right? It's kind of like an cul-de-sac type deal. Anyways, there used to be a guy that organized this for the whole street and everybody would get read into it. And every house was fully decorated to the nines of Halloween. And you can drive up and down and stuff and check it out. It was really, really cool. But since he left, like most people have not, they don't do it anymore. There's only like the odd house in there. And that was kind of depressing. Like even this year, I see like three or four houses on the whole street that do it. And I'm just like, ah, uh, that kind of sucks. But it's still cool to see those what we call regular people you know yeah doing the halloween thing and they do it up good man like these yards look awesome i should take some pictures man they look really good there's a lot of effort put into it yeah so we, we I mean, had a, the, guy, the yeah. one guy there he was doing it for two days it took him two days to do a setup in his front yard and it's, it's pretty cool man it's pretty cool awesome stuff. cool we had a christmas party at work that was pretty cool i sent, I sent you guys some pictures of uh the christmas party made. Or fucking Halloween party. <laughs> fucking Mexican. Getting ass. ahead of himself right there, man. Holy shit. Get your shit right. Yeah, but, what, do you have fucking pee for brains or something? It's not it's not fucking far off though, man. It's so yeah, crazy. I, know, like, right? <laughs> I was in I was in Costco, you know, with the wife shopping for paint. No, I'm just joking. I was I actually was in Costco. I was picking up some stuff and it was so depressing, man. It was like the middle of October. And they already had Christmas stuff out. And I said, why can't these assholes just fucking wait until after October 31st? Like, this should be a law that you can't put out Christmas-related decorations and apparel <laughs> until after Halloween has passed. Now, like, come it, on. It is so weird. Ridiculous. It's confusing to kids. Like, like I mean, our son, he looks over there and he goes, Christmas. And I'm like, and, it, and I just, I couldn't even explain it to him. And I was like, yeah. he's like. You know, Halloween, we're like, we're literally talking about Halloween and he sees Christmas stuff and now he's all confused. And I'm like, society is ruining it for our kids. They're getting yeah. all confused. So, you know, but it's not only that, though. I see Halloween decorations going out like super early as well. I think it's just the stores trying to compete with each other. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if we put ours out first, then somebody will be like, oh, yeah, I need to buy stuff this year. And they'll they'll see ours first and they'll buy ours first. But I always wonder, like, when it's the same thing with Black Friday. Like, Black Friday always seems to get, start earlier and earlier. So I, I wonder, like, how far will it actually go before it, you know, stops? Uh -huh. Well, that's, Black Friday is like it starts earlier and earlier, and and now it that's ends later and later. <laughs> it's like Black Friday is now Black Month. You know, <laughs> it's like a whole fucking month of sales. It's ridiculous. Online, but, man. Yeah. I mean, you got to be insane, man, to go out to those stores on those days, on those sales. Like, I mean, my favorite thing after Black Friday is watching videos and news reports of people like fist fighting and throwing their children in, in, in the way of things and just the ridiculously stupid things that people do for a sale. I, and the I funny go thing every is year, people dude. Don't even, but people don't even realize a lot of these companies, what they do is they jack the price up and then they go, hey, this is like 45% off. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's the same fucking price. You call me a Jew. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, but you just have to know what you're doing, really. I mean, like, I go for movies, yeah. obviously. Like, well, that's when thing. I see we the know. new Godzilla film for six bucks, like, and it just came out, like, that is a good deal. So I, I know what the deals are. But I mean, honestly, the first one of the first years I went, I did get a little nervous. I, I bought like a uh, a giant like surround sound for my grandfather, and I was carrying it across like the crowded parking lot to my work, and I was just like, I feel like I'm gonna get jumped. <laughs> and uh, you live in the hood though but seriously i mean it, it's not that bad as long as you just know what you're doing like you, if you're the idiot that's gonna stand in front of the line and like 
start screaming it like yeah you're gonna probably get knocked out from being snuck or something but you know what i mean like you just have to just avoid nonsense like i ain't really worried about a tv that bad yeah i I hear that man i I just i just don't get the hype a lot of the times i'm like you know what you know i I don't i don't i don't need the shit that bad man i'm not gonna be lining up or fighting or you know throwing you know, fucking power bombs on people and shit. It's just not going to happen. So just phone them up the next day and ask if they still have any left. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, the problem is, is it, is it normally like this happened the last two years? I went. I'll go to like Walmart, and then there's a huge long line that people. Where else would you go? There for hours, right? Hours they've been standing there, and I was just like, and then you, as soon as it starts getting close to like when they open the gate. Like you'll just see this crowd like forming out like on the side of the line and everybody in the lines like all pissed because they're like, hey, man, I stood here for hours and you guys think you're going to just go in. And then like some one dude will be like, get the fuck in the back of the line. Like one tall ass motherfucker who's like a badass will like yell at everybody. And that's, then, you know, that's really like the place you don't want to be is Walmart, man, because, you know, yeah. all the rough houses are going to be there. Like but, I, I like I swear to God, last year I, I drove by Walmart and, you know, on Black Friday and it was like. Wait, 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 wait. How the fuck do you have Black Friday? Fucking Thanksgiving is in fucking. Different time of the year. Ours is Boxing Day. I know. Like boxing oh, day. Boxing Day. It's the same shit. But uh, so you drive by there and it's like, you know, I'm looking at the people. And I'm like, holy fuck, this looks like the set of the Warriors. <laughs> it's like a place I just don't want to be, man. It's fucking ridiculous. So but, then yeah. the after the guy would like yell, then everybody would just back up like shit. And then and then he would go in and then everybody just like, oh, fuck it. And then they start going in behind him because at that point he doesn't care anymore. And, you know. It, nobody follows those rules. Like nobody actually, st- except for the idiots that were standing in line, that <laughs> they followed the rules <laughs> and they're idiots. But I never have stood in the line. I just go as soon as it starts. I just creep it. Nobody. It, it happens so fast. Nobody can keep track of like, hey, you was over there. You was over there. But then I end up buying a bunch of shit that I only want like half of it. But I bought more than I actually wanted. And it's usually a bunch of movies like the Godzilla remake or like Silent hill revelations that are like super cheap and then there's like paranormal activity or something but it's never like movies that i actually am like super interested in like they're never gonna mm-hmm. have like you know a blue underground title or something at, at walmart so it's all these mainstream like semi horror movies that i end up getting and i get like a hundred dollars worth of them and i never watch them so i, I still have yeah, two years worth that, of black friday movies that i haven't watched everybody does that i know everyone does that because you know people are just mostly suckers for sales you you hear that good sale and it's like hey i gotta go check it out but then again you know in the back of your mind you're thinking i don't really fucking need this stuff but i made the conscious effort of physically going down to the store i'm gonna buy some shit man it's fun though it's fun to like get that deal you get excited like oh shit you know uh what did i the abraham lincoln vampire hunter i got for like two dollars on blu-ray or something like that's probably a pretty solid deal so nah no prices for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's brand new and it's one of the movies like not even old yeah (laughs) dollar fifty bitch Ah, shut up really man you can't complain two dollars for a for a brand new blu-ray i mean fuck yeah, that's, I mean that's a good it's deal. It's worth. It doesn't really matter. I mean that's Blu-ray too, right? So it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, but yeah, Halloween, man. Of course, uh, this show we are talking about the entire Night of the Demons franchise. Um, 
oddly enough, we don't really hear a lot of people talk about the the entire franchise. Yeah, except Why is for that? Why is that? you know what's thing. funny. Uh, somebody, Jason Lloyd, just posted on a group page that uh, somebody just did an episode over on Orphilia with Shut the same the topic. Up. God, damn <laughs> of course. It. You know what it yeah. probably is? It's because there's so little Halloween-related franchises out there. Besides, yeah, and the I said office. that in the comments. Yeah. Okay. You see, that's exactly what it is. So I think the next thing you have to do is Night of the Demons. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of unfortunate and very surprising, to be honest, that there isn't more you know, trilogies or, you know, franchises that are completely related to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it is kind of surprising. Isn't it? Films that are multiple. Is there any other multiple films, like not just a, a standalone film that like a, even a trilogy or even two films that take place on Halloween? Do you know any, man, I'd have to think about that. I'm sure there is, Yeah, but, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> there probably is. I guess All Hollows Eve. But okay, but the fact of the matter is that if we have to <laughs> oh, sit here. Oh, that movie's smellier than your Mexican assholes. <laughs> if we have to sit here and think about it that hard, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it's it surprising. is. It's surprising. It is. So. Uh, but, Moods, I actually wanted to kind of, I guess, announce what we're. I mean, people know, but officially announce what we're doing next month. What are we doing, man? Next month, which is. Is it the New Year? No. What? Year, what? <laughs> It's November, November right? <laughs> fucking stupid no- or something? November. Um, no, I was just fucking around. November is going to be Italian month here on the 22 shots of Moods and Horror podcast. And what that is entitling is um, we are going to be taking a specific director week so by director week. director spotlight episodes. Exactly. So there's, there's going to be four director spotlights in the month of November and yeah, that's what's going down in November. So stay tuned for that because we got some really good uh, shows lined up. I mean, really, I'm excited to do all four of these. There yeah. isn't one show that I'm not looking forward to doing. So if you're into Italian horror films, should be fun. Uh, yeah, you might want to check this out. Italian Stallion Month. Yeah, Italian <laughs> Stallion Month. That's it, what I was thinking too. And you know what's awesome is is I'm completely unfamiliar with nearly all of these films so it's really exciting for me i know jeremy hasn't seen a lot of them as well uh we're doing falchi argento uh bava and sauve how do you say his name michelle sauve yeah yeah um and i believe we're we're kicking off the month next well the first show is going to be argento i believe which is going going to be the animal trilogy so if you guys are familiar with the animal trilogy that's what's going down on the first show and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, man. Uh, just you know, yeah, I'm, love super, the films. I'm I, super excited, super excited about this. Yeah, it's been probably roughly a year since I've watched any of the films, um, the Animal Trilogy. So I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, 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 it's Should gonna be, be good, fun. Man. I'm, re- I mean, honestly, Fulci's my favorite director, so I'm really looking forward to you know the Fulci films that we're gonna be doing. So. It's gonna be awesome. The Gates of Hell trilogy. Yeah, which yeah. I have seen City of the Living Dead, and uh, I've always wanted to check out the Beyond. So I, I grabbed that super awesome. What was it? Grindhouse edition. Yeah, that's good that you've seen City of the Living Dead, also known as the Gates of Hell, um, before because that you know that is a weird movie to me because uh, it always seems to get better with every viewing that I have, and I've heard that actually from a lot of different people, which is strange. You know, it's one of those films that you just seem to notice more things and just kind of. It's just one of those films, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of cool, man, that you've actually seen this before. But yeah, awesome, awesome Italian month in November. Super stoked. So everyone, tune in, download the show twice, 
That's even possible. That's even possible. I don't think it, it, it is. It is possible. But this is going to be a bit. This is a big arc for us guys. This is going to be a month long celebration of of something that a lot of people truly do love, and that is Italian horror. Yeah, that is right. Awesome, Italian stallions all month. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. All righty. So, with that said, do we got any news, JP? Yeah, let's get into some news. Uh, I had to really dig for the news this week. I didn't. I had to go to multiple sites and dig through multiple days just because I one I slacked and waited till the last minute to do it like I normally do. But two, there just really wasn't much happening. And this one I actually found from last week that somehow I missed. So Mick Garris recently came out and did an interview and said that he is working on a kind of Masters of Horror type thing. It's called Nightmare Cinema. It's going to be an anthology, five stories, which that got me excited because it's not 10 or 26 It's just five, which is plenty for me, Uh, each with a different director. uh, It's a feature film collection of unique horror stories linked only by the desire to reach in and grab you by your terror gland. Features made by a group of directors from around the world, each with vision unlike any other. It's the same philosophy I had when Masters of Horror came to be, but in an anthology film format, I can't wait to finally... Jesus Christ, finalize the paperwork and announce the names. I know the horror community will be excited as I am. Yeah, that I mean, that's yeah. quite obviously exciting. I mean, it would be a lot more exciting if it was like, you know, the true, you know, third season of Masters of Horror or just something like that. But yeah. hey, man, you know, yeah. beggars can't be choosers, man. I mean, I'll take the anthology. That's fine. So what do you think? You think he's going to go old school or new school with this? What do you mean? Like director-wise? Director-wise. Oh. I think he'd probably go new. Yeah, me too. I think Ty so you, West. So you think Ty West, Adam Green. I uh, think so too. Because well, if you look Darren at – Darren Lynn Bowsman. Yeah, man. If you look at Masters of Horror, he used you know, a lot of contemporary um, – I think the guy from The did, Loved Ones. He did use some older ones too though. So he kind of did mix that up a little bit. You know, So I, I don't know. It's tough to say actually come to think of it. But I think he'll go a little more contemporary with the mm. with the director's. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I can't see John Johnny Carpenter climbing out of his video game sports infested bedroom to well, come direct another horror film right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a few on there too. It's like you know, even Stuart Gordon and uh, uh, see, I, I could see Gordon doing stuff because. Gordon, I've heard him but, on you know, podcasts, but, and he still wants to get stuff funded and can't find funding and stuff like that. He's doing plays he, and shit. He's always had that problem his entire career, hasn't he, with funding yeah. for you know? So, but I think the Masters of Horror was like a totally different. You know, it was it was a specific theme to the show, which was you know these awesome old school directors and just Masters of Horror in general. I think for this idea, I think he'll go contemporary. Yeah, yeah you know, I think yeah. So the only reason why I thought that he might get go old school is because he said he can't wait to finalize the paperwork and announce the names. I know the horror community will be excited. So that, I mean, yeah, we probably would be excited either way, but if it was like old school guys, I think everybody would be like ecstatic. Nice. Nice. Yeah, But that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that. I love anthologies and you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, either way, just another anthology film, 
And like you said, man, I do like the idea it's got five shorts in it, not, uh, you know, eight or ten or twenty-six. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, thank, thank the Lord that the alphabet doesn't have more letters in it. I know. Imagine. <laughs> I think the Spanish alphabet has a couple more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, I'm super excited for that. I think it sounds great. I would love to see an actual resurgence of Masters of Horror. Uh, but I, I just hope they tone it the fuck down on the comedy with these anthologies, man. I'm, I'm, I really want to see like a legit like horror anthology. I know again with the the horror comedies this year. I, I didn't even think of that actually because when we got into that conversation last week about horror comedies and you know this kind of being the year of the horror comedy, it seems like it seems like every film that is getting a lot of buzz or being talked about, you know, a lot is kind of a horror comedy. I kind of forgot about Tales of Halloween. We need a big so, like tragedy to happen. Yeah, so that's when uh, shit gets dark again. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, that's like exactly what happens, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, after that, we have the L Ray Network picked up from Dust Till Dawn for a third season. It has been renewed. The final takes place. The final of season two takes place. Actually, it took place like a couple days ago, and uh, <laughs> so. So, uh, you know, they have announced that they're doing a third season. So it's doing well. Yeah, I should probably get to the first season. Like I said, I'll get to it when the entire series is over and then plus five years. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's not all. That's not all of the... uh, The Evil Dead. Exactly. Jeremy is correct. Ash versus the Evil Dead has been picked up for a second season. Yeah. So it hasn't even aired. The first season hasn't even aired yet. And it's got picked up for a second season. Wow. So the traffic in terms of just numbers in, in uh, you know, statistics, uh, Twitter, Facebook, mentions, stuff like that must be really high. Talking about it on podcasts. Yeah. There you go. Because <laughs> they totally listen to the 22 shots of moods and horror. Well, I, I always well, relate e- everything. You know? Even... Like people- even if we, they don't listen to us, like that, when when I post an episode in the the you know the feed and stuff, like it's if it's in the show notes, it's on the internet, right? There's there's these mechanisms that you can search, see how yeah. many times a, a you know a title was you know typed into the internet and search and stuff. So yeah, we helped. Damn it. <laughs> say so, JP. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean. Chances are this is going to be a smash hit for stars. It's looking like it. And uh, Ash will be back again at least for another season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, we have a documentary that has started up a Kickstarter campaign. This one's kind of interesting and seems a little bit bigger than your typical Kickstarter. Uh, Hammer Horror, the Warner Brothers years. Uh, this is a documentary on Hammer Horror as it you know, cycled through uh, the Warner Brothers Studios system uh, in the U.S. and it's a documentary. It's supposed to be like 90 minutes long with interviews from all the players that helped produce and finance and act and direct these films. Uh, one that I was pretty interested in was uh, Emma Morton from The Vampire Lovers, which I- I'm a huge fan of that film. I thought that was that's actually one of my more favorite early like surprise hit Scream Factory releases. Yeah, the movie's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Love that one. It's definitely, definitely. Cool. This is a good idea, man. The Warner Brother years of, of Hammer Horror. Totally 
fucking awesome, man. You know, <clears throat> kind of related, but I just watched the uh, the Canon Films Electric Boogaloo uh, documentary the other day. Where'd you Shit, grab man. that at? Uh, I just grabbed it on Amazon. It, it's fucking worth it, man. It's the, so much fun. But the funny thing about the documentary is it's totally just a bunch of, you know, so, like a lot of the directors and people that work for Canon and a lot of the actors that starred in these films and stuff were being interviewed. They're just shitting on Canon. The two guys that ran it. I can't, I can never pronounce your names properly, but people listening know who they are. But they're just fucking shitting on them the whole fucking documentary. It's like the Weinsteins. It is, man. It's so entertaining. But I guess there's a funny note in the, in the documentary. I guess when, uh, they were actually asked the two old, you know, heads of Canon films, they were asked for if they wanted to do some spots in the documentary. Of course, they declined. And then they decided to record their own documentary called Go Go, the Go Go Boys, which, which what they were known as before. And of course, it came out before <laughs> this documentary because that's what they were always known for, which is putting out films so fucking fast and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was really funny that they actually did their own documentary, but got to check it out. Does anybody actually speaking of that? Does anybody have any information on that? Like, if it's available on DVD or what the story is with that documentary? Because I'm sure Jeremy's heard of it before. I don't have it actually. Okay, so anyways, it's their version of their it's their story of canon, and I'm really curious to compare the two because it's fucking funny, man. <laughs> yeah. Me and Zach were talking about it the other day, and like just how brutal some of the stories were. Like people read on screen were willing to take like their only copies of their VHS movie that they were in and burn them because they fucking hated them so bad. It's just funny, funny shit like that. It's really entertaining. Really yeah, good stuff. You know what that they have a box set that came out that has like 10 Canon films and that documentary mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like $35 at Walmart. But then I just seen the other day, but I didn't have any cash on me besides just enough to get a monster. I left my wallet at home and I seen that they, they actually have the, the documentary on DVD itself for only five dollars at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. where? So yeah. it was like <clears throat> hidden over. It wasn't even in the new release section. It was over by the like, uh, you know, just like the older horror releases oh. that they have there. So I, I'm it, going it, back tomorrow and grabbing it. It's so worth the five dollars. I think Is I there paid two of them. Of course, twelve or something like that. There's what, Jeremy? For my... Is there two of them? Two of what? Of those of that? I didn't. I haven't seen it. Oh. Fucking good, man. I, wanna, I would want to watch it. I love it. <laughs> it's yeah. just I lo- the philosophy. You, you guys are gonna get a kick out of it. It's so good, but yeah, that's a good price, man. Five bucks. Yeah, yeah. Check I, that I, out. I, I hope it's believe still it's even there, at man. Because there's only two copies left. Crazy, man. Fuck yeah. I think I think I end up paying like twelve bucks or something for Prime. I think it was twelve bucks, but that you know that makes sense, right? Five American, twelve Canadian. That's mm-hmm. the same price. <laughs> stupid so that kickstarter campaign is actually doing quite well you can go donate to it i'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes but it has eleven thousand seven hundred ninety eight dollars raised out of the twenty two thousand dollars that it's looking for so over halfway after that we have mike mendez new film i think he directed big ass spider but now he's yeah. directing Lava Lantula, and that comes out on DVD November 4th. Lava Lantula. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll be – that one's in the uh, releases this week. <laughs> I figured it was. La- Lava Lantula. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm reaching for news this week. I was fucking <laughs> laughing so hard when I was looking over the releases this week. So good. Uh. So after that, there's, a, I guess, a announcement for a film called Indigenous – and this one seems kind of interesting, a creature feature 
a group of five friends travel from Los Angeles to exotic Panama for a week of partying in a lush tropical paradise. They befriend a young, beautiful local woman at a bar, and they learn about a secret jungle hike to a pristine waterfall nearby. The woman cautions them strongly against the hike, blah, blah, blah. Basically, there's, like, monsters there. And uh, that sounds pretty similar to stuff like The Ruins and The Descent. But I like both of those movies, so if it's anything like either of them, (laughs) I will be interested. I remember watching the ruins when it first came out, and it—I didn't really care for it. I have the DVD because you're insane. I love the ruins. I think it's yeah, one yeah. of the best. Like, well, the thing is, I haven't movies. watched it. I haven't watched it since it first came out, and I do have the DVD. I've bought it since, of course, because you know me, I'm fucking stupid, and I always buy shit that I don't even like. Sometimes, um, the collector in me is ridiculous, but um, I was gonna start dropping more R words there. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. <laughs> you've already you've already went below the belt a few times last week, so it's all right. I know I made up for last week. Oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I should watch that one again. I should actually watch that one again. So I don't know. I just I don't really remember it. All I remember is I don't know. I guess the pyramids. I don't know. I don't even remember that fucking movie at all, man. So yeah, oddly enough, I covered the ruins on my very first thirty-one days of horror four years ago, day three. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Do you want a fucking medal or something? Yeah. But but everybody gets along. medals these days, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Continuing along with the news, I thought that this was kind of interesting. Uh I normally don't talk about like when special features are announced, but uh The Brain That Wouldn't Die, that Scream Factory film that nobody seemed too stoked on when it got announced. I thought that one of their special features was pretty cool and actually made the release a little bit more interesting to me intriguing it actually one of the special features will have the mystery science 3000 episode the brain that wouldn't die as a special feature so that's pretty cool right yeah interesting Hmm. yeah so there's that (laughs) kind of cool i don't really know what to say about it uh yeah um Fucking I, asshole, I do more think... research. Who, me? <laughs> Why, man, you can help out too. Yeah. This is hard. This is hard ass work. What What more research do you want me to do? I well, told you. Say you... you would... I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> like, that's it. That's what. That's All right. What I... No more news? No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Damn. Well, that's fucking boring. Sweet. It's fucking what Halloween. A... I know. Fucking uh... assholes. You, you know what though there is one thing that we didn't discuss last week uh the new subscription box horror pack uh, i know you guys seen this doing the rounds uh, a lot of people yeah, seen it yeah uh basically yeah. it's the idea that we discussed countless episodes ago i believe in season one right when the I box know. of dread came out we were like listen what we need to do is get you know figure it out mathematically figure out reach out to these companies figure out like what we can put in the box and find an appropriate price and ship it out and it was the same exact idea and now somebody's actually doing it and uh the first box shipped last month or this month actually in october and uh it seems to be catching on it seems like a lot of people are digging it uh the problem with these boxes of course is you know us hardcore collectors chances are we'll probably have some some of the films that they're they're sending out 
um, especially when they them. first start out because yeah. you know they don't have relationships built yet they have to build these so relationships that's what we need that's what we need the people to do for the for the new collectors and you know the beginners and stuff to go out there and buy all these so they get enough money to start putting a little more obscure and abstract things in yeah. there for the hardcores so then you get more people involved so it, it starts with those you know the uh, the you know the infant collectors so we need those people yeah and you know I was talking to the person who handles their, uh, I guess their PR, and she said that they their plan is to, uh, you know, just do what they can right now, and then, you know, reach out to bigger studios as well as like indie filmmakers, uh, you know, very indie filmmakers. Yeah, and that's cool. If they like reach the out to like, and I suggested uh, I pointed them in like Dustin Mills's direction. Maybe they could talk to him and yeah. figure something out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, if you guys are interested in the horror pack, I believe right now you can use the code it follows and get $3 off of your first purchase. DVDs are $19.99 per month for four DVDs. Blu-rays are $24.99 per month for four Blu-rays. We did have Andy Cripps in the chat do the math. And I think that he said that what they sent in Blu-rays is better is is a deal compared to what you would buy them individually for on Amazon last month. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was the Race and Hatchet Two in there. I mean, that, that honestly, I own both of those films, but I didn't own Hatchet Two on Blu-ray. I, w- I wouldn't have minded getting that. It's the excitement, right? It's the excitement of not knowing what you're going to get. I think that's mm-hmm. the appeal to these things. Yeah, I mean, obviously, people were a little bummed out when they saw some of the titles because you know they're a little more common. Mm-hmm. If you want to say, but you know, you have to remember this is also targeted at people that are starting out and stuff like that too. So this is a new company too. Exactly. Once they get the money, they can go and get out, you know, some more different companies, and that's the thing. They just need the money to, you know, kind of. It seems to be ran by some independent filmmakers. Like I I don't even think it's a like a big company. I'm seriously hurt by this though because this was our this (laughs) This is our our idea. idea. Yeah, we actually came up with this and like. Uh, you know, I think it's really cool that they are reaching out because I did watch a video and uh, I seen that they had um, the the indie release, the one that Jeremy actually picked up at Wasteland last year. Fucking of, pro uh, wrestlers versus zombies. Yeah, they actually had the indie release because that movie just came out by Troma. Yeah. And they actually had the indie releases in there. So I thought that was really cool, that, you know, that they're dealing with the indie guys and stuff. So that's some shit I'd be into. You know, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sucks. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I love the idea. Obviously, I wanted to succeed because I believe that we had also thought of this idea <laughs> and uh, we thought of it before hearing about it, uh, which they could have too. You know, they probably thought of it themselves. It's I really not that want crazy it. of an idea to, to think yeah. up, but I wanted to succeed because then I can know that my ideas don't suck. Our ideas don't suck, <laughs> but you if know, it but fails, I, just, I, I don't want them, I don't want them to succeed too much, and all of a sudden they're like on in Forbes magazine and shit. Yeah. And like, Fuck, man! Like seriously, but, like. But then all I know is I need to fucking double down on my ideas next time. You know, we, we, next yeah, time we have a good is, idea, we we gotta just fucking do it. Do you it. know the thing is, we we always do this. We always talk, and you know, conversation leads to some stupid idea that well, we think is stupid or whatever, and uh, you never know. You just never know unless you gamble, right? If anybody you knows you never what... try out some of these ideas, man. It's just some mm-hmm. people are just not gamblers and are just not willing to go through with any of their ideas that they have. And then, of course, I'm sure someone invented fucking, you know, whatever before. And then you're like, what the fuck? 
Yeah, I invented for sure. Shit. And all of a sudden you see this guy on there and you're like, I invented that shit. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's the go-getters to... and then there's us. We <laughs> used to if, a lot of shit talking, man. Yeah. If <laughs> anybody knows what episode that was, can you please let me know? Because I tried to look back, poke around, but there's just so much. I don't have time so to go much find content. it. If anybody knows, please let me know. And then if anybody's feeling ballsy enough, go find it for me. Derek, uh, I would like to hear it again and and hear what we said about and that. And you know what? If you if you pinpoint that exact that exact episode and you know whatever Boy. it is, maybe you might receive a mystery package. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah, you get a something you're on Blu-ray. Since but, I'm the one that said, I'll probably end up sending. Yeah, it, but, yeah. Uh, but it, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's yeah. Fucking ideas, man. I'll tell you where it, it, it it's around. It's under episode 20. So it's 1 through 20. has to be somewhere in there. Really? It's that yeah. early? I would say it's yeah. definitely the first season. Surprise yeah, because that. 21 was, I think, Mr. Jones, which I know me and Moods didn't just yeah, discuss it. And I know it wasn't on the Sleepaway Camp episode, which was 22. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder where it is. <laughs> Somebody find it. And that is all for the news. Shit. Voice News mouth, is though. short this week, man. I Holy told you guys. I told wow. you guys I was reaching, man. I was digging wow. up shit that I'm not even I think I made up some of it. <laughs> well, that's always good though. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with making shit up. Yeah, I, I should just time. start doing that. Like once a week, just make what up a great, something. What a great journalist. <laughs> making shit up. Oh fuck. People do that shit all the day, man. Fabricating the truth. You know yeah, I don't you know exactly what goes on, Jeremy. It happens. Um, but yeah, getting into mood swings here and uh, the releases, the DVD and Blu-ray releases for. Wait, don't uh, we do voicemails? Uh, Jeremy, I know you're new to the show. Yeah, yeah, I know you no. haven't been on a, like all the episodes or even you know. Yeah, I know. You know especially in, like all right, all right, make the Jew we, jokes. We've pretty much been doing this for I don't make know sixty episodes. What do you, what do you think? Jokes. Was it? Was it sixty? What, what episode show, did you say we was on at the beginning of the show? 60 oh 60 yeah so we've we done about 60 of these now and <laughs> i you know i i don't blame you because uh, you're retarded but oh there there but it is we Yo, have no. always done <laughs> releases after news we have always done releases after news not even just sometimes or you know every once in a while we switch it up we've always done it and we have I always totally, done voicemails after told, that jerry i can't see jeremy right now but I totally, I totally know what he's doing. He's totally twirling his Jew right now. Yeah, and so right now he's up. trying to distract us from pointing out how much of an idiot he is by doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> See, over and over again. Now, because he, he if, loves doing that to just change the subject. But if it doesn't we were always in work. Chat right now, if we were in a chat right now, he'd just change the subject. And he'd be like, yo, check out this awesome video. And be like, Jeremy, yeah. come on. That's not fucking working here, man. <laughs> Wow. Okay, what part of the show are we on again? Yeah. Jeremy, oh, right. what, what, what are Voice we doing mails. next? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's all quiet. Come on, Jeremy. We're just fucking with you, man. I'm waiting for the fucking mood swings. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> See, he wants to change the subject. <laughs> Holy man. I can't we aren't to the part yet where people phone in. Let's just I can't. I can't see you, but I can totally see that your butt is hurt. Yeah, it's a big alley on there. It's a big alley right now. <laughs> All right, so oh, classic Blu-ray releases, the DVD and Blu-ray releases for November third. We're into November, two thousand fifteen. First up, Blood Sucking Bastards from Scream Factory. Now, I have heard that this is 
pretty balls. Shitty pretty balls. <laughs> like ball sweat. It's it's this is ass cheeks right here. Um, I don't know anything. I haven't heard it. But the thing is, I've heard that from some people that they really didn't care for it. And I've heard from other people they really enjoyed it. So I have a feeling this might be another gravy for me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm only saying that because I think I think and you really is, hate it. Gravy. Oh, God. Gravy is terrible. But I, I'm only I know Brandon is listening right now going, fuck you. Brandon has because a I'm voice really making fun of him again. And uh, I think he said he liked Blood Sacking Bastards, and there was a couple other people in the group that said it was total shit. So um, I don't really know anything about it. Do you guys know anything about this film, to be honest? Like, I don't really. It's a, it's not it's even... a vampire comedy. Yeah, it's a it's a contemporary film, and it's not an IFC release, so it's one of these rare. This one was actually picked up before, I think, the IFC Dale, but it was just, like, longly delayed, I guess. I don't know. I could yeah, be... yeah. Yeah, well. Um... Yeah, next up here we got uh, Dark Was the Night. See, I think um, that's wrong because I'm pretty sure this film has been out for like month, a month at least. I, I well, reviewed I thought, it like a month ago. I thought this. I thought the fucking same thing. I was like, okay, is it maybe it was the Blu-ray release? Was there a Blu-ray before this? Mm, I don't know, that's Matt. Excuse, Matt, I think. Oh, that's what it probably was. This is probably the wide release of the uh, actual Blu-ray. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. So Dark Was the Night. Um, yeah, I've. I've avoided reviews sorry <laughs> but um, i didn't really I, care for it really okay well it sucks because i thought it actually looked kind of cool but that is what it is dark was the night released by image yeah yeah it's pretty much what image is like <laughs> hit and miss you never know um yeah this one right here uh another one of these macabre titles called diabolical yeah. um yeah again you know macabre with very hit and miss titles we've had some good ones. I know Jeremy's checked out a few of the titles and yeah. Conspiracy's uh, fucking awesome. Yeah, I've there's some good ones. Yeah, there's some good ones and some so-so ones. So I don't know. Diabolical. Cool title. Uh next up here we got the Final Girls. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about this film released by Sony. Looks um, like a giant fucking cheesy comedy to me. Yeah, it's pretty much what it, it again, year of the co- horror comedy. So and the Final Girls. Uh, I think this is the one where the girls get trapped inside a slasher film. I believe that's the one. I think that's the storyline in this film. And, of course, they have to make their way out of the slasher film inside the film. So, Oh, that's yeah. Chicks from Degrassi. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that girl. I don't know. I, I thought it looked... Yeah, whatever. Um, I know Jeremy just got this one uh, released by Olive which is Roar, and I completely had fucking forgot about this title. Wasn't this announced, like, a long, a long time ago? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I wanted it real bad. I'm going to have to buy it now. Fucking Jeremy sends a picture, and I'm like, holy shit, that's 10 thing. bucks on Amazon. Yeah, it's 47 on Amazon.ca. <laughs> 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 fucking laughs so hard I saw it. But yeah, this one looks cool, man. Roar. I don't know. Looks okay. Uh, next up here from Scream Factory, we've got Stung. Looks which awesome. Is <laughs> which is a uh, killer wasp film. Um, yeah, I mean, we all know. Um, You're telling me very, that doesn't look awesome? There's a lot of B films out there. There is actually, if you actually break it down and do the research, there's actually a lot of killer. There's probably B at least 20. Films. Oh, yeah, there's lots. I'm curious to like how bad the CG is in this film. You know, because sometimes I can handle these films and like sometimes I can't. Dude, you know. this, this no matter what, I bet this is a step up from Sci-Fi Channel. Probably <laughs> got your boy. That got the homie Lance Henriksen in it, which is pro- he's probably in the film for eight seconds, fourteen, 14 seconds. Ooh, he's not give- top build, so he's probably in it actually. 
<laughs> yeah, well, he, he you know, was it, taught built, it, it, they're he only was taught in it for on two seconds. Island. He was yeah. taught built on paranormal, paranormal Island and was in the film for like, you know, 47 seconds. I timed yeah, well, it. Well, that's why. That's why. When, when they're top build, you know that they're not going to be in it long. But when they're just one of the guys, then they're probably in it pretty long. <laughs> Bunch of lying shits, eh? <laughs> um, next Bastards. up here for. <laughs> yeah. Next up from Arrow Video is Tenderness of the Wolves. Um, I heard this movie is just bizarre. Really, really bizarre film. Really curious on checking it out. I heard it's good, so. Um, but you know, arrow, arrow video, always releasing good shit. This one I've never even heard of tiger house from uh, magnet. I know it's a company that Jeremy really, really likes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything. I've never even heard of this one. It's I've strange. heard of it. It, I, I, we've talked about it, I think. Cause Probably. I remember the tagline 12 hours, four killers, one way out. Oh, uh, so, so it's one of the one way out movie. <laughs> no, so it's one of these games. Yeah, game. yeah, like yep. uh, Hunger Games slash like uh, the Purge. It looks mm. like to me well, that could be cool. Interesting. It could be cool. Hmm. Probably won't be cool. Yeah. <laughs> it probably won't be. Cool. <laughs> Is anything that comes out these know. days cool? Not this year for me, but I know others disagree. No, just, uh, just horror's ball. Yeah, uh, we I got like another. Drop. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we got another one here from Image. Uh, it's a creepy kids collection, four films, uh, featuring Echo, uh, abbreviation, abbreviation. Well, that's a weird title. I know that uh, movie. Uh, we got Fingerprints, which is actually pretty good. Uh, I have the solo release of that. It's not bad. And Daisy Chain. So three of these films I've actually never heard of. <laughs> really? <laughs> so abbreviation has like a little ghostly kid on the cover. Hmm. Seen that family video? Oh shit! I think I actually have that film. And I never watched it. <laughs> if anybody buy? Like, who are the people that buy that? Me. Yeah, yeah I think no. I, this I, creepy I, kids collection. Like, oh. who are the people that would buy this collection? It looks yeah. awful. Well, I mean, one of the films is good. Fingerprints is actually really good. Surprisingly good. Um, next up here is Charlie's Farm, released by Alchemy. Finally, getting a Region One release. Uh, I love this film, man. It's great. Really, really good. You know, serious toned slasher film from uh, from this year. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, this year is the year of the the horror slasher. Comedy. Is this is this a uh, horror comedy? No, it's not. Good. Did you just hear what he said? You fucking Mexican asshole. It's actually asshole? It's, a little, it's a little more serious toned. I mean, there's you always just fucking the, said the, that. You know, I it's can't not hear him comedy. because you're annoying. Oh, fuck it's, you. It's not meant to be horror comedy, no. Fucking no, it's, uh, it's pretty serious. But th- th- honestly, man, the fucking killer in this, oh, he's just bad shit awesome, man. Was that Nathan Jones from um, uh, uh, Mad Max, the new Mad Max film. But awesome slasher, really fun stuff. Uh, again, from, what did I just say? Uh, Alchemy is Lavalancha. Lavalancha. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, yeah, so... Huge spiders. Yeah, and, uh, but I, I honestly like a lot of people have said that Big Ass Spider was pretty good. So if this is like this the same type of thing, I guess it might not be bad. Yeah, shit. done by the same guy. I mean, this one I'm actually quite curious about. It's a a Dark Sky Films release called Mexican <laughs> Barbario. Um, it got so, like Day of the Dead face paint on the cover. <clears throat> yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's, I didn't get a press release on this one. I don't think it is a. Uh, Might not be horror. 
huh? No, it definitely is. It definitely is. It's uh, eight Mexican directors unite to bring tales of the most brutal, terrifying. Oh, that sounds awesome. Mexican traditions and legends to vividly shocking life. Yeah, fuck those Mexicans. So I don't think it's an anthology. I think it's eight short. Oh, no, maybe it is an anthology film. Yeah, no, it is an anthology. What is an anthology, though? Right? Yeah, okay, it actually does. I think it stories of boogeyman, trolls, ghosts, monsters, Aztec sacrifices. Ooh, that's awesome. And of course, the Day of the Dead all come together in this urban and rural setting to create an anthology that is original as it is familiar and as important as it is horrifying. Huh. Great. Cool. Yeah, man. Dark that Side Films. Cool. You know, and they really fucking they, they put out some good stuff, man, you know. So that one really caught my attention here. Um, next up is one I believe that we've talked about, or maybe I just read up on this. Another one from Image. Image is like this week's Wild Eye releasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, they've got like three films coming out, and it's called Some Kind of Hate. And I think the premise on this one is uh, a girl is killed, she's bullied, and she's killed, and uh, she's resurrected, of course, and it turns into a supernatural revenge film kind of deal. You know, mm-hmm. these are getting like kind of little cover bit- though. Yeah, I mean, these ones are getting kind of late. But this, you know, I like I like the anything revenge. I'm a big fan of. I love revenge films. So, who knows? Yeah, it could bowling be okay. is the new fucking Bullying is it is. It is. But I mean, it's relevant though, right? Yeah, so it makes sense that people are tackling the, the subject. So, it it actually and, has a good uh shock to you drop quote and shock is typically the you know how like all of these uh horror sites usually give awful quotes that that are, you can't believe at all. Shock, I've found normally, not always, but normally has like the least bad quotes. Like sometimes their quotes actually are true. It says a, a vicious, poignant new take on the supernatural slasher genre, or supernatural slasher. I like a vicious. Vicious sounds good to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I have this. I'm going to check. I wanted to actually check it out before this show, but I didn't get to. Gia. All right, so one coming from the from Echo Bridge. Oh, yeah, the other, the other Mill Creek yep. is uh, Storm of the Century, which includes six bonus movies. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what else? I bought this last winter, and I even talked about it on the podcast. Yep, you did. I, I, was, I remember. I was that. wondering. So this must be like a re-release of, of it or something. But we'll just talk about it. Storm of the Century, of course. The triangles on here. Um, oh, those which, are different movies, I think. Yeah. Okay, so the triangle, which actually is a pretty weird, oddly, it's kind of like Groundhog Day in a way. It just kind of keeps repeating itself. Not a bad film, though. I didn't realize that was on here. Uh, Frozen in Fear, uh, Watch Me, Deadfall Trail, The Fear Chamber, which is funny because at one time I'd actually ordered the 1968 film, The Fear Chamber, and I got like this one it's <laughs> on DVD. I know, and I never watched it, but I... Of course, I, I end up getting the, the older one, which I have not even watched that older Fear Chamber film yet. So I got it after our 68 show, which was depressing. But um, Haunted From Within is the uh, the last one on here. So if you're interested in that, I'm sure this one, oh, $9.99 on Amazon. So you'll find this one at Walmart in your dump bin for five. $4.99 yeah. for 5 bucks. That's so. where I got it. And honestly, for, for Stephen King's Storm of the Century, even though it comes with that awful cover, it's still worth it. But it's almost like... I, I wish I could have just got Storm of the Century. Like, I didn't want the other crap with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it pissed me off, honestly. Did Storm of the Century have, a, like, a legit, like, solo release? It did, like, a while ago, but it turned out of print. And then it was one of those titles that, like, the other Mill Creek grabbed. And then they released it a million times in a million different 
multi packs. <laughs> but like, what what is the what's the uh, what's the mentality behind the six pack or the seven movies though? Like, why Storm of the Century and then six bonus movies? Like, what's what is Mill Creek or uh, I have no what is Echo Bridge doing here? Like, what I is have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> but the thing is, I can see if they were relatable to like you know storm or weather related horror films or you know uh disaster type films and stuff mm-hmm. but those films are quite obviously not disaster films <laughs> you know what i seen this exact cover today i believe and it has uh it's like a uh natural disaster six pack and it has like the flood and the flood two and hurricane and like like six of these natural disaster films but it has that cover but it doesn't say Stephen King's Storm of the Century, obviously. Hmm. So they're doing that shit, too. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that is going to do it for the DVD and Blu-ray releases for November 3rd, 2015. Now, you guys are all waiting for my pick of the week. And I know this. I know this, man. Pick of the week. What is it going to be? I- the release or the pick of my pick of the week? Um, I was kind of bantering back and forth between two here um because i'm curious on how this one transfers but you know because well i'll just stop explaining so it came down to the arrow release or charlie's farm and i'm thinking to myself i'm like well arrow always seems to put out major quality stuff on the other hand i've seen charlie's farm it's a great film and this week is going to a release that is not by one of those major companies that we all love and respect, like Screen Factory or fucking Arrow or Magnet or even Olive. This one's going to Charlie's Farm because it's great. Pick it up. It's awesome film. That's awesome because the whole point of this release is like if you're only going to – or the, this topic is if you're only going to buy one of these releases, this is the one it should be. That's the concept yeah. behind Moods' release of the week. And at the I, end of the day, I yeah, think you made the right the, choice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Charlie's Farm, check it out. It's real fun. Yeah. All right. So moving along, and I do believe, from what I've been hearing, lots of buzz, lots of buzz been going around this. You know, word on the street is we have lots of voicemails and questions this week. Yes, we do. But we're gonna do something a little bit different this time. Instead of going to voicemails, we're actually gonna do some text questions that we got via email. Oh, damn. Haven't had this shit in a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the first one is, I believe that it is, I, I can't, I should have wrote down the name. Sorry, I apologize. It wasn't a real name. It was like an email name, so I, I didn't write it down. Uh, but they said, I thought I'd ask you guys a few questions for the next podcast. What would be a favorite trap kill in a film? Something along the lines of Home Alone style traps in The Collector. A personal favorite of mine comes from Storm Warning, which I actually picked up after seeing it in one of Moods' top tens videos. Of course, Girl sets up spider web of fish hooks and other sharp objects, and when the trap is set off, the guy's face body get caught up and torn apart by the fish hooks. Also, would like to ask your favorite badass female character in a horror exploitation flick. My personal favorite is Zoe, or Zoe. Uh, as Thana in Miss 45. 
The movie itself is one of my favorite movies of all time. The podcast is great. I've been listening for quite a while, but have never phoned in a question <laughs> or sent an email. I will probably yeah. start, <laughs> probably start to do this a bit more frequently, probably by email because I'm awkward as fuck like Jeremy on the phone. He didn't say like Jeremy, but, you know, I just figured I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Not funny, you fucking asshole. <laughs> uh so a couple questions there, guys. Uh, first of all, I got to say, I actually really don't like that specific trap kill that he mentioned as his one of his favorites. I feel like it. it I love Storm Warning until that scene. And I'm like, it's too over the top and ridiculous to take seriously. Because it's a serious movie up until that point. And then it's like this outlandish, like, like super trap. And I'm like, this is stupid. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, way to call that guy a fucking You know what? Idiot. I don't honestly I it's just it's fun. I mean Yeah, I, but it's not supposed I, to be. The movie's not fun up until that point. It's not like a fun like, hey, look, it's saw and there's a bunch of traps and stuff. It's it's like, you know, a a serious no, hardcore I mean, it's, movie. It's it's, oh, I mean, I just kinda look at it like it's fun for the viewer. It's like all of a sudden a tra- I mean I understand like you've always takes me out of the film, always, dude. Yeah, you've kind of exactly. I mean, we've discussed this in the past before. Like, we we have a little bit of a problem with with traps in films in general that think, seem kind yeah. of out of place. We like, I think we talked about this in the, uh, in the West Craven Eyes. show. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, this is very very relatable to that. And I see where you're coming from. I mean, to me, I thought it it, it kind of put a smile on my face because I was like, yeah. that's kind of dumb. But, but look <laughs> at it this way: you brought that up exactly right. We you yourself criticized the family in last house on the left for spraying shaving cream on the floor and setting up traps this one is 10 times more ridiculous than that one so you have to criticize this too because it's the same tonal type of movie okay the way i wanted to word that is you know you're completely right you're completely right um i can't really defend it the thing is it is ridiculous i I won't lie it is ridiculous but at least it looks more fun than shaving cream on the floor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly where I was getting at. It's a little more fun, and it does put a smile on my face. I think when you're watching The Hills Have Eyes, and you're just like, "What?" <laughs> you kind of have that moment. You're like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> at least at this one, you go, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it's like a completely different emotion. You know, it's like okay, you can kind of laugh it off and move on, but yeah, it is what it is. <clears throat> but so, what are you guys' favorite traps? favorite traps um that's a fuck i wish i had time to think about that man um favorite traps shit i don't well, even fucking while you're know thinking, i'll just take mine honestly i like i've always dug I, I don't remember which saw movie it is but it's just the one it's the concept behind it the guy has the key locked yeah. in behind his eye and he has Part a scalpel two. that he has to dig it out or, you know, the shit's going to – what what does it do? Like rip his jaw off or something? Yeah, that's part two. Man, dude, that – because like sometimes when I look at those, I'm like, I might be able to do that. I might be able to do that. And then I'm like, I would not be able to fucking do that. Like dig a blade through my eyeball? No way in hell. And uh, that one always gets under my skin. Jeremy? Yeah, that, that one is nasty actually. Come to think of it, man. That's really good. <clears throat> do you have one, Jeremy? Thinking. Fucking same shit with this fucking stupid ass girl question last week. 
Wait and insult our listeners. <laughs> Jeremy, Ew, fuck we, Derek. We, honestly, Jeremy, we can take a break if you need to go clean the uh, the sand out of your vajiji. Yeah, one second. I thought it was cold in Chicago. It what is. the fuck are you doing at the beach today? It fucking, it's so windy, it just flew right in there. Oh my god. Close your fucking legs. It's not my fault it's fucking windy. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite uh, fucking trap? I don't know, man. I can't even think properly right now. Favorite trap kill shit. Um, out of here for I mean, honestly, I don't have a favorite trap kill if I can't think of one right off the top of my head. Um, yeah, then it's not your really your favorite. I mean, honestly, technically. honestly, the first thing I think of is just everything saw. When I think a trap yeah, kill, just take a saw, and it's kind of unfortunate because I don't want to say the obvious, which is a which, which is a saw film, which in like what you did. Thank yeah. you for like like how I'm what honest and I picked my favorite trap instead of trying to think of a way to not answer the question. You mean that? Jer- Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, Jesus. fucking Jeremy, damn you! <laughs> so it, why why you're thinking of that? And if you can't think of that, then do you at least have a favorite exploitation horror? character female badass character exploitation badass character oh fuck that's such a good question that happens um, to be a female that happens to be a female uh yeah um hmm hmm <laughs> <laughs> just trying to think of actually a real good one um you know who I really like, man? I, I can't think of what her name is right now. Uh, oh, shit. What the fuck is her name? The girl from One Eye. Um, from A Cruel Picture. Um, <clears throat> what the no fuck idea. is her name? I like the uh, group of girls from Death Proof. I was going to say that, too. Sure he was. Trying to think or, of what Or fucking... Ooh, ah, Frigga. Frigga. She's badass, too. Yeah. Frigga. Christina Lindbergh. That's what her fucking... Christina Lindbergh is her real name. From Thriller. Real picture. She's fucking batshit awesome in that film. She's awesome. Faux show. Faux show. All right. So uh, I think we like kind of danced our way around answering that question. So moving on to... Thank you for the question, by the way. We're just bad at thinking off the top of our head. In light of the editor, this one comes from Dylan, and he says, if you guys could come up with an awesome Giallo title for a movie that totally has nothing to do with the actual movie, example, The Black Belly of the Tarantula, what would it be? Come on, what's up with these fucking questions I won't be able to answer? <laughs> That's a good question. I actually <laughs> like that question. <clears throat> That's a really good question, man, because if you're a big fan of Giallo's, you yeah, always but I'm not. The titles yeah, I'm not always... either, but I have, I'm a big fan of the idea of the titles, though. Because they're just they're just random as fuck, like like uh, the seven colors of the serpent. Oh my god, that's mine. I just found the seven colors of the serpent. There you go. A true full screen Mexican shankle ankle oh, asshole. Oh my. Do you god. do you like actually like you gotta just say this stuff without thinking, right? Like you couldn't actually have thought of that and then said it, right? Like you had to have just. Bat out the most outlandish, retarded shit out of your mouth. Because you, if you thought of it first before before you spit it out, then we have a serious problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Someone's just getting torched tonight, man. Uh, well, he he hit me earlier when I wasn't listening to you or didn't hear you, so I had to get him back. 
We go jab <laughs> for jab, son. For show. <laughs> but um, what do you got, Moods? What, what's your, your crazy Giallo title? Um, I don't know, man. God, you could just come up with anything. Um, I'm going to say, <laughs> just off the top of my head, uh, nah, that's kind of lame right there. Say it um, anyway. That will even be better. I was going to say, the the long night, the long night, what the fuck was I going to say? I can't even remember now. The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the long night of your muddy tears. Because it makes no fucking sense. Well, I, the only thing that I can, eh, yeah, not really. <laughs> well, because it's interesting. But they all you, don't make sense, though. Well, that's the thing. Because if you look at gels, there's all there's a lot of gels with like night and like tears and like weird things like that, like and animals yeah. or insects and stuff like that too, right? So muddy tears. Yeah, let's throw some dirt in there. Why not, right? But not bad, I, I think bad. I think honestly one of the best ones is uh, <laughs> your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. That is like one of the greatest titles, which of course is from the Black Hat box, uh, set. box set that just came out. But that is honestly one of the best titles. Man. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So another I, one of my favorite ones actually is a laugh. The house with laughing windows, which I fucking never seen that film. I really need to get my hands on it. But fucking like that's like the hills have eyes is almost one of those fucking titles, man. A little bit. Yeah. But, but man, uh, if, you, if I could sit down and actually put some thought into this, I could probably come up with some pretty good titles. Yeah, probably. Uh-huh. Me you too. Just fucking just spit some words out, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's a good question, though. Thanks, Dylan, for the question. Awesome yeah, stuff. Thanks, Godzilla. I have one before you get to another one here, um, okay. before I forget about it. Uh, someone did leave a question on the uh, – I don't know if you wrote this one down at all. No, those were the only okay, two so, I had. <laughs> so this is, this is – someone left a question on the uh, the last episode. Which, of course, was Tales from the Crypt Season 1. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. Good episode. Anyways, it was left by Matt, the horror Adonis Garcia. If I pronou- if I said that wrong, then I pronounced it wrong. I've- I'm an idiot. But his question was, I believe we've actually had this before, but I'm not 100% sure. What are your top five creepy clown carnival circus amusement park films of all time? So he, I like the way he worded it, though, because he did put in everything in there. Clown, carnival, circus, amusement park. So he's covering all grounds right there. Yeah. Um, so I definitely would go right away with it has to be on there. Uh-huh. Then well, you actually you know what I'll do. I'll, I'll actually read out his list. He put okay. killer clowns from outer space, clown house, the lost boys, it and ghoulies Two. honorable mentions. Are you afraid of the dark episode? The tale of the laughing in the dark. Good episode. Great episode. That is a good episode. Yes. Yeah. So. so I would definitely agree with it. I think I think Lost Boys might be pushing it a little bit, but but you know it's funny. Even put in brackets might be a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Fun House, absolutely for sure. The Fun House. Uh, the Clown Clown House is another one that you probably have to have on there. Uh, trying to think what do you guys got the first ones that came to my mind was freaks that's from yeah 30, freaks, 90, freaks man and the unknown from 1929 27 you know ghoulies 2 honestly isn't a bad pick because yeah, that film has like one of the thickest like carnival atmospheres ever oh child's play 3 right right yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a good child's one actually even think of that uh carnival of souls of course 
Um, Killer Clowns is on my list, man. Killer Clowns is one of my favorite movies of all time. I fucking love that film. Uh, the Fun House, of course. But the one I was thinking of is Vampire Circus. The Hammer film. Uh, that movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's great stuff. It's awesome, man. Released by Synapse. Everybody pick up two copies. It's great. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh my <laughs> two copies. It's, it's one of my favorite uh, vampire films. This is great, man. But it's got a really good kind of circus vibe to it and shit. It's pretty cool. So... Um, I'm sure there's lots more out there. I can't really think of too much more. Yeah. First thing I always think of is it. I always think of it too. Yeah, it is the fucking quintessential clown movie, man. You ain't getting much better than it. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm sure there's more out there. I actually didn't mind. I won't even lie. I know a lot of people uh, don't really care for it, but I mean, there, it has its fans. I hear some people say they really like the film and it's Dark Ride. It's one. It was one of oh, the. Oh yeah, that's uh, a good one. Eight films. Eight films to die for. First series. Yeah, and it's got some pretty interesting kills and stuff, and it's you know obviously on a carnival ride and stuff. But yeah, that was that's one I enjoyed. Yeah, so. I like it. So yeah. with that, Park, you know, stay, I was just gonna say, stay away from Spring <laughs> Park. I, that movie got me in a lot of shit with Wild Eye. <laughs> I fucking blasted that a new asshole. That movie sucks, man. It, that's what is lacking. It's called Scream Park. You, you know the Dark Ride Carnival I, Park in there. Dark Ride actually, I believe did start out as a remake to the fun house in really its, uh, infancy stage i'm pretty sure i've read that before you know i can actually see that man i can totally see that because based on like what the killer looks like and stuff yeah, yeah. killer yeah so interesting all right guys are you ready for some voicemails Let's listen to these phone-ins. Voicemails, voicemails. Okay, so first up, we're going to do Brandon, but he does mention that at a certain point, he was doing this at work, and somebody walked in, so he had to stop talking for about 30 seconds. So uh, if there's a long, awkward pause, I'll follow up with text just make fun of him. And we're, well, that'll, yeah, just, that. that'll just give me time to talk more shit about gravy. Uh, Jeremy, you were absolutely hilarious. 
the last show. Keep it up. Uh, I loved it. Um, my rating for Chaos of Halloween 2, I think the rating system, and sometimes I try to avoid rating films with Can numbers. Can you say Tales of Halloween 2? Uh, sometimes I give a film a 6, and it's a bad 6, and sometimes I give a film a 6, and it's a good 6. And um, if that makes any sense. Like, Cub, to me, was a bad 6, <laughs> and Tales of Halloween, uh, all Halloween 2, sorry. There you was, go, um, got it right this time. More of a 6 that I was kind of more surprised, because I had much lower expectations for it. I actually like about three or four of the stories. I actually like it better than Tales of Halloween. So, you know, but I try to avoid the numbers. I try to just go with whether or not I enjoyed it or not. Um, yeah, that's about it. I'll give you guys the call back. I have a uh, question for you. All right, bye. Okay, so that was his first <clears throat> voicemail, and... Because you like it, you are yeah, an asshole, sir. Gravy. See, I did I did say in my review of Gravy that I really enjoyed the music in the film. I just found it was misplaced so badly. And I, it was probably part of the joke, but it was just... It was awkward. It, it kept making these awkward... And honestly, I didn't find anything funny about the leads in the film at all. I won't lie. <laughs> I didn't think anything <laughs> was funny about it, so... Um, yeah, and I, I honestly I don't think Jeremy was that fucking funny in last week's show. No, I thought he was terrible. <laughs> this is fucking rip on Jeremy week. It's uh, cool, but no, I understand that though. Like karma, saying, like, you know, a good six and a bad six and stuff. I'm the exact same way. Sometimes you know, there's a reason for that. You know, uh, with Cub, I think it's more of a for even for us. I think it was kind of a bad. Seven. What did we give that one? Seven. Seven, six, six and a half. I think I gave it or something. Um, it was it was like an under, underwhelming one for me. Well, Anyways, because I was expecting a lot more. I was expecting to like the film a lot more. So I think in that regard, I think it kind of makes it a weaker six and a half or whatever it was. Well, it's, you know? all right. I'll explain it exactly how I think of it. All right. I gave Cub a seven and I guess it would be what you call a bad seven. And what that means is I really didn't like the film. But. I am being a objective analytical approach where I am looking what the film offers and I try to like take my personal preferences for films out of it and say how good is the music? How good is the camera work? How good is the acting? How good is the story? And then I base my rating on that. Just because I don't like the film doesn't mean that it's still not a good film. And that's what I mean. Mm. That's I think exactly what he means by a yeah, good yeah. six and a yeah. bad six. And that's how I am. Like I, I honestly didn't like Cub that much, but I do think that it's a pretty well-made film, about a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. <clears throat> Same way, you know, I try to be objective and stuff. And you know, even when I was, I recently reviewed Manos, and hands I said entertainment, enter, yeah, hands of fate and entertainment value, man. That movie is like an eight. It is fucking pretty fun to watch, but from a you know, from a filmmaking standpoint, that movie is complete shit. It is fucking terrible. Like it is so amateur in all aspects of, you know, the way it's shot, acting, dubbing, just fucking story, uh, editing, everything about the film is just fucking shit. So then I, so I had to give it a really low, like I think I ended up giving it like a three and a half out of 10. So see, I agree that that's the better way to go. I even said in my review, I said, man, you know, like the specs on this film are real shit. Like I can't give it a high rating, but on an entertainment value, I personally enjoyed the film. And I said to people, I said, don't go out and not buy this film because I'm giving a shit rating. It's entertaining to watch, but just be prepared. Visually, it's fucking shit. 
<laughs> so, I actually have to say though, but the transfer that they did on the film, holy fuck. Is it good? Pretty wild, man, considering what that actually looks like, you know, on every other release. Holy shit, man. Pretty wild. They actually even put both versions. They put the regular, like the unrestored um grindhouse version on there. Like the nor and then the the Blu-ray, you know, restored version. It's, it's quite impressive, man, mm-hmm. what they did. It's really amazing. <laughs> so All but right. yeah. So Brandon, uh, part two? Yeah, let's continue along with Brandon here. Hey, it's Brandon again. Uh, one other thing I want to mention about Gravy is it's um, written and directed by James Roday, and I was a huge Psych fan. So if you watch Psych and and you know the humor from that show and you know him and his character and all the 80s references and pop culture references he puts in that show, you know the type of horror film that he's going to make. And it was exactly that. And so I think for future references, if he does put out other films, especially in the horror genre, they'll definitely mimic the same feel. So, again, maybe as a watcher and lover of Psych, I was kind of knowing what what I was going to get, and I got that. Um, Question. Name three films that you completely misunderstood or didn't understand at all when you got done watching them. I, for one, am not shy about admitting I've seen some films, I've enjoyed some films that I've kind of been like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> um, and then there's films that I didn't enjoy because I don't know what I watch. And one of the first shows I heard you guys do was the Mr. Jones show, and that's one of those movies where I was just like, what, what the hell was this about? What the hell just happened? And I didn't understand it. Same thing with um, film like uh... I think that's when somebody walked in. <laughs> fucking stop doing your fucking voicemail at work. Somebody just walked into the office. I had to play it cool for a second. I'm at work. <laughs> um, movie like A Field in England or um, Escape from Tomorrow. Definitely confusing movies. I've looked into them a little bit more. I enjoyed them definitely more than Mr. Jones. They were actually really good films, but <laughs> But you're yeah, definitely friends. confused by the endings of them. Um, so just your thoughts on some films that you've seen that were confusing to you and uh, stuff like that. Also, if you're going to have a guest host um, for a future podcast, hit up Derek. I think Derek will be awesome. Kyle's awesome, too. I love listening to Kyle. But yeah, fuck Kyle. Hit up Derek. All right. I'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kyle. Fuck yeah, uh, Derek is somebody that we um, we've definitely considered having on the show before, but unfortunately, like if anything, it's been like a scheduling issue because he works nights and we record at nights. Hard to understand horror films. Uh, I mean, most recently, I even admitted in the in the review horse that I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Yeah, exactly what was going on in the film was Horsehead. Yeah, I mean, horse at least, head. you know, some of the things that were going on in news. I mean, there's things you can understand, but it's one of those uh, Sigmund Freud type films. Still where, don't know what the fuck's going on. In that yeah, movie. it's it's a lot of interpretation of the dreams. I think it's very ambiguous. And it's one of those ones that is just like, I think it was kind of made and, you know, it, maybe it's open for interpretation. I don't I really know. Non-horror films. Exactly what they were going for. In that, but that is one. Um, yeah. Not very often I come across a film I didn't understand. Like I, I like to interpret things, like I did with Der Samurai. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, most of the time I think I know. I can't really think of too many more besides Horsehead recently that I really didn't. 
I've get had fully. like I've had ones that like nine horror films I don't get. But yeah, I think there's maybe some of the more Hiroshima and more. I still don't know what the fuck that movie is about. I don't think anyone knows what that movie's about. <laughs> um, that is a good example though. That one's a tough one to yeah, interpret. La Belle Captive. I didn't oh. really know what the fuck was going on in that one. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. And honestly, Brandon, one that you actually sent me, I, I do think I got the gist of it, but there was definitely some stuff going on in there that I didn't get, and that's Ninth Configuration, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah that's a good that's a good example, too. Yep. Definitely so, some weird shit going on in that one. Was there any other questions in that that we didn't get to? No, I think that was everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe... That's the part that I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right, so let's move on with our homie Derek. Yo, what's going on, peeps? On the twenty-two shots, Derek here again, as usual. I had an interesting question, but first off, I'm fucking stoked that you guys are doing Night of the Demons, like the franchise, because actually the first film is my favorite film of all time, so I'm super stoked for that. So wicked awesome. Alright, so I have an interesting question for you guys. Me and JP got into a discussion on the chat. What? With certain type of special effects in the film. I was wondering, since that discussion went and stuff, if you think some effects hurt a film based on the effects themselves and the practical level of the effects. I personally like most practical effects because it's in the heart of the filmmakers that they were trying to make a good film with what they had. And I know like some stuff is cheesy and stuff, I know, but it's what they got to work with. And you gotta, like, I want to hear your opinions on what you think, like, make like, a good special effects and what are your favorite kind of sex films? <laughs> like stop motion, like, Manager sets like Sumation. I know JP said that <laughs> Sumation looks kind of cheesy and fake, but <laughs> it's fake as fuck. It's an art form because they actually Claymation's awesome. Yeah, those characters and it had a lot of like interest and like problems with like the first Godzilla film and stuff like actors pass out in the suits and stuff. So there is tools with those effects and those people put their hearts in make them work well for the film so just want to hear your opinions and what are your type of favorite effects in films that you grew up watching and stuff so I hope to hear back from you guys wicked awesome night of the demons fuck yeah eating all the fuck yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, Derek that I was like just having this conversation the other day too with someone else well, um, it's kind of funny. The conversation started with me and Derek because we were talking about Godzilla. And yeah. I was like, you know, fuck that moth. I hate the one with the moth. The moth is so stupid. And then we started Mothra. getting into whatever it is. That thing is stupid. And then we started getting into like giant monsters in general. And I'm like, I, I was just like, you know, I like the original Godzilla a lot because it's dark and it, it's more serious. But at a certain was point. Bad. Yeah, Godzilla's bad, but yeah. at a certain point they get. They, I I compared it to pro wrestling, 
And I feel like that's really what it is. It's pro wrestling with guys in suits. It's fake. It doesn't look natural. And I don't mind it. Like, I like uh, three out of the first four Godzilla movies I've seen, except for the one with the moth. And I, you know, but I just don't really care for the rubber suit monster, uh, like giant monster thing. What's the word for it, Moods? I know there's a word that that, that, did it. those movies Rubber are called monster. <laughs> the, mo- the the movies are called something. Those type of movies. Mm, there's a specific name. Yeah. Fun. No, dude. <laughs> 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 <Those are> bad. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I actually don't know what you're referring to. The all those fucking Japanese giant monster movies. They have a name. They say it all the time in the chat. I just don't remember what it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just either way. It doesn't matter. Uh, but tonight. you know, my favorite type of effects are, are practical effects. Obviously, CGI, no go. I love claymation. I love stop motion. Uh, you know, like Jason and Argonauts type stuff. I love all of that <clears throat> awesome stuff. Just not a big fan of rubber suited giant monsters. Yeah, I obviously practical effects is is my shit right there what i what i can't stand in movies is when they can't figure out or it's probably you know a budget thing though too when when a film you know has practical effects in it hmm. mixed with cg i fucking hate that yeah, especially the in slash like i hate that in slasher films man i can't remember a movie i was watching because i watched a lot of them but i was watching a slasher film and i remember this it was a, a it was a throat slit and the the effect on the throat was was practical. At See No Evil 2 did that. And then the fucking blood was CG. <laughs> See No yeah. Evil 2 does and that. And I'm like, what they the fuck, man? And it really fucking pisses me off. Do either. Like, I can, you know, I obviously I, I would rather have all practical effects, but if you're just gonna, if you're gonna throw CG in there, just CG everything. I don't give a fuck. But, like, why fuck with people then? Well, I, I think, you're, the, you're I go- think what happens is when they do the effect, back in the day, when, before CGI, if the blood didn't spray out right, you had, to, you had to redo the effect. You had to set up, do the whole prosthetic yeah, yeah. thing. I, I know exactly now, what they're doing. they just there. do it in post when it fucks up. Yeah, but it just looks so bad, though. They have to realize, like, I mean, I understand, okay, this is what their their visual was to have this spray or whatever. But if it doesn't work, fucking do it again, man. They used to do it all the time. Why it does CGI like sh- look bad? Because it, it just looks fake. Yeah, it looks But fake. why? But it's because... Why? I don't know, it, it just seems fake? like the, what the eye thinks. I don't know. Are we proving your point about things not looking natural? What? You know, because you said, you know, with the, you know, the monsters and, you know, well, pro no, wrestlers. I was, that just, don't I was just curious because we always talk shit on CGI, but like I never really think like why, why, like because obviously a bad practical effect looks fake too, right? So, but why it's we're more excusable on, on practical effects that look a little off or a little bad. And I was just I curious think it's why. Also, I think it's a lot has to do with the heart of it though too you know you're taking the effort to you know try and do these effects if they turn out shitty at least you put the effort in and do it physically you know anyone could sit on a computer i mean i shouldn't say anybody because i don't know how to do it myself yeah. but <laughs> i'm assuming it's a lot easier but it's also just a lot there's a lot less heart in it too yeah you know, I th- and i think that's the thing i think visually what we see is we see some you know when we know we see this effect and we go fuck man someone did that you know and then you know and then you see some CG effect and you're going, well, fucking Carlton made that on his fucking computer. <laughs> Carlton. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what the fuck, man? It's just, it, but it, it, the thing is, it really does look shitty. It looks, especially blood. Yeah, blood is you know, a rough just, one. It just really, really takes you out of it. And like I said, you know, especially in a slasher film where if you see 
a kill and then there's fake blood it's just like what like uh the baby Man, face it, killer one what was it called the hills run red that one yeah. does that exactly exactly but yeah that's a great example of a film that has practical mixed with cg kills and stuff like I, you know the body splitting in half yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i know why it look like why it, it looks so fake to us and I think that it has to do with okay, a practical effect. They only have to fool you with the effect, right? Uh-huh. They only have to make it look like their throat slit. But whenever you're dealing with CGI, first they have to fake that that's actually there. It's actually with the actors, and then yes. they have to affect fake how it looks, like how good it looks. So, like if if you have a giant rubber suited monster, like we already know that monster is physically there with the actor. And then you just have to work on making it look real, like in terms of <clears throat> realistic, yeah, like uh, how how it moves and shit like that. But with CGI, first you have to fake us that it's with the actor because we know that it's not actually in that room with them. And then you have to mm-hmm. fake us that it actually looks like a real living thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it is. By the way, Kaiju, that was what I was looking for. Kaiju, Kaiju. is those type of films. There you go. But you know, it it kind of it kind of comes full circle to the you know the rubber suits though too. Like I would so rather see a werewolf, you know, that was some dude or you know in a you know obviously in a practical you know suit or whatever the fuck you want to do uh, in makeup and stuff than a fucking CG'd werewolf. You know, it just it really takes you out of the film. Like I mean, obviously you're watching this real you know film. And then you have all of a sudden this uh, CG werewolf that comes out of nowhere. It just doesn't fit properly. Even if the even if the the werewolf is some dude in a suit, which it always is, or whatever, it's just a lot fucking better. It fits in the film. CG yeah. takes you right out of it instantly. Like you can be enjoying. Like how many films have you seen where you've watched this awesome film, and then the end, you know, the big finale in the film, and there's a bunch of CG in it. You're going, what the fuck, yeah, man? I know, man. It, it, and like I'm, I'm with you 100%. you right out of it, man. I would rather so. see fucking the worst Godzilla costume in the world rather than like a terribly CG'd Godzilla. <laughs> exactly. Exactly my point, man. So, it's just, it kind of keeps you in the film. It's like, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's a kind of suit, man. It's fine, so. Yep. Thanks yeah. for the voicemail, Derek. Glad you are excited about the Night of the Demons discussion, which we will get to in a little bit. But first, we got some other Halloween stuff to attend to with Joanna. Hey guys, this is Joanna Rose from Cincinnati, and I'm calling to now for the Night of the Demons podcast. I'm also calling to wish uh, you guys, uh, Jeremy, JP, and Moods, a happy Halloween. Um, I'm excited for this podcast because we just recently rewatched Night of the Demons and Night of the Demons Part 2, so I'm interested to hear what you guys thought of those movies. Um, oh, Night of the Demons is probably one of my favorite Halloween movies right behind Halloween, and we're actually getting ready to go see Halloween, the original 1978 version, at the theater tonight, so it's kind of a tradition for us, so can't wait to see Michael Myers on the big screen again and just to go see it again. Yeah, so um, I hope you guys have a great Halloween, and um, I got a question for you guys real quick. Um, to celebrate Halloween, we always go see go to uh, Haunted Attractions, so I was wanting to know if you guys like to go to Haunted Attractions yourself, like uh, Haunted Houses. Um, I know around here we've got tons, 
And one of our favorites is Lewisburg Haunted Cave up by Dayton. And um, I was wondering, I know, uh, I know. Think of my name, come on. <laughs> that uh, Jeremy lives up by Chicago's. There's a bunch up there, so um, I know there's some in Chicago. I don't know if there's any up in Canada where Moose lives, <laughs> but I'm just curious uh, if you guys got any haunted houses. So that's all I got for you. So, uh, well, happy Halloween again, and I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, bye. Dude, I love that our listeners like. I, you know somebody listens when they get the Canadia references and stuff like that. I, I just love it. It really does make me so happy when I hear people say, like, I'm going to phone in. Like, they get the joke. Like, they, they've listened enough to know the jokes. And I love that. And, you know, forgetting about who she was talking about, Jeremy, and he called it. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, knew what she was talking about. He <laughs> talked uh, about haunted houses all the time. So. Yeah, unfortunately, I live in an area like I live in a pretty small city, and uh, yeah, we don't have anything around where I live, but there is haunted attractions and stuff in Canada. <laughs> Just not where I am. I know Jeremy's fortunate enough to have a lot of that shit around him. Yeah, I have a which bunch is pretty cool. Though. I don't really have, you know, the the closest thing to you know a big attraction that I did that I did this year was take the the boy to a pumpkin patch. So that was like the excitement of, uh, of my shit. And it was, it was one of those really miserable rainy days to not rainy, but it was all mucky and stuff. And I walked out of there. Like I was fucking knee deep in cow shit. It was pretty, it was pretty redneck, but you know, that's, that's how they do it in Canada. Not really. It's no, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, that's the, you know, extent of what I did this year. So, when I was a kid, I used to love going to all the different haunts and stuff. I was really into it. And uh, honestly, I, I don't know, man. I just I just lost touch with it. I, I haven't really been probably in about four years to any type of haunted house or anything. And uh, I just just really isn't my thing anymore, which is kind of sad. You know, it's loser. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> what I'll do you mean it's it, not man. your thing anymore, man? What I don't do you, know, like, man. Fucking mainstream snub asshole. God, man, if I could go, if I could go to really... one of those attractions, I would go in a heartbeat. I just don't have the option to, unfortunately. Yeah, I so. don't know, man. I almost got a job at one this year, though. Like, uh, I work with a girl who was working at one, and I was like, and uh, I was just like, thought it would be cool, but it would have interfered with the podcast, so I just decided not to do it. And uh, I would only got paid like $30 a night anyway, which is totally isn't worth it, but it would be for the fun experiment of it. Uh, experience of it but you just playing another voicemail jp in the middle of our discussion they play themselves (laughs) if you don't shut off his phone is haunted (laughs) there you go there you go (laughs) awesome jeremy i think what do you do what are you doing this year jeremy are you going to some this year already been to some yeah yeah really you haven't mentioned anything you normally you tell us everything you do in life including like a fucking commentator man take a piss (laughs) <laughs> I'll be back in a half hour. I have to take a piss. <laughs> half hour? Yeah. Might go get some taco smell. And, you know. Ugh. Anything exciting this year? Because I know you went to the, uh, was it the Rob Zombie one last year? And you said it was disappointing. Yeah, the Rob disappointing. Zombie one last year sucked. It was disappointing to say the least. It had good sets, but overall it was disappointing. Um, I know Joanna was supposed to come up, actually come up here, but it fell through. But, you know, it's... Hopefully she, I could take her to, around next year to some of these haunts because they'll fucking bunch, 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 bunch. 
Yeah. This year I went to a couple, my one that I usually go every year to called the Dungeon of Doom. Um, it's one of the better haunted houses around here. It's like, it's about an hour long haunt, which is really, really long. And uh, it's really good. Every year they have different shit going on. And it's actually really a really, really good haunt. That's probably like the best one around here. And then I try to hit up an, a new one every year also on top of going to that one. So this year, what's the name of the one I fucking, I can't remember the name of the one, the new one I hit up this year, but it was okay. Yeah, it, it takes mm. a lot to impress me now because yeah. I can't really get scared. Just kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that happens when you grow up. But I mean, honestly, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just I should probably check them out again. I don't know what's wrong with me, but uh, definitely thanks for calling in, Joanna. Uh, I know you've yeah. called us once before. Don't be such a stranger. Good voicemail. Yeah, thank you, Joanna from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, <laughs> stylist. Awesome. Yeah. And I hope you're. I hope you enjoyed the package that I sent to you because I actually did send her a package. Cool. Oh, you sent her your dick. Hey. It was a mold, yeah. I mean, I'm sure her boyfriend or her husband would be very happy with wow, that. Wow, her boyfriend or husband. You don't even know that she has a boyfriend that's like on the Facebook page that they post all the time. I think that's it's her husband. Was, no, that's what I was referring boyfriend. to. I was it's saying her boyfriend or husband. I know that she has a significant other. Yeah, you're the one talking about taking her out on a date to haunted houses. Yeah, totally. Jeez. I wasn't sure if she was married or if that was just the boyfriend. I think it's yeah. her boyfriend. But... um yeah, thanks for the call. That was awesome. I actually quite enjoy when they post pictures because, like, just seeing two people that love horror and they're together, it doesn't happen as often as you would think it would. Nope. No, it doesn't Good really. Good stuff with that. <laughs> Shit luck. <laughs> All right, so let's move on here. We have our homie Matt. Fucking more? Hey, guys, it's Matt, and I'm... I've got a question for you. Since, you know, horror anthologies are... We got one for... Uh, Halloween. We have another one for Christmas now coming up, which looks pretty bad. What other holiday would you create a horror anthology for? And what kind of stories would you include? Fucking hell. such an asshole. Fuck. That's a good question. The question is St. Patrick's uh, Day. I, I just had the pause. Stocks, that, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Well, you know, you create an anthology with, you know, gold coins and leprechauns. And I don't know. I think that would be a good idea. Why the fuck isn't there an I- one out already? Yeah, I don't know. But that's let me crazy. Just, let me just finish the voicemail. Real quick. <laughs> it's not over. No. Oh, you paused it? I stopped because <laughs> I was laughing because Jeremy's a dick. <laughs> oh, shit. That's my name. Don't worry it out. All right. Alpha was like maybe three or four. Uh, nothing too crazy, like seven or eight or anything weird like that. They did create like maybe a good three to four story uh, and four anthology based on the holiday. Go to town, guys. Uh, Jeremy, did you watch my Oscar nominated monster flicks that I sent you? I didn't even have time to wipe my ass. Uh, that, that's cool. <laughs> I just hope you enjoyed them. Uh, JP, thank you very much for your uh, Secret Satan uh, movies. They're awesome. Thank you again. Love the show, guys. Uh, keep up the great work. And hopefully, once I get a computer up and running, maybe I can help with a little appearance. Ooh. All right, guys. Have a good one. 
Yeah, definitely. Matt did a good job on that uh, thing that I did with him a while back, so would definitely love to have him on. Jeremy, did you watch mm. his uh, movie that he sent you? Nope. Are you ever <laughs> going to? <laughs> um, Probably not. Nope. <laughs> no. Such a fucking dick. We're just joking around. Come on. What? Uh, you know you're uh, going to yeah. watch it eventually. I watched Q the Ring Serpent. I'm real... I've been in- actually been interested in that one. I don't like that movie that much. Yeah, I really do. I like that. I love the way the story is told. I've never heard of Gorgo before, so. I've heard of that, but. I like that movie so much I got it signed by Larry Cohen. I know so. I was with you. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not just, meant to be a dick. It's just the way I am. I find that interesting. You don't like that movie, JP. An unapologetic dick. That's my favorite kind. <laughs> Jewish dick. But yeah, Jeremy did steal it right off the top there. I was going to say uh, St. Patty's Day, man. Directed one segment directed by Emperor Corn Dog. Yeah, there you go. You know what is super <laughs> fucking hilarious? Listen to this, dude. Do you remember back in the day when we had that little spat with Corn Dog, and you know he sent that one voicemail? I forget what it was about. It, it doesn't even matter. But I messaged him because I was like, "Hey, can can you clarify what you exactly said in that voicemail? Because it, it like kind of gets a little distorted." And he messaged me this week and he was like damn i can't believe i'm just seeing this message out <laughs> it was oh, it was november will be one year <laughs> since i sent that message holy fuck he still had the message <laughs> yeah he messaged me this week and he's like he's like uh you know so, i can't you believe still want I, my response <laughs> hey, but he did respond he's like this is what i said by the way <laughs> dude that is funny as hell man that is I asked him if he's seen that we played his one voicemail and we like found it super funny and he actually hasn't responded to me yet. So um, maybe next year. Yeah, maybe maybe I hear from him next year. Next year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good shit, man. But he did say he's been enjoying the shows and stuff, so that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. So holiday what are anthologies. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm going to say Patty's Day, man. It just seems so obvious. But gotta like... go Thanksgiving, Eli Roth style. About Earth Day. <laughs> Earth Day? What the fuck is Earth Day? <laughs> what about fucking President's Day or some shit, man? You, you know, honestly, would be cool. Have like I a would different just, president every yeah. fucking story. That'd be cool. I, I would love yeah, to just pre- see an anthology where they just use the, you know, Halloween, Christmas, maybe Valentine's Day, like the the basic ones, but just make them really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds easy, right? <laughs> I mean. I would, you know, I'd like to see like a, Martin Luther King Day, you know, like a four kind of, you know, four uh, shorts of like Easter, you know, Killer oh, Bunny ones and one. shit. Easter, you know, Killer Bunnies, man. So, yeah. Oddly enough, there isn't that many Easter-related horror films out there. It's yeah. kind of a shame, and it's kind of weird that there isn't. Critters Two takes place on Easter. I mean, there is movies that take place on the holiday and stuff, and there is obviously Killer. Uh, Easter Bunny films, but just not that many. You think there'd be more? Yeah, I don't know. You'd think there'd be some good ones, or at least one. Yeah, there really isn't any good <laughs> ones. <laughs> I was expecting you to be like, no, no, you haven't seen the indie film Bunny Man Killer Chainsaw. <laughs> no, I, but he was like totally it. just like, yeah, you're about right on that. <laughs> every one that I've actually really seen, I didn't really. I mean, there some of them are okay, but there's nothing. There's not that standout Killer Bunny film. Yeah. That's kind of a shame. Well, you know what that means. We I mean, when you it. think of when you think of St. Patrick's Day or just you know lepre or that type of thing, you think of Leprechaun and right away, right? But 
No, not with uh, not with bunnies, man. I'm gonna go with Earth Day. Earth Day. What the fuck. I don't know. Presence Day, man. I'm I would just, love to like, see. I just feel like people it's running worms. around in Nixon masks, in Nixon masks, and you know shit like that. That'd be fucking fun, man. Yeah. yeah. Reagan masks and shit. The firework killer, Fourth of July. <laughs> the fireworks. Just killer. all deaths by different fireworks. <laughs> Roman candle up the <laughs> ass. No, up your Mexican asshole. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So let's <laughs> move on. Right out your ass. We have a couple more voicemails. Let's more. Let's, yes, we have. What the fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's, Jeremy's gonna fucking dang, implode dude. over there, man. Oh, I love it. Built so, up anger, man. It's like an hour and a half. Why are you playing the fucking show? After playing two shots and you've been part of the podcast. Fuck is this? This is Mauer Brando speaking. I'm speaking to you from the. Who's this fucking Derek? <laughs> okay. Just want to know that the show reaches us. I remember not being this excited to something in a while. Since uh, I saw a shrimp buffet instead of a public smile. What the fuck is Derek saying? And, yeah, it was a good shrimp, I have to say. It was really, really good shrimp. <laughs> um, I like the podcast and want to make an offer you can't refuse. What is your favorite movie that uh, you would call so bad it's good? I know I was in Jailface. I love that movie. We have great experience working on it. And I thought I was a contender for that role, you know. I was from the middle. I was really good in that role. With the bucket on my head and everything. And I really enjoyed it. So I just have to hear what you think of so bad as good movies. Because I am a big fan of movies. And I have been a movie star, Academy Award winner, actor, and all. So I hope to hear back from you guys. <laughs> Jeremy's fucking See you soon. Pepsi Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> 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 so I think the question was... So bad um, it's good. So bad it's good. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, man. There's so many... You know, so bad. It's good. Like, entertaining. Like, fun films and stuff. All um, your dickness is just rubbed off on me, and I'm just being a dick to everybody after you guys are being a dick to me. So, fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, honestly, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, a couple Splatter films. Splatter Beach and Splatter Farm. I know even Derek is fa- fans of those, but those movies are fucking shit. Um, but they're so much fun. Um I, I think shockwaves. Honestly, I haven't seen shockwaves, but I, I have heard that one thrown around before. Um, you know, honestly, I know that a lot of people say this one. It's the quintessential one that people go with, and that's Troll Two. And you know, I actually, you know, after watching Best Worst Movie, man, Jesus Christ, it, it, that is like the so bad it's good movie. Like it is the the so bad it's good movie. It, it really is. Yeah, Troll Two is pretty entertaining, man. Oh, um, the best worst God. movie is way more entertaining, though. <laughs> it's I agree. So fucking good. It is good, it's man. So good. It's so good. It fucking died. Die. It's so funny. It's so funny, dude. Oh um, fuck, man! I got a Black Devil doll from hell. Oh my god. 
It's terrible. It's so much fun. Some good shit. Oh, actually, we just Leprechaun talked about this one earlier in the show. No, Leprechaun 4 is so bad. It's I thought Night of the Demons 2. <laughs> uh, no, Manos. We just talked about this one. It's definitely it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's shit, dude. Like half of the shot on video ones that I've seen. Well, that's the thing, man. I mean, it's hard to dismiss those. I guess they're kind of obvious choices, right? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, honestly, like Breeders from last week is kind oh, of so I, bad it's good. I got one, man. The Howling 2. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a that's terrible, terrible sequel, too. but it's fucking so yeah, it's watchable. Yeah, it's it's such a fun movie, but man, is that ever a bad sequel to The Howling? It's really bad. Warlock 3. <laughs> no. No, Warlock 3 is kidding. so bad. Warlock 2. Come on, Warlock Shit. 2. Right? No. No. You guys really hated on those Warlock films. <laughs> I don't know. They're just not that great. <laughs> they are. The first two are pretty good. Yeah. No. I like, the first one's good. The first one, the second one I could probably do without, but it is what it is. I mean, I mean, uh, is, is it too obvious to say, like, anything Ed Wood? Full you know? moon. Full moon. Like, Cloud 9 from Outer Space, man. I mean, yeah, that that's, movie... that's kind of your quintessential one as well. But it really is, man. If if you watch that movie closely, it's really funny, like how the like it's just hilarious how bad it's done. Everything it's, looks like a set, like everything. Oh, but everything's moving and stuff, like the the scenes in the um in the uh, cemetery, and you can like yeah. see the tombstones and the ground moving and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah, like the ground is getting all crumpled up. You know what? That guy had one thing many filmmakers don't have. That's called fucking passion. So, oh yeah, I'm never gonna bash Ed Wood. No, I'll never bash. I, think I, Ed Ed Wood, Ed Wood I think Ed Wood would bash Ed Wood. He had passion, though, man. <laughs> yeah, but he was even. He I, definitely had passion because he he took all that passion and did porno after, well, film porno. So yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Either pretty start awesome. with porno or end with porno. Like so. Stephen Jeffrey's porno, or no? I think he, I think he was doing hetero porn. Not uh, what a waste. <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he was a transvestite, so. Now. Really? Yeah. Damn. Never seen Ed Wood before? Oh, I thought you were talking about Stephen Jeffries. I was oh. like, what? Yeah. So you're, you were just a step behind us then. I see what's going on there. We're As talking always. about Ed Wood. You know what? Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> one o'clock in the morning i don't need this shit. yeah i'm i'm I, honestly if God, i'm being 100 honest like so it is it's two in the morning i if i'm being honest i am feeling a little bit loopy and i as i told you guys earlier i didn't go to bed until like three in the morning and i woke up at six so i'm fucking super tired right now but let's press on we got three voicemails from our homie rob three <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Fuck, man. This is got to be a record. Yep. Hey, guys. Rob from Georgia calling with probably another complex question. <laughs> Something to that effect. Anyways, um, been enjoying that movie. We are still here to no end. And with that, I'm hoping Jeremy is on uh, this particular show that uh, you're the only one. But um, enjoying the movie, watched it a few times, and uh, I've been beginning into the, the commentary by writer-director Ted Gehagen and producer Travis Stevens. And it's really interesting because, uh, you know, there's a spot where, they're, uh, where Ted is talking about, uh, you know, that this movie is a nod to the Changeling uh, with George C. Scott and how, when he was a kid, how influenced he was by watching George C. 
guy who at the time was 52. Uh, and as a kid, he's watching this guy basically fight off this ghost. Um, and he, I don't know, it just kind of struck him as interesting, uh, this old guy fighting uh, this ghost in this movie. And that got into a conversation a little bit uh, about there being something powerful of older actors with, uh, that brings some real gravitas to the screen, seriousness, and real soul. And, uh, you know, the question is, you know, how does one react uh, to, let's say, paranormal uh, at 36 versus 56 or 76 or, in today's movies, you know, kids or teenagers? Um, and so that got me to thinking, you know, about this question about uh, kids' uh, doctor kids war versus adults' doctor war, you know, kind of the old guard versus the new guard. And, and I went back and I listened to your uh, uh, episode 42 and My Bloody Valentine and listened to you guys last night talk about uh, the old one versus the new one. And, you know, the fact that in the movies, you, you guys had made some comments about how the characters were, seemed all likable and felt real and felt the most natural. And is this, uh, you know, is this because this is really an, an older stock type of horror and, and, and older people just kind of bring something more uh, to the plate? And so I guess what I want to do is start a discussion about uh, these, these movies, horror movies that range from, you know, today, you know, it's mostly teen screen, screen things and you know, really a lot of it's crap as far as I'm concerned. But in the older movies, you know, the movies that George C. Scott, the movies that, you know, brought older actors and this movie, um, We Are Still Here. Uh, that's uh, influenced by the old Euro horror, you know, Baba, Fulci, Argento. And, you know, why is it that we love those movies so much? Is it because, you know, they're older actors and they bring uh, just a real natural vibe to what they're doing? And so I guess I, I want to hear the discussion, maybe a little one of, you know, the difference between uh, these movies. And maybe some of that is uh, lies in between uh, the old uh, Michael and Valentine versus the remake. And, um, so I guess that's where I kind of want to go, is here you guys thought. He gets cut off. I'm just going to let it play through the second one. Fucking two more of these? <laughs> um, uh, I can't believe I let myself get cut off again. Uh, anyways, just to wrap it up real quick, I guess. Uh, this conversation about, you know, the movies of the past, today's movies, you know, what is the perfect balance? Um, some good old actors, maybe, you know, with some kids. Or, I don't know, just... I guess that's what I want to hear a little bit is uh, that talk. I hope, you, I hope you get what I'm talking about. I'm not sure the exact terminology. Um, but a lot of it does have to do with We Are Still Here and just how good that movie is. And maybe that's why The Thing, Carpenter's The Thing, is so great. Uh, you know, because we're dealing with older people, dealing with real situations and not kids. Um, so I hope, I hope you get where I'm going. And uh, I really do want to hear this conversation because I think it is an interesting one. And I hope, yeah, I hope you didn't already have done it before and if I missed it. I hate it, but maybe you can still comment. Anyways, uh, other than that, um, just want to say that uh, tonight, October 29th, I will be seeing the original 78 Halloween on the big screen for the first time in my life, and I am beyond stoked. I cannot wait. So with that, uh, appreciate you guys, and I uh, hope all three of there for this show that I'm on, uh, this voice now gets put on, and uh, just take care, and uh, hope all is well. And uh, we'll just be uh, we'll be listening as usual. Go Bills! <laughs> yes, go Bills! Uh, so yeah, um, he basically asks us like, what's our opinions on old actors versus like young actors? And me personally, like, I think it's all relative to what kind of story you're trying to tell. I think I think you know if you take a film like 
you know, My Bloody Valentine. Put old uh, people from, in it. From 81, and you take, you know, the, the remake, which came out in, what, 09? Yeah. Um, I think what it has to do a lot, of, you know, for me, it's the casting that's in the film that is is kind of the problem sometimes. I think back, see, with that film right there, the original My Bloody Valentine, they used relatively mostly unknown people as your main core actors in the film. And it just seems believable to me because if you if you have a good script and you write these characters honest and, you know, and you don't recognize them, it just feels authentic. You know, um, I think when you take a film like the remake, there's some recognizable faces in there. And that's that's more Hollywood and stuff. And, you know, that that makes more sense because it's today and they're trying to, you know, appeal exactly appeal to a broader audience where, you know, in 1981, they were making this film for the sake of making a film. It wasn't trying to, you know, be on this bigger scale. It was a lower budget film. But, you know, the remake is done to be exploited to a mass audience and so you need recognizable faces in there for me it just seems like it gets downplayed a little bit i don't like to see recognizable faces like you know buster rhymes or fucking brand (laughs) which is tyrese in a fucking film or something it just it throws me off a little bit and it it comes down to casting i think the reason why i like older films i think a lot more is because it, it has a lot to do with casting and it is older people i think the characters are just written a lot different i think in today's world, it's just a different society than it was back in the early seventies to now it's a lot. Pop culture is fucking everyone's life, right? So if you throw these recognizable faces in there, it's just instant. You're going to be, you know, gravitate to that a little bit, you know, for the younger audiences. But for me myself, not so much. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really care for it a whole lot. I, I'd rather see, you know, in these lower budget films, you know, or in slasher films and stuff, I'd rather see unrecognizable faces. I think it's just more believable. You know, than to see someone in this type of role. I don't know. That's just well, the way it, it doesn't been. take you out of it because you're not familiar. You're not instantly thinking like, oh, I seen this person in, uh, you know, uh, I know what you did last summer. I seen this person in th- this, you know, slasher movie from last week. You know, it takes you out of it. You start thinking about other things besides the movie. If if, it's, mm-hmm. if there's somebody that you've never seen in your life before, yeah. and you're watching them, there's no reason to think that you've seen them somewhere else. But it also the way, depends it's on the, the way project films have grown. too. It's the way films have grown, though, too. I mean, you know, back in the day, a lot of these, you know, slasher films and lower budget horror films, you know, a lot of these big mainstream A-list actors and stuff started in these type of films. Oh, yeah, Johnny Depp. You know, but nowadays it seems like a lot of these people that, are, you know, they do the TV shows and they, they get recognized and stuff. And then they, yeah. they start doing these horror films, which are just a lot more mainstream. It's just a lot. I don't just, think we'll ever see a star come out of a horror film and become a huge star like Johnny Depp did or. I don't. It's, it's, I think it's, we it, will. I think we will. It's, it happens a know. lot. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But you know, that's kind of where the point was going. So, um, yeah. But you also. I mean, it depends on the project too. Because something like Scream, you want those big names. Like, and and you and I think it works well in in something like Scream. But it, it all I depends did. on the type of story that you're trying to tell. If you want to tell this like slasher film where you don't want anything recognized, I definitely agree. But you know, and you, you're saying like how it's different from it how it used to be but if you even go further back though it was the same people it was if you go back to you know something that i've been doing lately which is the universal monsters mon cheney uh boris karloff bay lugosi like so it was even before what you're talking about it was using the same actors over and over again well, but highly the best actor ever, but, though. and this that was what was going to bring me to my second point though too it was like you know, you look back in the 30s and 40s and stuff like that, you know, obviously there was more and more actors and actresses getting into the business and stuff. Now it's just like everyone fucking does it. 
right? So back in those days, it kind of made sense. You know, you had your stars and that Hollywood was a lot different in those days. Oh, they yeah. they really just wanted to exploit like their stars. And it was a totally different culture. They all back signed in contracts days. and you can't make movies for other studios. That's the thing. It was it was different. That's why you've seen the same people in these studio movies all the time, because that's the way it was. Signed contracts. It was never going to. Yeah, exactly. There was contracts. There was it was a different world back then. Now. Not so much. It's just there's so many. Everyone's a fucking actor and actress. That's why we, we watch these movies and we comment. This is one of our, you know, our things when we're talking about films is, is the acting, you know, because let's face it, man. There's a lot of bad actors and actresses out there and stuff. It's more just bad than good. There's the, there's just more people out there. And which is kind of, you know, compared to back in the day, you had like these core actors and they were recognizable. They were good. You had some good actors and stuff. Not so much anymore. So. Yeah, uh, I you know I, I I like seeing a familiar face every once in a while, and I I like seeing fresh faces all the time as well. So it, mm-hmm. it, it I I don't really have a a super preference. I guess I would lean a little more towards like the unknown as long as they act good. I think of stuff like pieces of talent. But then what happens is I see those people and I'm like, oh, now I want to see them in other things. So it is kind of back and forth with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the other part of the question was just the style of acting between people in their later age and people in their younger age. True that. True that. I had more experience. I don't know what it is, but you know, the question, one of the parts of the question was, you know, older actors compared to like younger actors and stuff like, you know, using the example of the thing where everyone in the film is older and a man, you know, and why does that work more? Like, if you had that it exact same film. has nothing to do with film, the conversation, JP. If you had that exact same film, The Thing, and it was all teenagers, do you think would it, it would be as, as effective? Say that no, whole cast is teenagers. It didn't but, work when they remade it. Whatever the fuck that movie was. But do you think a film like, uh, you know, The Devil's Backbone would work if it was in a prison and it was, it was ad- adult inmates? No, no, exactly. So, so yeah. it's relative to the project. Like it, the, it works so good when they're kids. Everybody always says when they're adults, it doesn't work as well, good. Well, yeah, these, these are very specific to kids. Like, I mean, obviously, it you know that makes a lot more sense that it's you know kids, right? I mean, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> right? but I think it's a good comparison because they also have it as their adults. It's it's like two halves of the film. It's almost like you get to see it play out in both sections. So yeah. Uh, and everybody always says it's so much scarier when they're kids. It's so much scarier when they're kids because it's relative to the the childhood fear, and that's why that works. So I, I really do. Yeah. I like it in both ways. Like I I can't really decide if I like you know the strong uh, George C. Scott type things or you know just like kids. Like I, I find that shit to be scary to if you can think, put yourself in it as a <clears throat> kid too. I like them both. I mean, honestly, they they are effective. He brought up you know the the George C. Scott and the Changeling and stuff. And that is really effective because it is scary for older people to be having to fight off a supernatural spirit versus a kid because that's scary for a kid too. And, you know, both are kind of there. I think the middle ground, which is the teenager, which is just like, it's just, for me, it's kind of like blah, mm-hmm. right? I think it is more effective if you use a younger kid or like the like Poltergeist or something like that and then use an older <clears throat> uh, actor like George C. Scott and the Changeling. Uh, I think that's effective. I think the middle ground, I think they're, you know, I think there's something to debate there. You know, I think it doesn't work as good. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, yeah, yeah, that is that's an interesting question. I have to think about that more. All right, so we got one more voicemail here. Let's get to it. Hey guys, 
Rob from Georgia calling in. I know I already did this today, but I uh, just pulled in my driveway from seeing Halloween on the big screen. And I uh, just felt the need to call in and just uh, real quick, like, uh, share my experience. That was the freaking most awesome experience I may have ever had in a movie theater. I, I could never even imagine how great that movie really is until you've seen it on the big screen. I mean, between the music and everything being amplified bigger than life, uh, the, the, just the scenes. I mean, I even think some of the scenes seem to be a little bit extended. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, five, ten seconds it seemed like it seemed longer. <laughs> they played the TV cut um, for him. <laughs> I don't know. It was unbelievable. I am so, so thankful I spent money to go see this thing. And if you guys ever get a chance to see this movie on the big screen, you Three years ago, bud. Jeremy were talking before the show and we was talking about our experiences of doing that and I seen it in the drive-in maybe a year or two ago and then a year before that I seen it in the theater and it's different in 35 millimeter though than it is on digital it is it has a different because there's not that many prints left BJP from what we've talked about we probably saw the same print and uh, it's just it's a different kind of experience than seeing it crystal clear digital see everything going on you know me, I'm I'm an old schooler. I love seeing movies on film. I think there's something not novelty to it, but it's just nothing beats seeing a movie on film. It just doesn't make everything perfect like HD does. Yeah, it's it's two very different experiences. When yeah. I seen it in digital, I it was funny when Rob said that it felt like it was longer. Like I got that same feeling. Like I felt like scenes were just like because Carpenter likes a lot of just still shots, right? Mm-hmm. Like long takes. And it to me, it's just like this – like you're just so involved in every second of it where you're consciously thinking every second that it's just like awesome. So I totally understood what he meant by that. Mm-hmm. And you know, the seeing it in 35mm was awesome too. But I totally did have like this newfound love for Halloween when I walked out of that theater the first time after seeing it on the big screen because I was just like – in awe of just how brilliant that movie is and it's something you definitely have to do if you never have done it oh yeah it's it's fucking just so good yeah i doubt i'll ever get the chance around here you will you will <laughs> it, no I, actually it, yeah. i've had the chance twice now and i never they actually had the played anything well it, it wasn't the 35 millimeter print but it was they played the uh you know digital version last year uh, on it was like a Thursday night though, so I ended up going on the Friday. That's when I seen the Night of the Living Dead and uh, Dawn of the Dead, yeah. which was really cool. But I didn't get to see the first night because I was working. But uh, yeah, of course, the first night was Halloween. So yeah, you know what? That documentary that he <laughs> saw before it that was for the I believe the 35th anniversary of Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and Justin Beam actually I think directed it, it and put it together. And 
I, I've always wanted to check it out, but I haven't mm-hmm. been able to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, those are the voicemails. Long one this time, guys. Jeez, we might have to in the future if we keep getting that many, we might just have to have a voicemail show. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, right? Uh, yeah, but JP's just joking. We got about what four more? Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> Not <laughs> that we right like, now. Even, even though Jeremy is being a dick, he's just joking around. We love your voicemails. If they're listening to this and they don't realize that I'm fucking around, then they could go fuck themselves. <laughs> See? There you go. There there you seriously, go. it's like if you don't know my sense of humor by now, don't get your fucking panties in a bunch like I do. Well, so. me and Jeremy hate on each other all show, but really we're. We Best love friends. each other. <laughs> yeah, I'm the the common nice Canadian bond over here. I'm just fucking the mediator, I guess. No, I like to rip on both you guys. I too. love all you guys. Everybody knows that. Fuck that. I hate both. We're you getting guys. a little too lovey dovey up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So moving along into a little segment we like to call knowledge. JP, well, nerds, I just want to know. Since it's Halloween, I feel that it's fitting that we just get to discuss what we like to do during the month of October and Halloween itself. Uh, first of all, I would like to know Jeremy's yearly tradition. I want to hear a recap on that. So, Jeremy, I know that you go to your 24-hour horror marathon every year. How yeah. was it this time, and what did you see? All right, so this year, pretty good it's probably the worst year to be completely honest no um, no 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 no. not that the lineup of films were were bad films just every year they usually have a bunch of just really weird and obscure film it starts out in the chrono it goes in a chronological order from oldest films to newest films <coughs> and they have some really interesting karloff low budget movies and other things like that that's where i saw the hour of the wolf and of the wolf yeah i was trying to make sure i had the name right so i didn't sound like an idiot <laughs> that's awesome he's and, improving he's improving and the, in and the man too and there's a whole bunch of other weird movies and this year really didn't oh, have that they didn't go in chronological order this year either did no they? this year we started out 12 o'clock serpent in the rainbow which 35. i thought was a good opening film 35 millimeter just an absolutely gorgeous 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 print um it looked better than blu-ray in my opinion it looks absolutely fucking stunning first time i've seen this movie on shockingly um very strange strange movie i I think i should have said when we were talking about movies that i don't completely get yet i should have mentioned serpent and the rainbow but um definitely a weird weird movie and totally unlike west craven to make a movie like that so started out serpent with the rainbow you like it yeah, it was interesting. I thought you would because I thought that if there's one Wes Craven film that you might enjoy that you probably wasn't expecting, this would be it. Because like you said, it is a very weird one. And yeah. that whole voodoo Haitian roots – because they, fil- they filmed that shit in Haiti I oh, believe, yeah. during like some crazy Ugh. civil war or something. And ah oh, man, I, I think that that's one of my favorite Craven films for sure. Wow. Yeah, th- there's a lot of interesting uh, notable stuff. That went on, uh, you know, during the filming of that one right there. Yeah, like crazy people, like people coming down with fucking diseases and shit. And then someone fucking die too, and it's pretty wild shit, actually. Looking yeah. forward to those special features on the Blu-ray that eventually. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting story, actually. <clears throat> yeah. Then we started out uh, after that, two thirty. We had shockwaves, thirty-five millimeter Nazi zombies, and 
Peter Cushing just pure cheesiness. This print looked like absolute crap. Uh, it looks terrible. I know I said which film was that? Shockwaves. Shockwaves. Oh, oh yeah, because yeah, there's like no good prints left of Shockwaves. Yeah, I know I said moods. And I was really surprised actually because you know when Blue Underground announced the uh, Blu-ray. I actually knew this prior because I have the DVD and it's got a lot of red tin stuff. And yeah. I was like, what? The f- they're going to try and put a Blu-ray <laughs> out of Shockwaves? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Apparently, it looks like shit, too. So. It looked, yeah, so this print looked like crap. It's a bad movie. It's actually a really terrible movie, but um, it's enjoyable and it has it's some Nazi zombies that come out of the water. And they look absolutely <laughs> insane. There's no blood or none, nothing. You know what's but funny about that movie? That movie actually got a PG rating. I could see that. There's nothing bad in it. He's like, nothing happens. It got a G rating. Oh, a G rating. Yeah, it was like a G rating back in the 70s. It was like fucked up. I think they screwed up on the rating system on it or something. Well, I guess there is some. So there is a a story with the rating for that movie. I can't quite remember what it is, but it was like, I think it was like fucking. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) After that, 415, we had. 35 millimeter cut of uh, it's the hatchet murders cut of deep red. Um, this movie, the, the print actually didn't look as good as I thought it was. I think because it was an Argento movie that it would have probably been preserved a little better, but um, print was a little bit rough. Unfortunately, it was that hatchet murder cut. So yeah, it was a shitty cut. It was pretty shitty. Um, what was up? With, did you ask anybody about that? Like why no. they decided to play that? It is of it? probably the most like easy, yeah, easily accessible yeah. print. Because mm-hmm. I've heard people talk about that before, honestly. Yeah, and, and, it, and the, it totally and, takes away like a whole bunch of the experience if you're watching it for the first time. In my opinion. Oh yeah. Like they cut time. at like the most awkward times, and I'm thinking, why did Argento cut this like this? But because no. I heard he cut all three versions of the film. That, he probably – what was that for, the U.S.? Yeah. I swear to God that the distributor in the U.S., that's the U.S. cut of it though. Mm-hmm. That Hatchet yeah, Murders cut is – yeah, because when it got distributed over that? here, yeah, they just fucking cut the shit out of that movie. No, but he cut it, right? I think Argento cut all yeah, three. Yeah, Argento sent, cut, cut it for the U.S., for yeah. the U- U.S.'s uh, – yeah, see, I always remember the story being different, but yeah, that, that's probably true because I'm always wrong. But I could have sworn that he had a cut, or he they had a certain cut of it, and then the distributors cut the shit out of it more or something like that. But uh-huh. I could be wrong. So, all right, so that was shitty. Uh, after that, classic Child's Play two, classic Chicago film. Uh, they How was that, man? That I think that would be one of the highlights. Yeah, they showed Child's Play, the first Child's Play, two years ago now. Yeah, two years ago, so it was good to see my good old friend Chucky back onto the full screen in 35mm. Really, really nice print. Um, very little grain. You wouldn't know you are watching it on 35mm. Really, really nice print uh, from from Universal. Uh, it's a fucking fun movie. I love that movie so much. I can just see it, the factory scene, like, yeah. all big and wide shots. Like, ah, oh, man, it's like, this movie really, so like, awesome. This movie really, um uh puts chucky into the way that we know him today he's a fucking bastard in this movie and uh i fucking love it um when he <clears> fucking <throat> goes up to the ju- when he goes up to the other good guy down in the house and he's like hey, my name's i forgot what his name is tommy tommy <laughs> he fucking just oh the relationship between tommy and fucking chucky <laughs> is so fucking funny it makes me fucking laugh every time so it's a child's play too it's awesome uh after that uh 815 
had a 35 millimeter print of Maniac with William Lustick uh, in person. He's he's at he's at these events a lot. Um, second time I've seen Maniac in 35 millimeter of movies. It's fun every Speaking time. of Blue Underground. Yeah. But this is 35 millimeter, so it wasn't really Blue Underground. No, I'm just saying yeah. Lustig owns Blue owns Underground. Blue Underground. So. Yeah. Uh, so the thing with Lustig is this is my third time hearing him talk about his films. Two years ago, they showed me uh, the new transfer, Maniac Cop 2, which is fucking beautiful. So this is my third time hearing him talk about his film. Second time hearing him talk about Maniac. Heard him talk about Maniac Cop 2. So um, each time he always tells different stories about the making of the film. And this time around, he told a story about um, how he shot the subway scene. And uh, one of the actors in the film uh, used to go and pay off the cops and take them out for dinner so they could shoot the subway scene. They shot that whole scene pretty much guerrilla style, um, like the entire film. And mm-hmm. um, the, the scene with the shotgun blast, uh, that was a real shotgun and real live ammo. And uh, what Lustig did after they did that shot is he uh, they did the shot and he threw the shotgun at a PA and they all got into a car and the PA was supposed to get rid of the gun. And uh, that's how that shot happened. So. <laughs> that was uh, that was really Tom Savini in there too. Yeah. So that's fucking crazy. So every time I listen to William Lustig talk, he always brings up a whole bunch of really really fun stories about Joe Spinell and and his and his making of these movies. So um, I'm very curious to see what they do with the Maniac Cop remake. Yeah, he talked a little bit about that. So mm. we'll see. Uh, after that, 10.45, we had a really, really unique showing of The Unknown, which is a really, really awesome Lon Chaney, Todd Browning film from 1927. Uh, this time around, um, usually they have an organ player playing with these silent films. This time around, they had this guy on this guitar um, playing, and he created his own original score to the film with um, this between his guitar and he had a a little drum set set up and um, his computer, so he was able to um, loop sound effects and things like that. It was a really, really interesting experience. Um, something that I really haven't seen before with a silent movie, so it was really nice, especially with this movie. Um, Lon Chaney could, probably gives one of his best performances in this film um, as he plays like this um, this carny guy who uh, who I refuted on the show. Uh, this carny guy, he pretends that he has no arms in the circus, but he really does have arms. He falls in love with this girl. Uh, the girl falls in love with this other circus guy, Launch, and he gets jealous, and he he kills him, basically. Um, so really, really interesting um, experience with that. Um, awesome. Another really, really good 35-millimeter uh, print. Uh, after that, we had the only modern film of the marathon. We had The Devil's Candy at 12.15 with um, the main actor, um, Ethan Embry, in person. He's from Cheap Thrills and The Guest. <coughs> uh, this is the newest film from the director of The Loved Ones. Fucking amazing, amazing film. Um, really, 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 really good. Um, it's not as solid and well-rounded as The Loved Ones, but it's a really, really dark and just a really dirty film um, about uh, this house that... Um, it's not really much of a possession film to be completely honest but um, it's it's a really really interesting film and if you guys love metal music I highly recommend this one because the soundtrack is really really fucking good um, check it out when it comes out on VOD or if it gets a limited theatrical release or whenever it comes out check it out I think it's one people are going to be talking about um, if it gets released this year it'll probably be on list um, I, I highly recommend it it's really really good 
Yeah, so, it's good to hear that uh, his sophomore efforts are, are well worth it because uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, I, I love the loved ones. Like I said, this is a little not as well rounded, and there's a few plot holes here and there. After I, you know, thought it's thinking about it more and more, but it's a really, really solid, solid, solid film. So I recommend <clears throat> everyone checking out that when it comes out. Mm. After that, two thirty in the morning is why it's about the time I start to fade. Sitting there for fucking fourteen and a half hours at this point. Uh, Thirty-five millimeter unrated print of Frankenhooker. It's fucking Frankenhooker. It's it's awesome, fun, cheesiness. <laughs> I'm not going to say much more about that. After that, 415, this point I'm pretty much dead. Uh, Ganja and Heiss. This Hess. Is really, really Ganja and Hess. Hess? Yeah, Hess. Okay. Really, really interesting. Oh, this was 35mm. Really, really interesting vampire film. Um, I've been dying to see this movie, man. It's really interesting. You pick up, yeah. I think Kino released it yeah. um, on Blu-ray. Check it out. I'd be curious to see you guys what you guys think about it. Uh, 645... We had Extro, um, the only known 35mm print in existence. Uh, they had a problem getting this print, and it didn't show up until about 3 o'clock in the morning. So um, they didn't even know if they were going to be able to show it until like four hours before the movie was actually supposed to go on. But somehow they pulled it out of their ass, and the print showed up, and the movie went on. If you guys haven't seen Extro, it's an outer print. It's hard to find um, now these days. God, it's but a fun film. It's a really fun alien crazy batshit crazy film mm-hmm. uh perfect type of movie to play at seven o'clock in the morning after you've been sitting there for, since 12 noon the day before 8 30 o'clock 8 30 we had 35 millimeter print of spider baby uh we all know everybody on here hates spider baby because nobody listened to the show but um it's a fucking awesome movie and this- what a bunch of fools man yeah Such that's a good movie. to this day that's our least viewed episode ever and it's like one of the highest rated ones we've had too. Yeah, yeah. And like, so, uh, what a what a piss off. So, Spider Baby, we already talked about it. Thirty-five millimeter print, really, really solid. Um, once again, not taken the best care of, but really, really solid um, print. And then to finish up the marathon, ten fifteen, we had a thirty-five millimeter print of the nineteen eighty-one. I think it's from eighty-one. Let me make sure I'm not 1986. Oh, I was fucking five years off. 1986, <laughs> Trick or Treat, starring Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons for about eight seconds. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fucking batshit crazy film, and it's a perfect movie to end the marathon with. It's insane. It's it's a bad movie, but it's fun and still. So, so where did you get time to sleep at? During you don't. That? You don't. You didn't sleep at all. No. I never sleep. What's that? What's fun in that? It's not, but I just feel like sitting in one spot that long. I mean, shit, I fell asleep like three times on this show. Well, how much time do you have in between films? Uh, like usually? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. <laughs> Take just 15 minute time to... micro naps in between films. <laughs> oh, man. I hate fucking seeing people sleeping. I go, you fucking pussies. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's bad. I No, there's no way. If I was yeah, out like I, that. I think I would be no. able to stay up, but I'm just saying, you know. I mean, by the, like I said, by 2.30, your eyes really start to burn because you've been looking at the movie screen for fucking 15 hours at this point. Yeah. And you've been watching, like, starting out with The Serpent and the Rainbow, that's a movie that already fucking hurts your head as it is. And yeah. Just all these, and you know, The Devil's Candies, fucking, it's all, it's all these interesting movies. But like I said, it wasn't as good as past years. Um, you know, last year was a really, really an interesting year. 
uh, for the marathon because we had, you know, the men they could not hang, which, like I said, and the Curse of the Werewolf, and they had the Bower, which has never gotten a release, and Nosferatu, and all these other really interesting films. Um, a lot of more interesting older films, and this year just it seemed to focus more on well-known classics. There's yeah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. But, but that you know that's fun though too, right? Switch Mix it up, it up every once in a while. You know? Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, when I first looked at the lineup, I was like, Phew, I was really jealous. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going like, there, Frankenhooker at like four in the morning or whatever the hell it was, it's like that's pretty awesome. <laughs> if you're going there to discover, you know, hidden gems, last year was probably the year for you. But yeah. if you if you don't if you're somebody like me or Moods who doesn't get a chance to do something like this, this would have probably been the year for us, where it's like all these films that we love that we would love to see in that setting. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I said, it's my fifth year going. Yeah, my fifth year going. Um, it's always the highlight of my year. Always something that I look forward to the most. Yeah. Seeing movies with an audience. There's nothing like it. Seeing a movie like Maniac in a theater full of 500 people and watching Tom Savini get his head blown off and everybody cheering and clapping and screaming and it's just and Chucky Child's Play Two with Chucky being a bastard. You know, there's nothing like seeing a movie with 500 people who love horror films just as much as you do and they get the jokes. It's just nothing beats the experience. And well, um, I know one going. thing that would beat it. What? If me and Moods were there with you. Hey. More than welcome to come. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see Maniac, man. You know, it's my third favorite film of all time. So, ah, oh, it'd just be so special. <laughs> Let's see, it's awesome. It is a fun. So. It's a fun, fun, fun time. So, um, if anybody here is around Chicago, usually the third or fourth week at the Music Box. If you guys don't know what the Music Box is, and you live around here, then you probably don't like movies. Um, you know, it's a really, really, really amazing amazing experience and a really really awesome opportunity to see a bunch of these films in 35 millimeter the way that they should be seen so next year guys see me come say hi i promise i'm not an asshole um the thing is 2011 what i was fucking 16 go with my mom i still go with my mom now i know that's fucking homo she went with you this time yeah, man, I've been this is our fifth year going, and I know I was fucking going with her when I was sixteen. So it's like, oh, every year she fucking asks me, oh, are we going again? So I can't say no. So I always shove her ass around, and so well, she yeah. manages to oh, make it all cool, the way man. through. Eh? Yeah, my mom's a baller. <laughs> that's pretty crazy, actually. Pretty good stuff. So yeah, that is what I do on Halloween. It is right. fucking awesome. Awesome. That that's a great story, bro. Now, well, neither it's... one of us can top that. So <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I mean, just really I quickly. Don't really... What I like Honestly, to do, I yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll watch a few films on Halloween. That's that's kind of been my tradition. Uh, last year, I can't remember what happened, but I had a like terrible time. Uh, but this year, I think I'm just gonna go maybe three films. I'll probably do one of the Halloweens just cause I'm thinking maybe Halloween six, and I'm gonna do Pet Cemetery two and Graveyard Shift. Simply just because Graveyard Shift, I haven't got a chance to watch it this year yet, and it's one that I always watch during October. And maybe if I can squeeze in Trick or Treat. Nah, it's so funny, man. I was just thinking about that the other day too. Graveyard Shift. I, how much I wanted to watch that movie. I'd love to see a Blu-ray release of that too. It's just such a film that fits October, yet it has yeah. nothing to do with it. <laughs> it really doesn't actually. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, this Halloween, I mean, in years past, I mean, you know, I've been, it's just been me and the wife this year's different, but, uh, you know, usually we go out and party. Uh, we like to party a lot. So it's usually what we do. We usually dress up and go find a party somewhere. Um, not just go out and find a party. We always end up buying tickets to some type of party or whatever, or unless there's a house party, whatever. But, um, this year, I think we're, you know, obviously going to take out the boy trick or treating and stay in and just have a marathon. I think we're just going to watch movies all night. Um, I don't really have a playlist for it. I was actually just me and Aaron were talking about it last night, and I said to her, she's like, "Do you know what we're going to watch?" And I said, "I haven't made a playlist for it yet." Um, I generally like to watch um, uh, Halloween three on Halloween every year. It seems to be my go-to film all the time. I don't know what it is, um, and within, of course, Trick or Treat too. That honestly, um, I did Trick or Treat every year since it came out until last year, I believe, and I was really yeah. disappointed. Yeah, I think you know, I I actually watched it pretty much every year since it came out. Dude, to be honest, I probably won't watch it this year. Um, but Halloween three, I always like to do because it's just such a messy, fun film. Um, I don't know what else. Maybe I'll throw on Graveyard Shift. Who knows? You know? Yeah. All night. So, but yeah, that's pretty much the plan is just to, you know, sit around after he goes to bed, probably eat candy and drink beer and watch, uh, you know. Have you introduced him to Scooby Doo yet? Of course. Of course. He loves it. He you got to grab act- Scooby Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf and Scooby Doo and the Boo Brothers. Those are, those are classic <laughs> Halloween ones that I watch all the time. Okay. I, yeah, I actually got him watching uh, uh, Goosebumps, um, you know, just a few days ago, and I just one of, one of the episodes actually scared him pretty good. <laughs> he was yeah, in there. Those are freaky. It, uh, uh, are you afraid of the dark? Actually, has some legitimately scary. Yeah, so it's we were, watch, we were watching those because get them all Canadian warmed up for what's coming. On Canadian Slaughter Farmer Dolls in five Netflix. years. Exactly. No, we have those on Netflix. So. Um, so we're watching those with him and uh i was of course screwing up with him and i was telling him the monster on the tv was going to be in his closet and underneath his bed and blah 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 and yeah it actually got into his head because you know aaron was reading a book and she goes to put the book away and he gets out of bed and she's like what are you doing he's like i gotta close the closet because uh monster might come out oh yeah (laughs) aaron was actually a little mad at me she's like mike quit fucking around (laughs) so it's all you got you got it you gotta have that man if you're not afraid was, of anything, then you're a weirdo. Yeah. But, you know, even watching those old episodes like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark, it's, it's fun. You know, they're actually... Yeah. No, they're, they're good, shows. man. I Like, some some of the... Honestly, Are You Afraid of the Dark is ten times better than Goosebumps, but there are some decent Goosebumps yeah. episodes. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so, so, yeah. I mean, that's kind of... I think we, I think it sounds like we're all kind of just being a little chill this year, not doing anything crazy. Giving uh, a lecture. Well, that's pretty crazy. I guess you beat us again. Damn Asian it. Horror <laughs> yeah, you did tell us about that. I don't know anything about Asian horror films. Dude, all you got to do is wing it. That's I what I do with everything in life, and look how successful I am. Yeah, like a boss. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I think that should conclude knowledge for this uh, week. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. All right, so moving into the uh, the morbid fact of the week, courtesy of Rue Morgue, the coroner's report of weird stats and morbid facts. This one's going or coming from the uh, January-February issue from 2013, uh, issue 130. Cover, John Dies at the End. You guys have seen this movie, right? Yeah. It's weird. I have it's really, not. really, 
Nah, it's really strange. It's a strange film. I don't know if if I read this one before. I just kind of grab one at random, like I always do. Um, I remember, like I knew this fact before, but for the people that don't, um, I'll just say it. Bef- I'll just say it again. <laughs> um, the first studio to show interest in a Nightmare on Elm Street was the Walt Disney Company. But the powers that that be wanted Wes Craven to tone down the content to make it suitable for children and preteens, which Craven, of course, declined. Why would they ever show interest in a film like that, in a script like that? You know what? I wasn't didn't Craven do something for uh, Walt Disney, some kind of TV thing or something? I believe so. So that's where the connection is then. Yeah, I believe he did some kind of Mickey Mouse thing. He did something, man. I can't really yeah. remember. Because it, 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 it would only make sense, right? So they know Wes Craven a little bit, and uh, they see the script or whatever for Nightmare on Elm Street, but they show some interest. Like, really toned down a Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> I don't know. That that just seems ridiculous to yeah, me. Yeah, he did it's Walt stupid. Disney's Wonderful World of Color. Now, that didn't come out until 1986, but he might have been working on it before Elm Street. I'm not sure. Probably, probably, yeah. So that is going to conclude Mood Swings. Oh, yeah, Mood Swings, probably the longest one Boy, that we've ever done. Boy, now it's time to talk about fucking... Yeah, that was, that was definitely the longest. Super Soakers filled with holy water. And questions we've had. But yeah, that's going to do it for Mood Swings. And of course, now, getting into the featured reviews uh, of episode 60 here on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror and for this episode, of course, we are talking and we're going to be talking about the Night of the Demons franchise. Now, we've discussed this in the, in the top of the show, and I'm still always baffled when I think about how this is one of very few Halloween-related franchises out there. It's just fucking strange to me. It is. It is very, very strange. But, of course, to start it off... Night of the Demons, the original film from 1988, directed by Kevin Tenney. Yeah, which me and Jeremy had the pleasure of meeting last year year. at Cinema Wasteland. Yeah, last year at Cinema Wasteland. And uh, I actually got my Night of the Demons copy signed by Kevin Tenney. And, you know, classy enough, he wrote, Eat a Bowl of Fuck (laughs) on my cover. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking awesome. Those of so. you who don't know Kevin Tenney, he did Witchboard, Witch Trap, Pinocchio's Revenge, Pinocchio's Revenge, Witchboard 2, uh, Brain Dead, a couple other films. He actually wrote, didn't he Night write of one of 3. the, yeah, Night of Demons 3 <laughs> and Witchboard kind of 3. Shitty. You know what's fucked, man, is that absolutely nobody talks about Brain Dead. That movie is fun as shit. I reviewed it on our very old, old review channel on uh, YouTube at one time. Yeah, I remember that. Should not be named. Man, that movie is fun as hell. I can't, I can't believe Kevin Tenney did that film, but yeah, got up. But I did ask Kevin when I when I met him. I said because he had all of his films laid. He even had copies of Brain Dead on his table. Of course, he had Night of the Demons and and uh, you know Witchboard and stuff. And I said to him, I was like. Where's all the copies of Pinocchio's Revenge? And he literally looks at me with a smile on his face. He goes, he goes, nobody's gonna buy that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was, I own a copy of it. He goes, well, congratulations, you're the only one. <laughs> no, Kevin Tenney, I like his uh, his voice. Like, I just like the way he talks. Uh, I was I was checking out some of the special features on the Scream Factory release of Night of the Demons, man. Uh, I, he's yeah, an yeah. interesting guy, dude. I, I, yeah. I, I'm really interested to check out a little bit more of his filmography. And 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do recommend Brain Dead, of course, man. It's fun. Of course, Witchboard's awesome, too. Another one by Scream Factory, but... Yeah, Night of the Demons, nineteen eighty-eight. Anybody want to give the uh, the uh, synopsis of the film? Modes, you do it this time. Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna read this. I'm gonna read the IMDb storyline because I'm lazy like that. I'll on the night of Halloween, <laughs> on the night of Halloween, ten teens, ten teens, decide to go to a party at an abandoned funeral parlor, Hull House, rumored to be built on an evil patch of land and underground stream in the place while starting the party the teens gather around a big mirror to perform a seance big mistake they awaken some evil force and find themselves trapped and taken over by one by one now it's a battle for who can survive and cross over the stream before going to hell and that's per- that's actually yeah. not a bad yeah. description for the movie that's precisely exactly what it is yeah david drummer underscore chick at hotmail.com good job <laughs> not bad not bad no it's david's I, drummer chick that's what i, I, I want to watch writing my big letters too. Big mistake <laughs> fucking asshole uh, okay man. first off one one thing i love about, this about movie. elena quigley's ass yeah, it's pretty awesome too. Oh, yeah. But one of my favorite things Tits about this movie. are not nice, but her ass is nice. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did you just say? She, she has fucking like... saggy tits, man. What? Those Linnea were Linnea Quigley? Yeah. Man, those were like rock Dude, hard fucking. Linnea Quigley got some nice ass boobs, especially in Return of the Living Dead. That's, yeah, I'm talking about now. Well, the, uh, what do you mean now? Like it, when she's like 50 something? Oh, never mind. Because <laughs> I would read, assume. Read off the hop of this film, man. It grabs me so much because honestly, Night of the Demons, the theme music or the you know score for this film is one of my favorite American scores of all time. Like I actually play this theme all the fucking time. I'm not even joking. I really do. Like I have it on an iPod. I play it all the time. I love it. But I love the opening of this film, the The animation. animation, Yeah, Yeah, that gets you totally into the Halloween vibe, right? It does, man. And like Kevin Tenney said, I think he said that it wasn't even intended to be like that. It, they just kind of came across or I can't remember the whole story with it, but it was never intended to be an animated opening. It you know, wasn't. No. Right. And so they kind of fell into this. But I'm glad they went with it because it really mm. works with that score. It's just fucking well, awesome. I love the opening to this movie. What he said was somebody mentioned it and he was like, well, why would I spend all that money to animate something when I could just put mm-hmm. it into the film? for like you know props or like a set or an extra day of shooting or something and he ended up end up he ended up deciding to do it uh and he's like i'm glad i did you know even though i was against mm-hmm. it at first but oddly enough the film was originally titled i believe like halloween party and uh malik yeah. akkad or mustafa akkad uh obviously producer of halloween uh did not like that at all so they made mm-hmm. him change the name and that animation actually had the original like Halloween night on the animation. So they had to like, luckily night of the demons was a big enough title to like kind of splice it over top because (laughs) instead of going over and redoing the whole animation. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fucking awesome, man. Just sets a tone for this film so well. Yes. So glad they went with it. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, so what what are your guys' thoughts on the film? Jeremy, it was your first time watching this one. Yeah. I, that really, really took me back. I was very surprised by that. Why? I don't know. It just seems like one of those films that... He would have came across by now. Yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's just Night of the Demons. It's just such a talked-about film. Yeah. 
It's know? fucking funny as shit. Like the first five minutes had me fucking in stitches with that old guy about a million times. Oh, uh, I love oh, that grumpy guy. old man. That's why I said. That's why I posted on the Facebook Perfect page. Happy guy. Halloween, assholes! And it's just oh. funny. But I, I love how they incorporated like the grumpy old man in the beginning and of course in the end yeah. too. It's just yeah. it's fucking it feels like so Tales from the Crypt. It's yeah, funny. it was a great bookend for the for the film. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome how they did it. So yeah, yeah it but so... overall, it's a fun fucking movie. I mean, I don't know how much we're going to talk about it for an hour like we typically do, but. <laughs> uh, you know, one memorable thing, for, you know, thing I love about this film is the characters in this film. There's so many yeah. memorable characters. Love Scrooge. Uh, he's fucking awesome. Yeah, Stooge is awesome, man. Stooge. He, yeah. Stooge eh, is awesome. Of course, got, he's super memorable, man. Cause, well, you I know, it's the three and I have the whole fucking bunch. He's the big, fat, obnoxious, yeah. asshole, funny guy. You know, he's obviously memorable. You know um, what? He is a complete asshole, right? But yeah. something is interesting because he's not – he's the obnoxious asshole, but he's the likable obnoxious asshole. Yeah. And that is yeah. a weird dynamic to play with. And I think that if you don't mm-hmm. do it right, it's either, he's either just going to be a dick and annoying and you're going to hate him. But for some reason, he still comes off kind of likable and it's a very fine balance. Hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um. Love me some Hull House, man. Yeah, it's a really weird and creepy feeling. Yeah, yeah, dude, that house that they found to film in, man. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Um. Didn't they like in the special features? Didn't they have to? Uh, they had to do a little bit of fix-ups or, and stuff like that on there. I can't remember. It's been a long time yeah, since I watched actually, them. I think they said that – I think I heard this in the commentary because I listened to both commentaries that that there was like a shit ton of like cats that was living in there. So it just smelled mm-hmm. like a pneumonia and just fucking yeah. disgusting. Yeah, so it's cool. It wasn't actually just a set. It was actually like a real house yeah. that they went and found. And it's fucking awesome, man. It's just creepy and it's a great You setting. can't reconstruct that. You have to find no, the real thing. No, it just – it fits so well. Um, the only thing about, you know, the setting that I wish they had done more in this film was just have more of a Halloween type look to it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, of course, everyone's dressed up and it has a Halloween type vibe to it, of course, with what's going on in the house and stuff. But I wish they just had incorporated more, you know, Halloween apparel, like, you know, uh, pumpkins and, and just things around the house, you know, just, you know, just to kind of spice it up a little bit, you know, give it a little more Halloween type feel to it. It's one thing I've always kind of noticed about this film that they just didn't go that extra step with that. You know, yeah. that's just me, though. That's just me. I just kind of noticed that. And, you know, I mean, you know, to be honest, in the remake, you know, uh, elite, like it's really when they're having the party on Halloween. So it really yeah. is. And even after the people leaving the remake, you know, it's, it still feels kind of like a Halloween. So this one right here, I just wish I had it done a little more. But, you know, you can't beat the setting, though. It is it is really awesome to look at. Well, I, awesome. I don't think we could go much further into it without mentioning the little brother, like, just busting out the closet. Yep. And being like, oh. <laughs> you heard me say that. <laughs> I fucking messaged you. He's my favorite sis. character of the whole movie. Man, this it took such me back to elves. <laughs> You know my favorite part about that scene is when the b- brother busts out of the closet and he's like, you know, talks about his sister's boobs. Her bra is totally see-through. I know, and she did. <laughs> like that I scene. Guess, that scene must have been awesome to do because he's what probably 12, 13 years old, and she's he says that in the special in features. He said, yeah, that. and like he was looking at her boobs, man. <laughs> well, awesome. I, I think he didn't want it to sound like illegal, so he's like, I didn't really see anything, but even as a kid, just seeing like skin, you know. 
<laughs> totally see through though. Yeah, but like, she that's... said that she said that uh, she was supposed to originally be like topless, but she didn't want to do it. So uh, Kevin Tenney, he's like, yeah, I'm making a horror film here, so you got to give me something, you know. So they they went and bought that trashy ass bra at the dollar yeah. store. <laughs> and all we got was well, we we did get her nice ass in it though. Yeah, yeah, she got yeah, a really sexy ass. You know. I, and we'll comment on this later, but man, these Night of the Demons films sure did not like shy away from like just tits and ass and just fucking sleaze. Not so much the first one than the second one, though. But even the what, second really? one, like really. I mean, but up. even this one, like you have her ass, you have the Asian chick who I loved. Yeah, you hear what I said? What's up with all these fake ass titties? Every fucking yeah, yeah. chick in this I'm movie not, has fake ass I'm titties. I'm not hating. I love that Asian girl. And yeah, her fucking yeah. titties are fucking <laughs> fake ass, and they look like shit. I don't mm-hmm. think they look like shit, dude. I, I don't. I think you're. I think you're gay. All right. Nah, this, this movie it just <laughs> it just starts out so good. I'm off with JPR and Shankle, then peace. <laughs> this, this film starts out so good, man. Of course, you got that. You know the whole, <laughs> the whole uh, the scene at the house, of course, with uh, when Buddy's picking up her. Um, I, I love the. <laughs> You wanted one of the yeah, what the are they turds, the, the chocolate the fudge turds. Oh the yeah, turds. Jesus! Fuck that. Everybody <laughs> always <laughs> laughs at that scene. Yeah, it's funny. It's so funny. It's so <laughs> awkward. You can like feel the awkwardness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, then like you never stuff. hear about them again. I, I just like how we're introduced to all the different characters and shit. Like I, I think everyone. I think honestly, I think every one of the ten, and you know, even the side character, like the uh, little brother and stuff. I think they're. I think they all have something cool about them that that mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. like. Yeah, man. Everyone kind of sticks out. And one cool thing I like about this film is that they they don't play on, you know. I mean, they they play into cliches, but they don't play fully into the cliches mm-hmm. too. Like, what the one interesting thing about this film that I've always thought was black guy lives. Oh <laughs> yeah. damn it! I just gave us. Oh no, but it's a franchise. Show. Oh but shit! Why do we always forget that, man? Moods, you're off your game. I know, man. Fucking yeah, spoilers, man. Spoilers. Right now, well, spoilers oh. going forward on the sequels and this film. <laughs> now I'll record a part for that. Um, but yeah, but that—that's what I like about this film, man. You know, okay, you're introduced to you know kind of the uh, the guy, you know, kind of the uh, the cool badass guy and stuff. He shows up at the house and he beats it out of the brother where they're going to party and stuff. You expect that guy really to do nothing in the film. You know, just kind of be that next character that just whatever. And then, of course, you have the token black guy. And I'm not trying to be racist. I'm being honest because a lot of films in the 80s always seem to have that token black well, guy. Well, something it's interesting token. that you mentioned that because uh, Kevin Tenney does say that originally it was more just, you know, white people. But he didn't know if he had enough money to do SAG. And uh, they said they would cut him a break if he put more minorities in the film. Huh. Fuck, really? Crazy. Yeah, so that's why the Asian chick's there, and that's why the black dude's there. Hmm. Well, Should have found an Asian with that but big it, But it still played into that whole 80s, or that whole cliche about, you know, the token black guy in the film. And, you know, oddly enough, he doesn't die first. Nope. <laughs> so I thought that was, re- that's a cool dynamic. He lives. In the film too. He actually is one of the, yeah, he's, Survivor. you know, he's right to the end kind of thing. So it I happens like that about now the film. and then, and I, honestly, I like no, that but character I'm, I'm just too. Saying, I know he's awesome, but you know, back in 1988, it didn't happen very often. If you were black in a horror film, you were probably dying within the first 12 or 14 seconds of the film. <laughs> well, I mean, you got so Kincaid, right? Right. I mean, well, right? I mean, it's not a it's not a hundred percent proof thing, but you know what I'm saying. Generally speaking, yeah, no, no, it's it's obviously known as like the cliche that if you're exactly. black, you're, I mean, shit, this guy, the guy that plays that guy in this movie, 
he's he pointed that out many times in the special features yeah see I, i'm probably because i've watched the special features before on this i was on a fucking flight back from toronto or something and uh i was watching them all and i was laughing and shit. i felt sorry for the girl next to me because they kept like showing tits and stuff and i'm like <laughs> yeah. my laptop and she kept looking over and i'm like sorry <laughs> fucking awesome but uh that's fun no, but i always like that man that and that just kind of drives into what i'm saying about the characters all the characters in this film are very memorable like you said the asian girl you know you got leanna quigley is of course she plays the the slutty girl you yeah know? you know it, what honestly i don't think Le- linnea is like like hot in this film yeah not overly it's like i don't like her hair i don't know like the the eye shadow i don't like the eye shadow and stuff she she just has like a weak look going on with her but that ass in the storm yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's just such a classic you guys got sour balls (laughs) (laughs) or a blow job (laughs) but you guys don't get a lot of blow jobs (laughs) <laughs> jokes are so funny in this movie, man. Meanwhile, you have uh, Angela just rolling around, just stealing everything. And I might be one of the minorities. Maybe not. Maybe not. But you're definitely not um, black. <laughs> I'm a minority in this in this element that I'm going to say. But I find Angela so sexy, man. Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you, dude. And that's another dude, thing that I was going to say when sexy, I was man. talking to Jeremy about all the damn, like, sleaze in this film. Because you even have her, even though you don't see, like, direct nudity, like, you see flashes you see of her, her ass. And, you know, it's. Oh, yeah. It's. In the dance sequence. Great. Yeah, yeah. that is a great scene, by the way. It's, that is it's a great shot scene. Awesome, man. And we'll get into the comparison, actually, between this film and the remake that came out in 2009, yeah. whatever it was. And they try to do that scene, but we'll get into that later. But uh, this this original scene is so good. It's There's shot a lot well. of great it, shots ex- in this film, too. It's exactly. Uh, definitely above what you would see out of a cash-in 1980s slasher horror film type thing. Because mm-hmm. that was the original idea. They wanted to do slasher without the guy in the mask and stuff. So then they ended up doing a demon film. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think Kevin Tenney kind of underestimated his ability to actually well, he definitely shoot a, did he a good def- film because when you look at it, it doesn't look very amateur at all. No, it's you know, it's like he, it's well made in terms of it's very 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 well made. You know, and I think he did a lot of good things in this film. Not only having a really effective script with memorable characters and not cheesy, stupid dialogue and stuff like some of the dialogue is meant to be, but it's not like to the point where you're like, well, that's fucking stupid. It yeah. has replay. It has rewatchability to it over and over again. Um, but he incorporates so many good things, man. He actually does a pretty good job with effects in this film that blow my mind considering they have like, the no effects of the film. best, not the best effects of the series, though. <laughs> well, honestly, I think that the Linnea Quigley lipstick breast scene is one of the best effects I've ever seen in my life. I know. Yeah. It's so fucking awesome. And yeah. we'll get into the, the remake with that scene, too. Because, yeah. <laughs> oh, my but, God. But seriously, guys, um, like, when I first seen it, I didn't realize that those were fake boobs, okay? Because they look like her real boobs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that that whole process, that's a whole prosthetic right there. That's, that's fake, yeah. that scene where yeah. she's drawing on her tits. I had never noticed that it, it like when i was younger and no it looks at it all looks it looks good. so good and yeah. they actually say that they use some sort of um like a different type of stuff than people were using at the time and that's why uh when she pushed in and then put because at first you see it go in right and and what it is is the lipstick that uh it you know squeezes down into a smaller lipstick i forget what they call it it's like a fake lipstick 
And so it does that, but it's also going inside too. So it's like a multiple thing happening. But then she sticks her finger in and then you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? So it really fucks with your head. And then when she pulls her finger out, it pops back, back to you know perfectly to what yeah. it was like and you can't see any good, hole or anything and that really is what that. is so effective about it and i really do think that's one of the best effects i've ever seen yeah it is good man it is really good and of course that's beyond leanne quigley's tail yeah. too yeah nobody else <laughs> fucking awesome man um <clears throat> you know another aspect of this film that i really enjoy is that it's not just like you know that very kind of simple I mean, it is, but it isn't, you know, a very simple story. It actually has, I, I, I don't want to say layers, but it, it, it actually, you know, kind of, it creates or it tells you like a little bit of folklore, like Indian folklore and stuff about it. Mm. I, I don't, it's not necessary for the film. It's really basic though, dude. Let's be honest. Like the it story is. is super basic. It is, but you know, like a lot of these type of films kind of give you the story in the first, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, you know, they kind of, they get into it a little bit and then it kind of just elevates the stuff throughout parts in the film, which is nice. It's, it's a nice thing to kind of fill, but kind of keep you interested too. It's like, okay, you know, now they can't cross this river because of this reason and stuff. I always liked it, man. I always found it interesting that it just wasn't, you know, this straight up simple story that was told in five minutes and then just kind of roll with the punches, mm. you know? Yeah, I no, don't know. I still think it's a pretty like a simple story that can be told in five minutes. But you have no, like no, characters like, around. You're, so. you're missing what I'm saying. I like the way it's told throughout the movie. Not that it's it's yeah. not the whole story isn't told in the first five minutes of the movie. Oh, you know, okay. I mean, you can do that. I like the structure that it's it kind of gives you bits and pieces throughout the film. Yeah, but it also the way they do it, I honestly do feel like it's a little like phoned in, where it's just like, oh, in the stream, you know that. Like to me, it does. No, if I'm being percent honest, but it's also told in you know times where you know and a little bit of downtime in the film, it, right? Where you, it's like necessary for stuff. the plot to move forward. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it works. I, I've I've always kind of liked that. So. But. Yeah, I, I honestly don't. I, that's one of the things that I actually don't like that much. But, you know, I, I get what you're saying at the same time. Uh, you know, I will say, too, one of the other things that I don't like, I th- honestly, some of the acting is bad. It, it's just bad. You agree? Yeah, it. Uh, I don't. What do you expect? Fucking Academy Award winning acting, huh? No, but I mean, are we not commenting on what we like and dislike about the film? Isn't that yes. the point of this, Jeremy? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it, it does make a lot of sense, though, man. It, you know, it's you know, it's a very kind of typical low-budget horror film that has actors in it that really haven't done anything. So, Complete unknowns for the most part. I mean, some people went on to do different things. Like, some yeah. dudes went on to do voice work and stuff like that. Linnea, we all obviously know where she went and the films that she was a part of. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, dude – the the but I still like the characters even though some of the acting's bad. Um, it does add to the campiness of the film, but with the campiness, also there is legitimate horror. And a lot of times, and we talked about it last week, comedy and horror are badly combined nowadays. This is one mm-hmm. of those cases where it's not like there are legitimate scares in this film, mm-hmm. and there's some legitimate funny moments some of it unintentional some of it intentional but i i love the fact that they never forget about the horror and you know what i just remember this but kevin tenney actually said that he's like just because it's campy that doesn't give me an excuse not to try to scare you like i Mm -hmm. and he even said like i feel like you should still try to scare your audience sometimes that's the best time to do it exactly you know so yeah i don't know man 
this this film right here I have such a fucking blast with it man it it's just I think you know me with music and stuff I think the music in this film fits so perfect I love the soundtrack it fits so well it just I don't know man it just kind of elevates everything but I do want to I I do know what you're saying about some of the acting and stuff to be honest I think this isn't one of Leanna Quigley's better role like better acting roles I think there is there is moments in this where she's just playing out pretty bad yeah you know yeah she's also playing like possessed too at times so she's supposed to kind of be like just kind of uh a a shell oh yeah yeah for sure for sure um but i i love angela's performance like i think she does she's like honestly she's a very good villainess like she's the best one in the film yeah but i mean in in horror like she's a good villainess in horror exactly yeah she's fucking so believable man like when you think about powerful female villains like how many are there uh-huh. in horror i think another thing that we'll probably compare into the remake too um which is uh, <laughs> god man you know honestly you know elizabeth shannon playing angela i just again coming back to this whole recognizable fuck whatever but uh i, I don't even know what this girl's you know she didn't really do a lot she did all three like, night of the demons yeah, all three no 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 i meant like after part three she never did anything ever again yeah. <laughs> <Or dying laughs> maybe after night of the demons three she, you know what she did life. she she's actually a animal activist animal rights activist and she is a book writer yeah interesting so she pretty much retired after part three which yeah, yeah makes a little bit of sense life. but uh yeah um I don't know, like what else? Like pros and cons. Of the there's film. plot Jeremy... holes. There's there's plot holes in this film where where you have the demons able to open doors, but you know, with magic, and then other times they can't. Like there's there's a lot yeah. of that stuff going on in this film. I don't really f- hear much about the stream either. Like they just mention it, and it's like, oh, that's when it's it. convenient to what they're doing, and that's mm-hmm. the, what I was talking about. Where I found it as a negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True that. I, don't know, I really don't have much else to say about it. Uh, you know what? I'll actually mention this because I, I, it's funny. I did watch a lot of the special features, almost all of them. And Kevin Penny did say that he addressed the plot holes by throwing this thing in there where the lead character is dressed as Alice from Alice in Wonderland. And basically mm-hmm. what he was saying there was there is no rhyme or reason it's like wonderland so there are going to be plot holes but it's explained by they're just doing what they want the demons are just kind of there to scare you and there's no real logic to it mm-hmm. so i mean just layered man i love when you find out that there's there's more layers to to the thought process yeah that's actually pretty cool <laughs> makes sense um yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't really know what else to say about it that we haven't covered. Um, I think one of the, I think honestly, besides the nipple effect in the film, I think the greatest effect in the film is uh, the end scene with the grandpa. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, that doesn't make much, very much sense at all. Yeah, it makes it's like, it makes oh, zero was... sense. Actually. No, 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 it it doesn't, but it doesn't have to. It's just it does. The grumpy it old, does the grump... have to. It kind no. of does. It should no. like it. Why? What? Because well, what was the point of having the beginning of the film? What do you mean? What, what was the point of even introducing the grandpa? No, the no, that's fine. I'm saying what happens to him makes zero sense. How it happens. 
uh, what the fact that he was eating the razor blades? Yeah, because she said, luckily, we had all these apples. So I made and, you know, she obviously had to cut the apples up and she and he obviously <laughs> had to swallow entire razor blades <laughs> without noticing. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. There's obviously a plot hole with him swallowing them. But there movies. is but there is a rhyme to her reason, though, because he was oh, so you think <laughs> obviously she did it feeding. On purpose? She did do it on purpose because oh, he yeah. was feeding children apples with razor blades so she decided to make a pie which he loves knowing that there's razor blades in there i didn't know she to. knew that, it, that he did her. of course yeah. she did she was being a fucking dick and killing kids or feeding kids uh, razor apples or apples <sighs> razors in them so yeah he she knows she knows that's why she's so nonchalant about it oh happy halloween yeah so I always like that effect though. It just looks awesome. You just like, oh yeah. apples and then just fucking yeah. just spewing out. It's pretty good. No, it's shit, it's a good effect and you know, you kind of want to suspend your disbelief just to make it work, but when you're if you're being serious about it, it, it really doesn't make sense. No, it does. It does. She took him no, out because no, he was I'm asshole. not saying that, that why Oh, you mean eating the razor you mean yeah, eating how you can yeah, swallow an entire razor blade without <laughs> realizing it. Until, of course, but again you have to disconnect yourself from reality a little bit there and yeah. go. Because you, know, you want it to work. Course. You want it to work, you want it exactly. to to be like that. But at the same time when you're who knows being critical on a film you have to point out that shit maybe maybe they were just like little you know shaved up you know ones from like fucking uh, those plastic razors or something i don't know oh, an no. entire razor blade pops out of his neck like a giant that, one, so <laughs> that's true yeah. but that uh true. you know yeah man it it's a fun movie I, I love night of the demons i've always been a big fan and one thing that i will say as well before we get into ratings is the actual demons like as they're being changed to demons all look great they all still have like parts of their personality which um i have an issue with in future night of the demons films but you know there's still something mm-hmm. there to him. I, I just love how they, you know, Angela, like, man, honestly, Linnea Quigley is like scarily ugly when she gets <laughs> gross faced. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. She puts that lipstick on her face. She's like fucking hideous. <laughs> well, even like the pus. The, the, demons in, huh? the demons in this film always kind of just kind of resembled zombies to me, though. Like the way they move. Mm-hmm. They almost seem like zombies to me. Yeah. Strange. You know, they're not like quick or, you know, like other demons from other films and stuff. They just kind of, they roam like zombies a little bit. It's kind of weird. But so. Not like it's there's anything wrong with that, but. Jeremy, ratings. Uh, not demons. Eight out of ten. Yep, that's wow. what I got. Yeah, this is, uh, I figured I'd be coming in well, well higher than that this is one of my favorite movies of all time i can watch this shit over and over again me too um it's just such a blast to me man you know any movie that has a soundtrack that gives me fucking goosebumps every time i watch it is just you know it's amazing um but uh yeah you know to me you know it has its problems but it's one of those type of films that uh that i can oddly just overlook you know a little bit sometimes and um i got this one at nine and a half out of ten what (laughs) That's crazy. What? It's your writing. Whatever. <laughs> what? So what is that? What is that at? It's, That's it's not Hall of Fame, is it? <laughs> it? It's literally like in my top fifteen films of all time. It's probably mm-hmm. in mine too, to be honest. I so, love Night of the Demons. I've watched Night of the Demons so many fucking times. I don't even. I couldn't even explain how many what times I watched it. 
I love 25 it. and a half. 25.5. So yeah, doesn't get in, but um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I I figured that. I figured that. I thought Jeremy coming lower actually, to be honest. But yeah, I thought he might huh. come seven five because that's kind of where I was at at first. Um, because just you know pointing out some of the issues that I had with it. But as we talked, I actually raised my rating up a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> moving six years into the future, 1988 to 1994. So now we're in the middle of the nineties when horror films were not doing so well. They didn't really make a lot of these, did they? Yeah. But this movie's fucking, Oh, all right. So night of the demons part two, uh, directed by Brian Leprechaun Four Smith. I don't know. He directed Leprechaun Four. Holy yeah. shit! Well, this is the guy that did Leprechaun Four. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's where the name is recognizable. Okay, he did Leprechaun yeah. Three too, which is also yeah. which he did the best Leprechaun and the worst Leprechaun. <laughs> that's, really, that's really funny. <laughs> that <actually>. is funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bandits. so the storyline, Angela. The universe's most unpleasant party crasher returns. Angela's sister, Mouse, is taken by her bullying Catholic school classmates to a party at Angela's favorite haunt. And before long, everybody's turned into demons and only a butt-kicking nun helps <laughs> her ruler like a mighty sword of steel can save the day. Wow. <laughs> awesome uh, effects, ratings. Let's move on. This movie isn't bad. I said in the chat, this movie isn't bad, but I don't want to say the art word, but it's retarded to the 10th degree. Uh, the one thing I like about this movie, man, is that it feels so fucking 90s. Yeah. Everything about this movie just I feels love the so 90s. 90s. Yeah, it has that 90s feel. It almost feels like, I don't know, there's something weird about 90s horror films that just have that feel. I guess it's kind of like the 80s, but man, the 90s are distinctive, though. I just love uh, all the boobs. Yeah, this one I has to see the blonde boobs though. She's this uh, this movie has the hottest cast. Yeah, I mean, that really, blonde chicks was that are... smoking. The blonde. Yeah, Christine, I like Christine the fucking Taylor. the fucking main. Christine Taylor is married to uh, uh, Ben Stiller. Yeah. <clears throat> nah, or she was, wasn't she? Yeah, I like the main fucking bad girl, not Angela, the other one. <laughs> She's okay. The uh, yeah, what's her name? Um, bitch. Yeah, she's fucking awesome, man. She's so hot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm trying to remember what her name is, but yeah, she was. Oh, yeah, she's awesome in this one. Yeah, but great cast though. You know, ugh. Along with Angela, you got the three girls. Oh shit, yeah, great stuff. <laughs> that fucking dude, that Z boy dude was. Fucking yeah. <laughs> all that. Totally nineties. Fucking idiot. So nineties. Such a uh, dork though. Fucking yeah. Yeah, <laughs> great effects in this movie though. They yeah, actually, they get bonafide nasty at some points. Yeah, yeah. Some of the effects in this movie were actually oddly surprising. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, her name was Zoe Trilling. Her name in the film was Shirley. Shirley, yeah. Yeah, hot as fuck. Yeah, man, she's fucking. She's in Leopard awesome. Three too. She really. Yeah, there's like three people that are in Leprechaun 3. She's also in Dr. Christmas. <laughs> I guess that makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, she's the girl that asks about the fellatio. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> fucking awesome. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that term fellatio. Can you explain to the class what okay. fellatio is? One second here. What the fuck in the world kind of Catholic Christian religious school has a Halloween party? I was thinking about that. You know what? That's funny because, yeah, that's one thing that I've always thought, yeah, too. I, thought, I didn't I wrote think that, that was normal. I thought yeah. that was the most retarded thing I've ever seen. I was like, wait, what? I was like, how is this even possible? I told you, this movie's not bad. It's retarded to the 10th degree. Yeah, man. That's one thing I've always thought about this movie, too. I just really I don't understand that at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, it, it doesn't happen. It only happens in the movies, apparently. So Yeah, so uh, you have these group of kids who – um, I like that they, I don't know, they get banned from their dance and they go to Hull House and then uh, they trick the, how rude is that? To trick the traumatized sister of Angela to go to Hull House. It's oh so yeah, the characters are up. dicks in this film. Yeah, they're, they're no, it's, not, it's just the, the fucking fraud. You know, especially knowing what Mouse has gone through too, right? Like her parents like killed themselves and shit and... <laughs> <laughs> like, she has, like she doesn't have a rough enough. They're just going to trick her to go in there. And, oh, for fuck's sakes. Oh, my God. The one dude with the – I like that one dude has like the worst hair ever. <laughs> it's an idea. <laughs> oh, my God. Which guy? The guy with the car? No, the no, no. The dude that is like oh, spying the the on the hair. girls with the – uh, the crimped hair? With the block. No, no, no. He's one of the main dudes. The dude that's spying on. When you're first introduced to those two, like, blonde haired dudes who are spying on him with binoculars at the beginning of the oh, film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. They. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love I love how sleazy that scene is, too, man. Like, yeah. like, honestly, girls are just always walking around like that, buck naked, tits yeah. and up and, hanging out. And got just in plain range. Yeah. Like, honestly, those girls know they are sluts. Come on. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they fucking, are. I, I love that scene, man. It's just so slutty. I, I <laughs> seriously, all of these demons films have really hot girls in them, though, and I like I was really impressed by that. I gotta say, they kept they kept the hotness flowing. Uh-huh. They did. They did. What's up yeah. with DM with their head getting chopped off? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Is it, <laughs> you, you know that um that whole scene with they when the fucking nun shows up to the house and like I'm like what am I watching Dead Alive because it has that type of feel. Yeah, like, honestly, I I kind of lose it a bit towards the end of this one. Like I didn't find the whole ending where they're like actually destroying all the demons like all that fun. Like I loved everything leading up to it. I didn't really yeah, care I, for the nun stuff where she goes like ham. Well, to me, it gets a little too comical. Like, I mean, yeah. there's there's obviously a lot like of comical elements soap. throughout the film, but it gets, like, crazy comical. It's like, you know, the scene where he kicks the head and he's like, field goal yeah. and shit like that. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like it's getting to the point where it's, like, almost re- it's retarded. Sorry yeah. to use the word again, but it's, like, it, stupid it's jokes. retarded to the 10th degree. But, I mean, you can write better jokes. Now. You don't have to have that in there. It's like. Yeah, okay. that's fucking stupid. That, it is, you man. know that it, it, it You, does, you know like me watching that. Film. It, you know that's the type of shit that I hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. And like the last twenty minutes of the film is like joke after joke like that. Like I like the one joke. You know, I like the more subtle jokes that make me laugh. Um, for I instance, the when the toilet made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I like the one where the guys are sitting around and they're <laughs> they're going through the vinyl and they're like, "What the fuck is all this dinosaur shit?" And then it cuts <laughs> to something else for a second and it cuts back to him and he's like Barry La- Barry yeah. Manilow and he throws the fucking record and just yeah. cuts. See, that kind of shit makes me laugh because it's fucking funny. It's like Barry Manilow. I also didn't care for the, uh, yeah, for this, for, 
for the fucking <laughs> dork kid who was like all like, yeah, like, well, you should actually take this demon stuff pretty serious, sir. It's like, <laughs> but isn't it kind of ironic though? Like, really, like the ginger kid is, you know, he's all hell bent, hell bent on, you know, conducting experiments like yeah. on demonology and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the soulless bastard, of course, the ginger <laughs> kid. <laughs> I, like, I just thought it made me fucking laugh. I was pissing myself when I was watching it. So I almost uh, felt like it was almost getting to like a nun exploitation era area with the nun. A, a little bit, right? I, never, I, never <laughs> I was like, all that it, needed but... to happen was her uh, like robe oh, to start on. get tattered up and like. No, that'd be bad. I don't want to see that. And stuff. I don't want to see her titties. Yeah, because she was like, <laughs> wasn't like hot, but I mean, if she if she was under there. Hmm. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. The effects, some of the, the like the the practical gore effects and stuff are pretty They're good. In this film, but, yeah, but there's dude, some, this there's fucking some Angela Snake ass. thing is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome, dude. Yeah, man. I think that's uh, a great scene. But what about like the mirror effect? You know, like the effects in the mirror shit. It's like so fucking nineties, man. I'm trying uh, to think of the exact effect. <laughs> yeah, it's, there, there's just an effect. In it. There's effect in the mirror, and it's like I don't know how to explain it, but breathing, you know. JP. What? It's just how so nice. Breathing. What do you mean? But this one, this movie Not right like here that. does have really decent effects in it, though. Yeah, they're say. actually really good. Yeah, it's, it's surprising. Nasty. It is very surprising. So, yeah. <laughs> but speaking of bad hair, I was the one I was referring to was one of the guys, uh, one of the douchebag dudes that shows up at yeah. the park. Yeah, the guy with that's the Z boy. Prim- His hair is fucking Z- terrible. I name Fuck, is Z boy. Man, soon, as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, I knew so many people with that same haircut, you know, shaved on the side, which is, actually came back, oddly enough. But Yeah, like, now it's a, being like a man bun. Yeah, it's like a man bun. Yeah, it's like a, just a variation of that or whatever. But like, holy fuck, is that guy's hair with shit? <laughs> so bad. So bad. Oh, but again, man. the movie's plagued with, like, you know, the obvious cliched characters. You got them all in here. So... This the thing with this movie though, like as hot as the cast is, and you know I still have a lot of fun with this movie. It it definitely does not have as fun as characters as the first movie. No, not no, even not close. as fun. No, but they're still fun. But they're still fun, and it's what I like about it is it, it it's not slow. Like it it goes pretty fast paced. You know what yeah. I mean? It it's like there's a lot of things happening, whether it's boobs or whether it's a gore effect or whether it's crazy nun stuff uh you know i wasn't crazy about the end portion of the film but mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the most part i mean i was actually genuinely surprised at like the first like 20 minutes where i was like you know what i'm i'm digging this i'm i'm down i'm, I'm down for the ride and i wasn't expecting to um i do like the idea that they brought into this film where you know the demon if you like you know with the with the lipstick mm-hmm. no, it's a how little does it work how does it cross the river it's, it's a little contrived the idea is that you're bringing something from something that was possessed out of the house yeah but it crosses the river no i know but it's being brought by a human though i think that's what they're getting at yeah right? it's not they, the they can't demons can't cross the river they need someone else to actually bring them across hence being formed in the lipstick and stuff so someone the girl grabs it and brings it across it you know it's it's a simple idea but it works though well the only yeah. point of it is to get you know the demons out into like a bigger location yeah. like that well, exactly. that's really the well, point so if you that, if you just but that that's exactly what the point is but i do like the idea of the, it's just simple it's just like okay the human has to bring this car across 
and let's just have it in the form of lipstick. It makes sense. So. Yeah, it's a callback I, I like to the it. first film. I like that they try to keep some yep. sort of continuity. Yep. And uh, yep. fucking Angela is... Uh, I'm, I'm really surprised that she played all three. And, you know, to be honest, one of the one of the things about this film that, you know, I wish that there was a little more at Hull House in this film yeah. because they get out of there relatively quick in this film. And then pretty the majority of the, well, the second half of the film seems longer than the first half, you know, um, there's definitely more scenes outside of Hull House than there is yeah. at Hull House in this film. And, you know, it takes place at the school. Wait, so. Um, Quick question. To me, it just it just kind of takes away from the whole, you know, where it's supposed to be at Hull House, man. I don't know. That's one thing that's always kind of bugged me about this film that I didn't really like as much. Um, but yeah. Quick question: Where did Shirley go? Uh, she makes out with that girl, and then I don't remember seeing her again. Did she man. get holy water sprayed on her? Did she? I I can't remember. Yeah. I, 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 and then they're like, bring her back to the chapel. I, can't I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. All right. They so, make her drink holy water, and then she throws up green slime, and then the the nuns like, bring her back to the chapel. No, that was yeah. the other girl. That was like I Carrie or something. Fucking no. Some rather. Fuck. I, I'm, I, I'm so bad. With, I can't even I, put the name I, to the fucking face. Shirley I'm was so the bad. one with the awesome boobs that I liked a lot. Yeah, yeah, okay. The pepperoni nips? She was the one that was like the uh like she the, the she was the one setting it all up. Like she was the one that was like, you know, uh, I heard they call you fucking inchworm or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, uh, either way, uh ratings. Ratings on this one. Yeah. I mean, you guys have anything else to say about the film? No. No. So, uh, okay. Um, yeah, JP. Uh, I gave it a six out of ten. Although fun, it's still borderline, as Jeremy would say, retarded to the tenth degree. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeremy. I came in with a five and a half out of ten on this one. Five and a half. Yeah, I actually really enjoy it. <laughs> one line in this film that fucking cracks me up, man, is the nun when she's talking about how she has all the faith like in her heart right here. <laughs> like she, that shit is so cheesy and, and terribly written. I just, oh my god, it's so funny. Um, we, oh, we never even brought up the the last the snake CGI scene in the in the end of the film. <laughs> that shit is so funny. Oh, yeah, um, it's just such a bad effect, man. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, I really I enjoy this man. Six and a half out of ten. It's a fun film. All right. So moving on to Night of the Demons three from nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven, another very strange year in, in horror. This one written uh, by Kevin Tenney. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, by Kevin Tenney. This is crazy. Directed by a guy who did a lot of TV, and that's it. (laughs) This is like a a U.S. slash Canadian production. uh, production. Filmed in Quebec. No wonder why it's shitty. So a group of young criminals accidentally shoot a police officer. To avoid being arrested, they hide out in an abandoned house. When they realize that the house is haunted, they start to wish that they had turned themselves in. They had 
in when they had a chance. The house isn't haunted. It's possessed. (laughs) Oh, fuck, man. I I don't even know where to start with this movie. Um, Well, first of all, the... I honestly was into this one for a good portion of really? the early scenes. Yeah, I was down. And I just thought it was ridiculous. It was almost like maniac cop ridiculousness when they go in and start like shooting up, have a shootout with the police. I'm like, Jesus Christ. What is wrong <laughs> with these It doesn't feel like kids? a night of the no, demons. But, it, but that's what I hate about that scene though. Okay, these people, they're going to this, you know, they're going to party or whatever and then they stop off and, you know, the fucking, the, the guy at the, at the store pulls a gun Buddy grabs it. Really? Like, you're just going to start shooting at cops? Like, you don't have to do that shit. Well, no, it's you so don't have to, but does, but so does anybody so, who shoots a cop have to do it? No, but does like any they, young kid who gets panicked and accident and, you know, shoots a cop. I mean, it happens, but they had the cops didn't even see it. All you had to do, like, really, I mean, panicked. Buddy pulled the gun on them. Right, I just always found that scene so fucking stupid. Yeah, in this but film then he had the gun. He had the gun yeah, pointing it at the guy. Exactly. Why didn't he just go fuck? And here's what your does that gun. look like when when cops walk in? That looks like a robbery. And what do you think the, the guy's gonna say? He the cops didn't see him with the gun until he yeah. fucking basically turned around What's and he said, "Hey, do? what's he gonna do with it?" <laughs> just the throw cops it on, walk throw in. Away? They're minding their own business. The cops are they walk in? They're minding their own business. Why didn't he just say, "Here's your fucking gun"? Like get rid of the fucking gun. Just, it wasn't even his in the first place. You just get you just point a gun at somebody's face and then you give it back to him. And you like you might not want to do <laughs> There's that. There's fucking dude. cops in you there. You might not want to do that. There's oh yeah, and shooting at the cop is the right choice. No, out of the blue, the wrong they choice. They literally but, made the choice of going. Hey, fuck you guys! You're, 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 th- you're, you're, you're pretending like you would be doing. You would be like in a rational state of mind in a yeah, situation like that. I mean, both both situations are fucking retarded, and we know this. But, like, the cops didn't even – it would have made more sense if the cops walked in in the scene and saw him pointing the gun and then the fuck – See, the I gun. like how they did it where they didn't notice no, because it's, that's, it's like, full-blown – It's, like, where you're, like – I don't know oh, if you've ever been so in a situation stupid. where you're about to get caught doing something, but your mind just goes into full-blown panic mode and you can't think straight. I Like, yeah. seriously, I'm telling you, man. If you ever have a serious situation with, like, the cops like that, you, you can't think straight, dude. Everybody says, like, oh, I'd do this, yeah. I'd do that. I'll probably never be in an like arm robbery situation, so I don't really have to worry about that too. Yeah, much. you can't pretend like you would know what to do in that situation then. But seriously, like I mean, there you can <laughs> just bad choices, man. Just bad, totally bad choices. You it's don't so shoot a cop stupid. at all. That's terrible so choice. Stupid. But people like I said, do like, it though. That's why I'm not. Don't, that's I why I don't think it's that. Yeah, of course it's stupid, but the people that do that in real life it's just stupid the thing too. like I said the thing that gets me is that they don't even see him at first and he makes the effort of turning around and bringing it to their attention that hey motherfuckers, I've yeah, got a gun. You can't do anything like cuz what he was thinking was like I'm not going to give the gun back to the guy where I just had it pointed in his face cuz then he might shoot me. No one needs. I don't want to die. If I, if I had made that stupid decision of snagging the gun out of the guy's hand in the first place, I would have just gone rid of the fucking thing, man, cuz I'm not going to use it on the fucking guy. So, like, I'm going to start shooting at the cops. It's just stupid. It's fucking stupid. We know this. But whatever. I don't have a huge problem. I do. I think it's really, really fucking stupid. Yeah, but <laughs> that's I, the I point. That He's scene. a stupid – he did a stupid thing. No, I know. I know. And I understand this is kind of what sets up the whole film and stuff. But it's just – What's it's more stu- stupid I just, than I that? Wish that? I wish the cops had just seen him at, at, to start because I'm sure it just, it's just a stupid script. It's I just dumb. think it makes more sense that, that they didn't see him and then he panics. 
Like I, I, I like that they did that. I thought it was a. He would have panicked if if the cops had walked in and seen him. They would have panicked too. Yeah, but it, but it added way. this this brief it been, moment it of tension. More believable. Right? It added I mean, this brief moment of suspense that these two fucking cops that are supposed to be aware of their surroundings at all fucking times. Oh, come on, dude. You don't notice yeah, everything you do. Everything. Dude, anytime you walk in a store, you don't notice every you fucking in, thing. You, he's standing at the fucking till with a gun. Dude. How do you not notice that? What do you mean? Because, because you're not expecting to see somebody standing there with a gun, dude. But honestly, when you walk into it, a store, you're telling me it's impossible for them to not, you're telling me it's impossible for a cop to walk in a store and not see that. That couldn't happen in reality. Is that what you're saying? That that, that they could. It might see be that? very unlikely, but it doesn't. Yes, mean that it's it impossible. is more. It's more unlikely that a cop would not notice that. But yeah, it's probably uh, more unlikely. Uh, no, honestly, <laughs> cops walking into the store. I think the first thing that you generally do is you kind of look at the at the clerk. It's just how it is. It's yeah, just the but, way it is. But so therefore, you would walk into the store. No, you're as a cop saying you, you would, would as if it was a uh, like automatic, no matter what. It's possible, dude. So if it's possible, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it's very unlikely that the cops wouldn't notice that going on. Very, very unlikely. Two percent chance that the hey, cops. I would wouldn't. say maybe a little bit more if the cops are talking maybe, to each other. Then. Maybe, maybe five percent if they're rookies. Okay, <laughs> but like they're supposed to be a little more, you know, <laughs> observant. Kind of their job. I don't you know. know dude. I, just, I, 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 I have. I, I don't know, man. I, man, we spend a lot of time on this. Let's move <laughs> on to the fucking fourth minute of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just think I just think it's completely. It's always bugged me, man. You know, I've only watched this film a couple times before, and it's so fucking. I like stupid. how it plays out, dude. I think it's stupid. Um, well, I, I don't know, man. Is is there any is there any pluses to this movie? I'm just I'm curious. Yeah, dude, I I like some things about it, man. I I, I thought that that like like I said, the reason that I like that is because there's this brief moment of tension, like oh shit, are they gonna turn around and see him, or is what's gonna happen? Like I like that about it. But also the mo- the you know the most retarded thing about all of that is the fact that the two girls that were not friends with these people are in the van and they see a shootout and they decide to stay there. That yeah, is that... the most dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh no, no, this movie has bad decisions. Yeah, <laughs> like really, really poor decisions. Terrible so. decisions. Yeah. Wow. Hi guys. Yeah. <laughs> up. We get to the um, we get to Hull House, and what do you notice about Hull House? Be like torture chamber, is it? <laughs> so what what do we notice about Hull House when we get there? It doesn't look anything like yeah. I would it's expect. Clean, it's it's cleaned up quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even look like the same fucking place and i thought that was kind of interesting because it's still a hull house right and but it's totally not hull house yeah. um well yeah, obviously it's, what it's, happened was they just didn't have means to make it to use a similar looking house yeah well obviously but no I mean, you, you think you would find a, a like a, a rundown shithole and just kind of create something a little more well, rugged looking i i think the the uh, what they did where they showed footage from uh, the original film and you know kind of had the zoomy around effect to where it looked like it was part of it the building and then they like cut and they they have the demon go out i thought that was an okay attempt at kind of bridging the two but mm-hmm. at the same time you know it, it does look extremely different mm-hmm. what what do you ex- what's up with these movies that are threes why is the third movie always shit <laughs> 
fucking witchcraft, not witchcraft, Warlock 3. and Leprechaun 3 is the best one in the franchise. Night of Demons 3 and... Yeah, not all. It, it doesn't apply to everything. Final Destination there, there, 3. There is a lot of good. 4 is part worse. Three, but... yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. part 3 is not as bad as part 4. But this, Jeremy actually kind of nailed it, because this one does remind you of like the quality of Warlock 3, where it's just so crap. much of a step. Yeah, down. it's exactly like that, and I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. It looks like crap. Yeah, this movie is shot really bad. Like, it just, I don't know. It, it just does not look good it at all. It takes away. You know me with crap. I, mm-hmm. I zone out. I can't watch it. Mm-hmm. See, so I, I honestly. One thing I saw it was so ridiculous in this much, film. Because I, I, can't, I can't stand crap. Like, they, they're, they're really trying to, like, you know, at times be funny in this movie and almost clever and things like that. Like, there's so many things in this film that don't work. Like, there's a whole scene where they're telling Yo Mama jokes and stuff like that. <laughs> As much as we like those, it's like it just goes on too long. I like, like okay. that scene. Oh fuck! It, it is what it is. I guess. I, I guess it's fine. I guess it's fine if it's the first time you've seen it. But mm, like yeah. you've seen the game, it's just like it's so like what the fuck, right? It's same with like the Miranda rights card, you know, with the cop and stuff. Like I, honestly, I think the cop, the detective in this film, is the best character. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking film. Um, but like that, you know, the whole picking the car, Miranda rights. You know, after you see it a couple times, it's really, really cheesy and kind of bad and stuff there's just certain things in the film that just kind of bug me just off putting it just feels this film to me feels super rushed and like just it doesn't but have it doesn't make any sense why would it feel rushed it fucking came out three years after the second one no, well no i mean well maybe they started filming well, this just one something on feels rushed doesn't mean it was actually first. rushed i know but it's like why rush it well he's not no. saying that it was rushed I he's know. saying it felt rushed no, it, it feels it feels like they went into production and they it, they just kind of ripped through this film like they just first draft of the script and and that's what i'm saying about the jokes and stuff they just kind of rolled with everything it just that's how i feel about it uh-huh. You know, it just kind of feels just it, it, there's if you tweak things, you know, even if the film isn't shot the greatest, you know, kind of fix the script up a little bit. This one is just all around just feels so amateur to me. You guys get that? At no, all? no, like it's, just, it oh, definitely yeah. feels like mu- a much more amateur effort. But I still think that there are a lot of things that I liked about the other two films that are in this one as well. And I, yeah, I, I know mean, that this one is things. a big step down and stuff, but there are like these little like quirky like moments where i'm like oh that's like that's what i liked about the first two um mm-hmm. I, you know it's case in point the early scene where the uh sister or the the fucking girl is in the bedroom and she's getting naked and a friend comes in and gets naked and the kids there like that's like <laughs> that's the type of stuff that i like <laughs> this fellatio mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and uh you know i like the uh I like that Angelus feels more of like the primary thing going on in this one a little bit more too mm-hmm. than in the previous film. She's starting to look older in this <clears throat> Well, fuck, oh, I dude. mean, it's, it's fucking like, almost like 10 years later. Yeah, it's like 10 years later, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, you could tell she'd gained a little bit of weight, but she was still like, honestly, she's sexy in like all the Have films. Have you seen like, her she's gonna now? That part. Yeah, well, she's blonde and And has different. like nice boobs still. They look bigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, got, it's probably got some done. Kind of melting. Um, again with this film, though, the other thing that kind of drives me nuts is that it doesn't really have that that Halloween atmosphere, that look to it as much as it probably should. You know, what? it's it's a it's, it's a film based on Halloween, and it's like, the, where the fuck is the look? Where's the Halloween shit? Yeah, this one is totally fucking nineties, though, man. Like nineties yeah. as fuck. Like the haircuts, dude. The, like that Seth Green style haircut <laughs> with another, the band driver. Yeah, another thing about this film is the soundtrack, man. It's fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah, doesn't the soundtrack? I like the soundtrack. 
I think the soundtrack is it's definitely the oddest sounding soundtrack in the I find the soundtrack in the first film fits so well. Mm-hmm. The second one, it, you know, it, it works. This one just feels funny to me. It just kind of feels like it was kind of okay, this is the music that we have, and we're just going to use it. <laughs> I don't know, it just it feels funny to me. Yeah. I don't know, they're just finding some like low low key industrial type bands and like I don't know, it, it's fucking weird, man. It, just everything about this film just seems off to me. It just yeah, seems well, off. Honestly, it's just completely stupid when it comes down to what people are doing like like the 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 fact is they just they assume because they don't know that they didn't kill cops they assume they killed cops they what is their end goal here they're gonna hide out in this house till what you know what i mean but like what are they doing and and you know then the dude goes off with his hot blonde chick and starts like fucking stripping her down like it just it it completely doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm you know, even with the shitty ass look and, you know, the shitty script and stuff like that, you know, they could have at least tried to spend some money on some effects in this one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, you yeah, know, but if they that, fucking bail out on everything else, that 90s fucking CG type. Yeah. Ugh, you know, like that, that type of shit that they got going on there. I guess it's probably cheaper and doing practical. I don't know. I don't really know, man. This movie sucks. Not as bad as World like three, though. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I actually don't mind this movie that much. I, I was entertained oh. by it pretty much all the way through. Yeah, this one drives me nuts, man. I don't know what it is about this movie. I just I've never. I, it's never, never something that up. I would want to watch ever again. So yeah. maybe that's part of it, <clears throat> kind of Silent Night, Deadly Night style. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ratings. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never been a fan of this movie. I've never liked it, uh, and I still don't. I was really hoping that maybe I get something else out of this one this time around, but no, it just didn't happen for me. Um, I personally think this movie is just pure shit, pure shit. Three out of ten. Three. Yeah, uh, me personally, uh, I had I had a lot of fun with this one. It's a bad movie for sure, um, and this is where I always, you know, we always talk about well, what is the entertainment value? To me, a bad movie is still a bad movie and deserves a bad rating. But on a scale of like bad movies, this is one that I find to be entertaining. And I give it about a 4.5 out of 10. Definitely a bad movie, but I think that it's a lot of fun. 3.5 out of 10. Holy fuck, I got the lowest one? I thought Jeremy was going to come in with like a fucking one. (laughs) It's not not Warlock bad. No, it's not. not like. No, Warlock. Warlock is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I think it's a very watchable movie, even though it sucks. <clears throat> it's bad. No, it's that's you know, it's, it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm trying to slip my wrist while I'm watching or anything. It's just I. I don't. It's don't. It just everything about the film just seems wrong to me. It's weird. Um, but yeah, moving twelve years <laughs> into the future, <laughs> and then we get uh, not another sequel, but we get the remake. Night of the Demons from 2009, directed by Adam. I always say this guy's name wrong. Garish? Garish? Adam Garish. Garish. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this guy's name. I always fuck it up, man. But I, I know he, he directed Autopsy, the film from A cool Films stuff. to Die For. A Films to Die For. That was that was probably the best film in the third season of um, the After Dark Horror Fest. Uh, Fertile Ground kind of forgettable he did um, uh tells of halloween though yeah i did that trick 
Yeah, I can't remember. But he's also he also wrote stuff, right? Like he wrote Spiders, Crocodile, Crocodile Two, Rats, Toolbox Murders, Mortuary, Mother of Tears. Yeah, I thought that was interesting with the uh, Mother of Tears wrote Toolbox Murders. What a fucking mess that is. <laughs> Uh, rats this, is pretty fun <laughs> and he also acted in a lot of stuff crocodile rats toolbox murders mortuary uh for old mm. brown big ass spider <laughs> big ass spider i love okay i love the uh i love the description on this a group of kids go to a halloween party only to have to face down a group of demons that's poorly written <laughs> only to have to face down a group of demons. <laughs> Only to have to face down a group of demons. <laughs> I don't fucking... What time is this shit? I don't know. 3.30? You know what I'm saying. 2.30. So it's pretty much... Listen, we thing. gotta just start going East Coast time. That's the only time that matters. Let's go East Coast time. 3.30. 4. <laughs> <laughs> so, Night of the Demons 2009. Yes. I like it. Ugh. I think this. I think this movie has some pretty. It has some interesting ideas in it. They try to do something fresh with it, dude. It's fucking cool, man. This is a cool movie. This is what I, w- I would describe it as cool. Hmm. Okay. What do, you, what do you mean cool? I don't well, like. I mean, just the style. Like, uh, it, you know, it has this like heavy soundtrack where these sh- like the camera even early on where it's like zooming around like in like this fast forward type mode i like that stuff dude it's, it has a little style to it has this halloween feel uh, like you said the party scene it's it's, it's actually bumping. one thing it's actually one thing that i noted here that i fucking hate i hate the fast forward slow down that's like uh, what trick or treat characters. i think trick or treat did shit like that though no but this one's done shit because i understand like i don't know i just don't like the way it's done like it, it kind of introduces like all these certain characters just like that I like and that's kind of like introduction and i'm just like Okay. It's done well. But it's done too much. It's not just done kinda, that it, often. No, it, in, in that whole scene, it's done. It goes back and forth to like nine or ten different people. And it's like, fuck, man. Okay. Just do it for a couple people and then get back to normal filmmaking. It's like, fuck, okay. The effects. I disagree. Was, nah, I totally. I hate it. I fucking hate it. I can't stand that type of filmmaking. Why? Because it's, I don't like that style. I don't like that, or it seems over stylized to me. I think it's shitty. It looks bad, and it just it it's it's fucking shitty to me, man. Blair like Witch, Blair Witch Project Two does that, and I like it. Yeah, but I didn't say it doesn't work in other films. I think they did it too much in that scene. You know, it, they it goes on for like it seems like two three minutes. That's a long time when it's just fast forwarding and slowing down and fucking taking a shot and rip over here and it's like okay i get it titties bouncing in slow-mo okay i get it i get the style man fuck enough is enough <laughs> one thing i do like about this film though in the beginning like they do show you know they they give you some backstory to what they're doing in this in this film i like that that you silent know, film it, yeah, man, take I it back to like that 85. Oh, man, this is interesting. Oh, we got a devil's advocate. <laughs> I know, I Look swear to God, I'm not playing it's... devil's advocate. I'm being serious. I didn't like it. It looked it looked modern. It looked like it was something modern trying modern, to be old. But said, it's I never supposed I like to be old, right? So I it just looks I like bad. Look of it. I said I liked the fact that they did a backstory. Yeah, and they showed it. I didn't really I didn't care. say I necessarily liked the look of it. I mean, it's it's okay. a very cheesy effect that you can easily do on fucking iMovie. It's pretty easy, but um, I just like the fact that they actually did show you. And then you know, and I liked how they incorporated the ideas and like what 
you know, the the seven demons in yeah. You know, the in story the, was stuff. a little bit deeper than in the original film. Yeah, and I like the story. Like I like how it just kind of progresses, and you know, with the seven demons and and what happens in the original story, and uh, I mean the original story in the remake, you know, kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I, I like that whole aspect of it. I think that's all really cool. I think it, it does. It gives a little more depth to the you know Night of the Demons, right? Yeah, I I just like how uh you know. It, it, it to me it feels like trick or treat like this this it has like this similar feel to me. How where do you connect trick or treat to this? Just just this I don't know like the way the character. Oh okay, look, God, you cannot say that you Night of the Demons and Trick or Treat have they're they're so not the yeah. same I know, at all. Well, what do you mean by that? well? Let me tell you what I actually mean. Like, okay, you have these like the two hot boob chicks with the cat faces and stuff. Those reminded me of the Anna Paquin sisters in Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. And that whole just like the way they're talking, it, it reminded me of exactly like that. And I just well, felt like that it does party, remind you of them. You have to remember this movie came out, what, three years after that one. So they probably just taken that idea and just rolling with it. Well, so. not, it's just, I'm Even just less saying, it, it's not like a like a like they copy because there's nothing to copy there. I'm, I'm just saying like that. I kind of yeah, it's, like it's something that that's been style done that of characters that it, for they're just stupid the hot, hot pussy cat sluts. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't like. I I have very like the only problems I have with this film is when I'm directly comparing it to the original. Like the but you can compare lip- it to the original though. What? Well, no, there's 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 blatant not uh, shadow yeah, to this but... film with certain scenes. Of course, with the Angela dancing scene yeah. and the you know the, the, the boob scene, scene that leaps the the lipstick the lipstick scene, and uh, there's actually a lot of new material in this one. They do those obviously blatant shoutouts to the original film, which I think, um, and I'm not just saying it, but I think the, both the scenes are actually really shitty. Um, well, the Angela dancing I scene like in this one. The Angela I think, dancing scene, except when they start floating, it looks so bad. It looks so bad, and then you know the effect at times when she rips off the chick with the big tits face. I do I like, like when her face like sits around, but there is a there is a moment in there of like CG, and it's just like what the fuck. And then it goes practical CG practical, like super fast. And like if you watch it again, you're like, oh, what the fuck, man. It, it it's like this really weird effect that they did, but. Uh, it has its moments, but I you think this I, film did good or no. I think the original scene with Angela is just so much more effective. I think uh, the original Angela, her name always escapes me, but uh, her dance sequence and just the way she's dancing is way more seductive. I think yeah. it's more well, she's rhythm. A, I think uh, the music she is was an actual ballet dancer. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. And it, it shows because it's just so much better. It's choreographed so much better. And this one, you can tell Elizabeth Shannon is not a dancer. And it shows because they don't even show her dancing really. It cuts into you know her with the girl, yeah. the big tit girl. I was big tits or whatever, and then and then she fucks her up, yeah. you know. And that's fine, that's fine. But the whole scene, I understand the nod. It just doesn't work as well. Same with yeah. the um the lipstick scene. In my opinion, I feel it's just thrown in there. Like the girl, she's sitting up there, and all of a sudden she's like putting her fucking lipstick in her her tip. But I did like the uh, how they took it one step further. <laughs> How the lipstick goes in the boob and comes out the pussy. See, I that I That's actually didn't awesome. like Anything that. Anything the pussies part. gets moods excited. Oh fuck yeah, that shit was awesome, dude. I, I, just, I don't know, man. I I'm just was like, man, eh. I was, I was, I was rubbing my balls a little bit there, man. That's pretty funny, man. Come on, like lipstick in the boob coming out the vag. I I don't know. Like I found Monica Keaton no, they just to be went a, a very likable character. Uh, I thought she was pretty cool. 
Um, Edward Furlong is just like Edward Furlonging it, and I kind of like that a little bit. Fucking, I love Edward Furlong in everything. He <laughs> honestly, I've had a crush on Edward Furlong since Terminator Two. Have you seen you know? fucking? You know he's Yaga relatively the exact same. Back again with Eddie Furlong. The one that know, was released by Image. Which one? What's the name of it? The Afflicted. One sec. I think it's the Afflicted. I don't know. He plays no aftermath. Lot. Aftermath. Uh no, I don't think I've seen that. But uh, I want to yeah. bring up. No, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know, man. I like the. I, I kind of like his character, man. You know, he's kind of like the scummy drug dealer, but yeah, but he know, looks he's, so he's out of place. Where you're like, you're like, why would this girl ever be with this guy? And then you're like, oh yeah, they date in real life. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, Monica Keenan and and uh, Edward Furlong were like in a relationship for a while. They might still be. Yeah. That's crazy. They're both drug addicts. <laughs> That's funny. Really? Yeah. It's, fuck, I don't know any of that shit, man. <laughs> I don't like I don't follow the light stuff, but so one I, thing that really really kind of tickled my pickle in this one was uh the 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 girl that was, you know, um the door girl, Tiffany Sheppis. Come on. Was that her? It's Tiffany Shepis, man. Oh, She's yeah, the she one that's cool. fucking charging a mission, man. I was like, fuck How yeah. How about the Linnea Quigley cameo, right? Yeah. You didn't like that? It's okay. Oh, it's okay. Come on. It's dude, awesome, dude. Is, it's fucking funny, too. She's all old and shit. I don't want to question. Just you guys... definitely was old, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. I can't remember, but what was the name of the house in this? Uh, it was not Hall House. Hi, on. Hello. Hello. What, Jeremy? What? I've been trying to say something for like 20 minutes now, but I keep getting Stop cut tapping off. on your mic. It's like, fucking let me talk. Talk. Oh, then I just was, talk. I have been talking for like 20 minutes. And Speak with authority and quit being a little pussy. Oh. Yeah, man. You're sitting back in your seat with your fucking pants around your ankles. Come on. Talk. I wanted to say, do you think this movie was successful? And maybe that's not. We haven't seen a sequel and do you think we're? Seeing I don't think it did very well. I think it did like very average. Uh, probably I'm just probably made its money thinking, back. I'm probably thinking it didn't make money because I did look into it briefly, and this movie cost ten million to make. What the fuck? And that's what I said. I went, "What the fuck?" And then I realized they hired a lot of fucking actors that you Big know named. get paid. So they've spent a lot of budget on this movie. According to the box office, Eddie it was Furlong. $64,000 in box office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this that's probably the reason why there's no sequel. But yeah, I think they spent a lot of money on Shannon Elizabeth. Shot. Definitely cost probably the most on there. Exactly. And Edward Furlong, I mean, I'm sure he's probably cheaper to get. But um, Yeah, he's probably Corey Feldman cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Feldman cheap. But I mean, to hire all those boobs in there too, you know? Yeah, dude, I mean, that one chick's boob, like, they, like seriously, like seriously, with those boobs. I looked up that chick, man. She's actually played in, you know, a few horror films or whatever. She laid the she, rest. Like, she was she in Laid the produce? Rest. Yeah, I she produces like a lot of movies and shit too. She's like a fucking producer. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, so you apparently you like this movie a little more than me. So, what uh, dude, exactly? I honestly, what about you, Jeremy? Jeremy, like, what, what are your thoughts on this one compared to the first one? Well, like I said, I think they tried to do something original and tried to stand out from the other movies. And I have to give them credit with that that they tried to not go worse than Part Three. I definitely think this movie is better than Part Three. Oh, 
yeah, it totally is. I like the fact of like – And with the whole like, New Orleans setting, I think they try to do something different. I like that. A lot of the music was very New Orleans like oriented to I, – I don't know, man. I, to me personally, I'm just like – Unless you're directly comparing it to the original, like I don't see how this though. movie is. You, you bad. can't compare it to the original. You can though. or can't? What are you saying? You can't. Can't spell it. C A N T. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying unless it has you're nothing doing... really to do with the first one, but the well, name. There, and there's scenes. scenes you can you can compare scenes. No, but yeah. Jeremy, no, I'm, this this I'm... one actually is trying to be itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but and still pay homage to the original. Exactly. But what I'm what I'm I'm going with that point, Jeremy. I'm saying like I don't think you can really say that this one's that bad unless you were comparing it directly to the original. Uh huh. In which case, of course, there's of course it doesn't stand up to the scenes that you. No, I don't think so. To you. I don't think so. I think this movie has a lot of stupid things in it too. Like, um, the one thing about this movie that I always thought was so fucking weird is the fact that like you know when they go into the house. Okay, so Shannon Elizabeth's character. Angela, of course, rents out this place. And, you know, the movie or the movie, the house is really done up, you know, for her just renting out the place to have a party. I think that's actually quite interesting um, how much effort they put into, you know, just room by room and stuff like that. Because they don't really explain if she's renting out the house more than one night or no. What they actually do drop something in a line of dialogue where they said that Angela has been planning this specific party for years. Yeah, but do you think that she's been renting it out for years just to have that one party? No, I think no. she just rented it as like a one-time thing. Exactly. So that that's where I'm saying like the house is really, really decorated. Like from – there's tons of rooms with like you know lamps and beds that are made up and stuff. Like I was like, holy fuck, that's pretty crazy. Um, but the one thing about the movie that really kind of bugged me was – the, the the simple fact that I understand that the basement was boarded up and stuff, but, you know, this place was apparently abandoned for like a long time. And, you know, it's obviously there. People know the house is there. No one ever thought to check in the basement. Well, and no. there's just random bodies sitting down the, there. The bodies were in a blocked off section that they only found because Edward Furlong was looking for his drugs and the wall. They, they should be right by the wall. And it's like, well, what the hell? They would be right here. But there's no there's a wall here it, i know it, it seems it just seems a little strange though yeah but that's no stranger than like anything that happens in in any horror movie right i don't know it's it, that that whole scene just seems it just seems weird to me i don't know it just seems so i, I mean i guess i know i know you're saying though but to me it just it didn't really it doesn't fly too well for me but i mean you just also have to look down, at it, it like the bodies are part of the demon thing too, though, because they're, no, 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 totally. they're disappearing and stuff like it, yeah. So it is part of the demon's control. So maybe the bodies weren't there when when normal folk come looking around. Yeah, I guess you'd have to kind of dis- disconnect yourself a little bit from that, too, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, no more than you would. I don't know. Like to me, it's like demons fucking running around the wall. I think they're the gate locks itself. Like I think they, it's no different than the gate lock in itself, really, right? Yeah, but I think all those things happen after you know Angela's bit, and that's how she gets turned, right? So I yeah, I, but I, how are, how does she get bit in the first place, well, right? It has some something's going on there. How did the mirror thing happen upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. So there's obviously demon activity before she gets bit. That's just what sets the bodies the the uh 
the demons to take the bodies in motion. That's their first one that they got. But then again, but then again, it's like a huge plot hole though, too, because I mean, if there if there's already demon activity in there and they're and they're able to you know do some shit and what not i mean there's a fucking fuckload of people in the house beforehand why don't they start screwing with people then well i mean it, the same reason that why don't they open the doors in the original instead of they open some doors and then they can't get in other doors true but i mean i, I think with having like 400 fucking people in a house you think it'd just be such an easy target just to you know, go after them. Well, maybe it has to do something. If if they're able to do things like that. Well, maybe it has to do with something to being exact. Like there has to be, because they should, they did say in the story that she had to invite seven people over. So maybe it had to be exactly at that number. Yeah. I thought about, I thought about that too, but I thought about that too, but it didn't make any sense. It does make sense because they said nobody could, you know, you couldn't be left over or whatever. Right. Because it, it, the last person alive or whatever, they said something along the lines of that. The mm-hmm. reason why she was able to get away or whatever. Wait, what? So if there's if there was a, enough people to escape, I, they said something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly I what you're remember. saying. But I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it has anything to do with having more people there. I think having them write them. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they did. You know, but. those ritualistic things are very specific, man. <laughs> ask, ask Ash. I guess so, right? <laughs> But I do, but you know, getting back to the whole uh, possession seven possessing seven people in one night, and I, I did like that whole thing. I thought the introduction of you know the rusty irons. What did what you guys think of that? I thought I actually kind of like that a little bit. You know, rusty iron can defeat you know the demons because the demons are made up of elements like you know iron. They get kind of into it like a lot, and I was like, holy shit! Like I said they tried to do something different. Yeah, yeah I, so, I thought that the guy probably just wanted to stand out from the original, do something a little different, but still the same. But Keep like, characters like Angela around. Yeah, and but stuff it might, like, like I said, it must not have been successful. No, but it definitely like, wasn't in terms of. I like that money. though because it gave him it gave him a weapon to use, right? It yeah. actually gave him a weapon in the house to use. Just find something rusty. That's the thing that'll defeat these demons. I, I like that idea. I also you know, I like how cool. what they did at the end, where they was like, kind of fucking with your mind a little bit. I thought that it was a little over obvious, but I like the idea mm-hmm. where like, you know, daylight and stuff like that. And uh, I honestly, oh, when the- all the hands started coming through the room. I thought that was so fucking cool, dude. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> what didn't you like about it? I don't know, man. It, it's, it's okay. I think you want to hate this movie. No, I just I really don't find it that I just didn't find it that exciting. I do kind of like the idea of the the demons. What do you mean? I've said a lot of things I liked about the film. Have I not? Yeah, yeah. I've I've said a lot of things that I've liked about the film. Yeah, um, but we do that even with movies we fucking hate. <laughs> but I've been talking about a lot of things I like about this film. Okay. Um, point take. I did like the, I like the idea of, you know, the demons being able to I mean that that whole scene seems a little, a little out in left field where they can all of a sudden just trick them because the way I see it though is that like okay the sun's coming up and all of a sudden you know these people just kind of it seems like they lose track of time so much to the fact it's like oh look what time it is but they do that in all the films yeah, I know but this one just seemed it the way it's executed just seems I don't so know, part poorly. two it's like fucking this one just seems so poorly where the demons. You know, faked the light and stuff. And, you know, totally tricked. Well, but them why and stuff. can't I, they? No, I, I feel. I'm not saying they can't. 
I'm saying that the people seem to lose track of time so easy all of a sudden. So like they notice that the sun's coming up and it's all, oh, bang, you know, it's all good. And that's literally the way it's edited, though. And they're like, oh, okay, it's all good. And let's go. Uh, let's go. And it's like, what the fuck, man? It's like, did you not realize it was like 30 seconds later? I don't know. I didn't always really get that vibe. <laughs> really? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No, dude. I like. I mean, I, I felt I didn't have an issue with like any of that. Oh, well, I do. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I it, think it just, it's, it's. I think it's, it's awesome. Bad. No, I think it's terrible editing. Actually, it just terrible, it goes from like terrible editing. Yeah, I think it is. I think it just, it, I think it's I think that's like the intentional thing though, where it's just like holy shit. Where I, I did say that it was over obvious, but I I just felt like. Th- no, that's it's like, because they're in the ro- they're in the room and they're like, "Hey, all we got to do is wait this out," and all of a sudden it's like, "Bang!" It's like instant. It's like, what the fuck just happened to the time? Right? Like they they they. Can't, I mean, people know the difference between five minutes and an hour, even if you don't have a clock. You yeah, fucking know you're, the difference. You're dealing with like demons and fucking the devil and stuff. Yeah, but you, still, that, like things are with things are playing with your mind. You also know that when you look in a mirror. It's a, it's your reflection, not a demon. But when something is like fucking with you, you don't know. Yeah, but still. But right? still, though, I mean, if you really think about it, if you're being honest, shit's playing with your mind all night. You don't know what's going on. Fuck, dude. You, you, you like seriously? I, I don't think that it's that big of a stretch. Mm, yeah, it, it, maybe it's not to you, but I mean, just the way it goes down in the film, I think it's just complete horseshit. I'm not going to lie. I hate that scene, man. It's all of a sudden just like, bang. You know? I don't know. It just, there's nothing there to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, what they were doing 30 seconds ago and right now. It's like, I understand the whole, the mind fuck element of it, but there's nothing gapping that, though. It's just like, it's just into that moment right there. It seems silly to me. But, you know, it's the way it is. I think the demons look shitty in this film, too. To be honest, I hate the way they look in this film. You like the way they look? I think they look all right. I don't love the way they look. I think some of them look better than others. I don't like that they lose their personality a lot of the time. When you're watching them, they just seem like a, you know, red shirt type monster, which is this random monster. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about this film I find a little, a little off-putting, too, is the scene where they're in that room with the spells. Right. And and because they can't go into the room with the spells. Um, And I, you know, it's fine that the they have the scene where the demon comes through the bathtub and stuff because there's no spells in the bathroom. That's, you know, the ensuite to the the room. Um, The thing that kind of bugs me about that scene, though, is like when it happens, like, you know why it's happening when you're watching the film. But they have. I don't know. They 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 need. They feel the need to explain. You know, like with the girl character, what the fuck's her name? The one that's stuck in the room with Edward Furlong. But anyway, she has to explain to him what is going on. I'm like, okay, this is happening in the film. Like, it's pretty obvious why they're getting through the bathtub right now. But she has to explain to him. She's like, she's like, oh, they weren't. They they could get through because there was no spells written on the wall and stuff. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. But they do that. That like, uh, honestly, like that is the type of shit I was talking about in the original, where it's like, they they just explain stuff as it's convenient to what's happening on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like they had just finished explaining 
they just had this huge thing about, you know, the spells that are written on the walls and stuff. And then she has to say that right after. It's like two minutes later. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Okay, we get the point, man. I don't know. I just thought it was silly. It just kind of made me laugh, actually. I actually laughed a lot at that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Forgot about that. It's only the second time I've seen the film, so completely forgot about it. But, yeah, I don't know. Jeremy, uh, what do you think overall? Oh, I'm just fucking tired. Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> all right, I think it's time to wrap this one up. You know, I I burn all my energy making fun of you, and I then by the time it. we get to three o'clock in the morning. But it does, you know. One thing about this film that does make sense, though, is the fact that uh, you know, living in this you know super sexual type world that we live in, you know, that's pretty much how they kind of spread the whole you know, the demons to, you know, to the bodies and stuff was through sexual contact. And so I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah. They did that in all the other. They did. They did. They just kind of made it more of a point to say so in this one. No, this one they like really do, man. Spanish in part two. Yeah. We didn't really talk about in part two. Yeah. Again, I think they actually do even say it too in the film. Like they literally say it out loud. Yeah. You know. Which is making a point of it again. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Any movies with spin the bottle in it lose points. Really? <laughs> you didn't like seeing those two dudes kiss? Yeah, that's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> this is a homophobe. But that no, seriously. Like I did that shit though. Like not kiss guys, but I mean, I I fucking that like this film feels like. An, an exaggerated Halloween party that I would go to when I was in high school. Like we we would fucking do have make make the two girls fucking make out. Like I love that's what I, it was a party mood. Like it's fun to me. I, I don't know. I I thought this one is just as like fun as all the other ones to me. Uh, better than like two and three. What? Uh, better than two? Yeah. No, I don't. It's a find better this made movie, dude. It's oh, definitely man. a better made movie. I don't it's a better really made get, movie, but it's not as entertaining. I really don't get a lot of enjoyment out of this film at all. But is like, it better made? It. But that then what? Matter then what? Part three? Part two? Uh, I don't know. That's debatable, I guess. I mean, what's so special? Know, dude. About this I film think that's, that this what, one. What, what, what is this film doing more that part two isn't? It's not as like stupid for one. Like part two is pretty what? damn stupid. The What's nun running, around, like the nun running well, no. around, like it does. It's just it's bad storytelling. Okay, but Maybe it we're is though. Like, it is bad aspects, storytelling. Like a better made film. I mean, those are just you know that's just a bad script. I mean, yeah, if you got people this... running around doing <laughs> stupid things, yeah, it's a bad script, which factors into my rating of of what a good film is versus a bad film. I mean, it's totally open for debate, right? It's like I mean, I, I personally get more enjoyment out of part two. Part two is retarded. In the tenth degree. Yeah, this. <laughs> well, I mean, it does have one of the stupidest things ever, like the <laughs> the school throwing Halloween dances. Pretty. Yeah, stupid. like that's that's the type of shit that I'm talking about. Yeah. This one had decent music. It, it, like the cue, the music cues were like right on point. The the Halloween party looked good. The the set the you know setting was decent. Uh, you know, I liked, I thought the acting was a million times better than the second one. Hmm. The plot, the actual storyline is a lot better than the second one. Yeah. I mean, sure. 
Like, I mean, I, this one I do. Ha- this one does have problems. I'm with you on that. But so does the original. I think that that you you we can explain away problems in the original. Like, dude, that razor blade shit is retarded. That does make makes no sense in the original. Yeah, but, but we but, but you have to be able to explain away things in the remake as well. But, I mean, come on, man. The razor blade, I mean, it's like a total afterthought in the film, though, too. It's like the last scene, and who cares? It doesn't really do anything. It doesn't take anything away from the film or anything. It's not like a major plot point in the film or something like that. I mean, it's just completely almost irrelevant, you know, for the razor blades in the first one. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but that, I, mean, I could have said some of the same stuff in this one. Like, there's a lot of shit that, 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 that like, the when, when the... Uh, I, fucking bathtub thing when she says that well of course we're just nit that's just nitpicking too no but it's just the blatant of the fact of pointing out things that are just like yeah and it's just it, the it, blatant it, fact that that is impossible for that guy to eat that razor blade and not notice it yeah i know but that's but this is different this is part of the plot though like this is part of you know major things that are in the film that that's was just, not that major though she just it, it was a simple line of dialogue I don't know. Really? I'm not really. Gonna... The spells in the room wasn't a major plot point. Yeah, that was. But your your exactly. negative was saying that she then you know said it again. <laughs> well, exactly, because it just happens, and she has to fucking say it again. I, don't I mean, I mean, that's just as I just, fucking I, I, bad. If I'm being 100 honest, so. I think that you're the much CG more willing shit. to be apologetic on the original film. Than, than this one. I think you're nitpicking it a little bit, which is fine because I do that too. Nitpicking it? I don't have any... I'm, I, I want to like this film. I wanted to like this film. I think Shannon Elizabeth fucking sucks as Angela in this film. I think she's terrible. She has no fucking style, no flavor. I don't know. No I pizzazz, thought that nothing. scene where she like sucked on the gun was fucking pretty intense. <laughs> Fellatio. That was probably the best scene in the film, to be honest. I can't even believe that she, they got her to do that. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, but, I mean, but honestly, like, I just, she didn't have that, she, honestly, she doesn't have the right look. Yeah, no, she doesn't. She's, she, she didn't looks, look like Angela. She, she doesn't you look know, odd enough. You know, I mean, it, this movie does have a lot of pluses, you know, <laughs> hot chicks in it. You know, there, there is good That's moments in this film. It's a fun movie, man. It, it, it really but, is. Like, I don't, it, like, it's not boring at all to me. It it moves by fast. Is, like I said, the, the music cues one are of the awesome. Biggest things, one of the biggest things for me is characters and likable characters and stuff. In you the didn't first like one, Monica Keenan? I don't know. It you really, didn't like Edward Furlong? You didn't like the well, chick with the big hot titties? Not really. Like, what's the like about her, man? She's got know. big tits. She's not memorable because she's got big tits. She's got big fucking tits. I mean, honestly, Edward Furlong's fine. She's but funny. He's not, he's like not the scene character. where they're talking about shaving their vaginas. I thought it was funny. Oh, the Brazilian with her uh, fishnets. They're giving her cheek yeah. in her vagina. That was actually kind of funny. But, I mean, I mean, overall, I mean, yeah, there's funny moments, but there's not memorable characters at all. Even Edward Furlong's character is not memorable. I mean, yeah, but he, the, he's, not, he's not stooge. I mean, at least the first film has. It seems like there's so, so many individual characters and stuff that are memorable. This one just, I don't know, man. It just doesn't really do a lot for me at all for character-wise. And that's a big thing. That really is, you know. All right. Just not buying into it any of it. And honestly, man, some of the effects in this film are so bad. Like some of the CG that's in this film is just poor. I mean, for ten million dollar budget, what the fuck, man? Really? Like they, I give them props. They try to do some practical effects and stuff. They mix in with CG, and that's exactly what we were talking about earlier in the in the in the show. You know, if you're gonna do a, a scene, try to go full on one way. <laughs> you got to do this by shit. 
you know? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, the lipstick scene looks like shit. Looks terrible. So, I wouldn't say it looks like shit, but it I mean, does, man. It looks bad. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. Maybe because I was bad compared this. to the original. Yeah, and yeah, it, it it really does. Which, you know, it's like the same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, some of the the effects that they did now one compared to the original. It's like, what the fuck? Like, how does that possibly look worse? You know, twenty years later, fucking blows my mind. But yeah, I don't know. I said some things I liked about the film. I said probably more I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't have a lot of problems with this film at all. I mean, there there's it has it has some problems. I mean, it's nowhere near like a perfect film. I I just I really enjoyed Dex, it. I thought I was expecting Dex. not to like this at all, uh, especially based on everything that I've heard people say. But I I had a blast with it. It was pretty cool. Want to go into ratings? Sure. I give this one a 7 out of 10. <laughs> Jeremy? 5.5 out of 10. Oh, fuck. Crazy. I got some explaining to do. It's funny how we do that. Um, four and a half. You're telling me I, this is a below average film. It is for me. Uh, there you go again. Can never fucking really. What? You do this every time. What? I give a rating that's low. You have to question it. I, you well, gave that's a seven. what we do like, here. Okay. We question ratings, dude. It's not I like I'm you. not being like mean about it or anything. I'm just. It's shitty. I don't think it's a below average film. I do. I do. Yeah. But, and you even, you, even a, said I, the, <laughs> you even said the acting wasn't this or was pretty good in this film. Yeah. It's better no, than part I, two. I, I don't think so. Well, maybe it. Yeah. This, the acting in this film. Not good. It's not that great. You do know, you do realize you rated this film lower than Dark Hall. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's always going to be the Dark Hall reference. Whatever. This movie is not enjoyable Fucking for me. Dark Hall. <laughs> I, this movie's just not enjoyable at all. No matter how. I, I can't believe, like, I the acting is just so fucking. Shit. It's just so dry and just like. Ugh. You said yourself you liked Edward Furlong. Yeah, but I like Edward Furlong and everything, though. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, like I was ex- at least expecting you to go average. I am a little. I'm a little surprised that you went below average. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that you can't have your own rating, but I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm allowed to. Are. I'm allowed to question your your motives and your decisions. Every man, you gave it a seven. I'm just like, cool. No, you well, were like, you were. No, that's not what you did. You were like, h. you did the same thing that I did. Don't. Fit. No, because I'll play I was, it back. Was, I'll play it I, fucking back. That's I was exactly surprised. what you did too. I was surprised that you were that high. And I thought I you were coming around you went six. Below five. I thought you were going to come in about six on this one, not seven. Man, it's crazy. That just fucking blew my mind. But I knew that you were coming in higher. I was fucking surprised as hell as Jeremy coming in higher than me. It's crazy. But Jeremy, what did you rate the second one? Five and a half. So, you, so you rated them this. You rated this one five and a half too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I just liked it. I I didn't really see as as many issues as you did. I understand that there are issues, and I I think you did a decent job trying to explain to me like what you didn't like about it. Um, we obviously just see it completely different. Mm-hmm. Quite obviously. I mean, like you said, you know, the comparison with the first film and the remake and, you know, pointing out things and stuff. I think this one just does it worse. 
you know, and I'm not just saying it because I, I really did want to like this film because I remember watching it when it first came out and I was just like, <laughs> I remember laughing. I was like, oh, my God, this movie sucks. I liked it more this time than I than I originally. I, I think the first time I watched this film, I probably would have given it like a three. I hated it so much. It was just <laughs> I just fucking hated the film. It was awful. And that's the reason why I never picked it up until this show. Yeah. You know, I didn't like it that much. And, you know, and so I did. I liked it a lot more. You know, but I was still pointing out things, and I was trying to not compare things, but it was hard not to at times when there is blatant shutouts and stuff. And that's yeah, why I said well, I think it's fair to compare it, but I don't think it's fair to factor that into your overall judgment of how good of a film it is. No, I'm not. Those are irrelevant to my overall. You know, I'm just saying. Um, I you am know, curious. Those scenes weren't done as those scenes weren't done as good, but not uh, a single one of them was y- done even close but even the effects in them if you just just disregard the first film and you take those scenes right there i still think they they weren't that great i am curious to see where the listeners come in on this one i I would be curious to see if people like it uh if they think it's below average of a film if they think it's worse than part two i think honestly better than part two i think the consensus on this one is most people seem to kind of enjoy this film so i don't know It'd be interesting. Yeah. So if you guys like this film, then uh, holla back at a playa. <laughs> you know? Let's hear some ratings on this one. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's getting late and it's hard to think. And yeah, my sound, brain's fried. Probably yeah, sounds like it's 410. You know, it's probably sounds stupid. In the outro. I tried to explain things as best as I possibly could. There was just certain things about the film I just like. Uh, but I did like. I like the rusty iron thing. I like that. I, I like that. It gives him a weapon in the house. It's cool. It's cool. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, guys, that's gonna do it for episode sixty here on the Twenty Two Shots and Moods and Horror. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, man. You know, Night of the Demons franchise. That was that was fun. It was fun. We had some difference of opinions, which is always good. Um, big differences. <laughs> big differences, yeah, which I, I kind of expected that was going to happen with that right from the get-go. Um, but, you know, it, it's no different, though. You know, it's like I'm giving the first one nine and a half, and I give this one four and a half, and you're just like, ha-ha, ha-ha. You know, I give the, uh, the first one 7.5 and this one seven. Or eight. I give the first one eight. What the fuck am I talking about? Eight and a seven? Yeah. Eight and a seven. Yeah, so. Coolio, and I can actually hear Jeremy snoring in the background. No, I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So, yeah, that is going to do it for the episode. Jeremy, take us away. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode number 60. I apologize for not speaking too much at the end of the episode. I know I always have to do my explaining to do when I don't talk. I've exhausted. I've had a really long week, probably the longest week I've had in in a very long time. At school, I've been writing for shit writing for the school paper and just doing I'm working on this movie so I'm trying to find locations to shoot in and all that kind of stuff so at 3.15 in the morning I'm I'm really fucking out there so I apologize but anyway listen to that thank you everybody for listening to episode number 60 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast if you want to follow the man Moods himself you can do so at youtube.com slash moods 616 if you want to follow jp aka the man who hates Pee Wee herman you could do so at youtube.com slash double shot j and as always you can follow my non-speaking tired ass at youtube.com slash nes ruler 22 and as always if you have any questions you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665 and you can email us at 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com 
It's 22 shots of moods, A and D horror at gmail.com. Could always follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast, twitter.com search bar at 22 shots podcast. And you could always follow us on the 22 shots of moods and horror website, 22 shots of moods and horror.com. That's 22 shots of moods, A and D horror.com. And that shall be it folks. We shall see you next week for the start of the Italian stallion month. And as always, JP is a fucking asshole.